Yo, man. Yo, I know you see me here, dude. I'm waiting here like 10 minutes, man. No, no, no. This is my parking space, man. Now, what you need to do is put your little hybrid in reverse and go out the way you came in. What? Yo, it's about to get real in the Whole Foods parking lot, man. It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. I got my steel and you know it gets sparked a lot. I'm on my grind, homie. It's on my mind, homie. These fools with clipboards are looking at me like they know me. It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. You know the deal with the little shopping carts they got. Check out what I say. It happens every day. It's how we live on the west side of L.A. I'm riding slow in my Prius. All leather, tinted windows. You can't see us. Everybody's trying to park. You, you can, can feel, feel the tension. tension. I'm in electric mode. Can't even hear the engine. Just then I saw a spot open up. My time is perfect. I'm creeping up. But then this other dude tried to steal it going the wrong way. Yo, man, I've had a long day. It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. Yeah, I got my steel and you know it gets sparked a lot. I'm on my grind, homie. It's on my mind, homie. These fools with clipboards are looking at me like they know. It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. You know the deal with the little shopping carts they got. Check out what I say. It happens every day. It's how we live on the west side of L.A. Now I'm on the inside, looking at my list. Organic chicken, kale salad, and a lemon twist. Some girl in yoga pants is looking at me funny. I'm just trying to find a decent Pinot Noir for under 20. Then I take it to the cheese counter, Humboldt Fog. We just ran out, sir. Really, dog? Take it easy, man. I try to calm myself. I've been on edge ever since they took kombucha off the shelf. It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. I got my steel and you know it gets sparked a lot. I'm on my grind, homie. It's on my mind, homie. These fools with clipboards are looking at me like they know me. Episode 91. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. And we uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. I'm pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. Bah, we're energetic this this intro. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Settle the fuck down, right? Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, no Frank this week. No Frank. But we do have a domesticated Dave. Oh, yeah. How you doing, Leftover Army? Oh, yeah. Good to see you, gentlemen. Feels always like, always nice. Feels like WrestleMania 4 every time you cue this music. Have you guys seen the wrestler that is doing the homage to Macho Man now? Damien Sandow is now Macho Mandow. That's <laughs> kind of blasphemy, wouldn't you say? No, no. Uh, Curtis Axel is doing Axelmania, and he has teamed up with uh, Damien Sandow, and uh-huh. they, are the, they are the new mega superpowers, mm-hmm. and it's great. They, like, break up every match and then 
you know, do the handshake at the end of every match. It's it's kind of adorable. I love it. Glad you're excited about that. Oh, dude, payback's on tonight. I can't wait. Oh, wow, there's a pay-per-view on tonight? There sure is. Game of Thrones, you're going to have to wait. Yeah, I'll watch the pay-per-view. Cool, man. So, yeah. Mm. Wow. I only watch pay-per-views. It's kind of fun. Like, I don't watch the none of the bullshit throughout the week. So, Mm -hmm. once a month, I watch the pay-per-view and... It's it's fun. You see the montage with all the crazy shit that happened, and you see it all in three minutes instead of five I, hours a week. I stopped rest. I stopped watching wrestling in the nineties, like early nineties. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm yeah. hoping my man Rusev's gonna make John Cena quit tonight. They're doing an I Quit match. You're, looking, oh, you're, you're talking to somebody that doesn't even give a fuck. Dave. Oh, okay. Look at Jake. Talk to Jake. <laughs> Come on, Rusev. I quit, Matt. Yeah, tell me the card. What's going on? Uh, let's see. We got uh, Fatal Four Way for the World Heavyweight Title. We got. Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Dean motherfucking Ambrose. Oh, so the whole Shield versus one guy. No, no, no. Oh, they, the they're, old they're all a, yeah, they're all apart from each other yeah. now. Welcome to WWE leftovers. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You play, you played the Macho Man music. You <laughs> yeah. got the juices flowing. Honestly, during this episode, I'm going to feel like the Frank because <laughs> I'm not going to be contributing shit. You can burp every now and again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you got it, Damien. Dicks and farts, right, guys? Right. There you go, dick right? and farted up. Okay. Hashtag dick and farts. <laughs> <laughs> Diarrhea, shit, poop, huh? Right, right, guys. <laughs> I got some dirty jokes if you want. All right. Uh, this week, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna I'm gonna read some emails first, uh, and then we're gonna talk about Mad Max Fury Road. That was the big movie that came out this past weekend. Uh, from there, I know we're doing things out of order. From there, we will do good pop, bad pop, and then the news and all that bullshit. So yeah, Frank is not here this week. Frank will not be with us for a few weeks. Yeah, for for a few weeks. He's yeah. taking a little bit of break off. Get get his 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 business is closing, so he's got to deal with the stress mm-hmm. of all that and everything. Yeah, but so. I'm sure we'll hear from Frank again. Yeah. Um but yeah, domesticated Dave is joining us this week, so we appreciate that. Thank you, Dave. My restaurant's humming right along, so hopefully I won't be pulled away at any time. Uh Frank, we miss you, man. Uh let's see here. Going to start off the week. Uh D- uh Dave. Um Dave Jake, we did get uh some iTunes reviews. Oh, nice. How many? A couple? Obnoxious? Uh no, we they were all good. Oh, damn it. Uh, I boo it. I boo it all good (laughs) once. All right. Yeah. uh, Kirby Fett. That's a great name. Yeah, that's props on the name. Half Nintendo, half Star Wars. I love it. Kirby Fett. Jack Kirby, man. It works on a lot of levels. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'd been, uh, yeah, it's called I'm Hooked, five-star review. I'd been trying to find a podcast to feed my geek thirst since Scott Johnson stopped doing Extra Life Radio, and I found it. This podcast is fun, funny, and just a good time. So, thank you, Kirby Fett. Yeah, fuck Scott Johnson. He ain't got dick on us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just like that he named up Hook today. Hook, man. Rufio. Rufio. Yeah, welcome aboard. Your old guy left you hanging, and now we're here. Shit. Apparently, Extra Life Radio doesn't have one more Extra Life. They ran out of Extra yeah, they Life. they ran out of Extra Life. They did the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. start. They forgot to hit select. <laughs> That's for two players. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was always the thing. Like, it was only select for two players. Yeah. I was a big Life Force guy, too. Same trick. Oh, Life really? Force? Yeah. Is it a Konami? It's just a Konami yeah, just code Yeah, another Konami code yeah. game, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I forget what I was watching. I think I was watching... Uh, Oh, fuck. I forget what I was watching. Like a cartoon or some shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody had a – it was like their home security system and it had the, the old school NES controller on the 
wall, and the, the code to get in was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. I don't know if it was Rick or Morty, Rick and Morty or something, but it was something. It was funny. Did you see that the Rick and Morty are showing up in the Simpsons intro? I had that written down for oh, the, my it, Simpsons for the intro. Talk, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Glad we go over shit before we... Start the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. I just got Rick here. and Morty comic book. Are you reading it? Oni Press? No, I didn't even know it was in existence. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it now. It's great. Oni's like my new favorite little company. Oni's good, man. Yeah, I like Oni. I'm amazed. Yeah. Same writers on the comic as the show? No, no. Uh, Dan Harmon's involved in the show, and I was like sc- looking for his name in the comic, uh, yeah. and I was like, nope. Not, not. Maybe his subordinates, though, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Well, I, I don't know. Usually they advertise that kind of thing when they do a comic based off a show. Yeah. yeah. Like if who's involved is involved I with All it. I saw, Jake, was it was a Rick and Morty comic book and I love the fucking show. So I was like, ah. And the, the characters like at first, you know, I was reading and I was like, ah, I'm not digging this. And then it was like, okay, no, they found the voice. They found yeah. the voice of the characters. That's the thing. Sometimes they're off character. They don't get yeah. a good writer or yeah. the same writers at right. least. Because I think like the, the people that are involved in the regular show comic book mm-hmm. are involved for the most part. I think in the cartoon or like they keep in contact with you know jg quintel and all the creators and shit so i'm in i'm all in on the rick and morty thing yeah in the last couple of weeks you've been watching it yeah i'm all in dude shit's great man <laughs> i'm all in my two-year-old triton loves it and i don't know if that makes me a bad guy <laughs> yeah. oh man he just thinks it's the coolest thing yeah don't don't let dcf listen to this episode <laughs> next up is south by <laughs> yeah fuck yeah. it no 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 no, no. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. I'm still reading fucking iTunes reviews. Yeah. What's up with uh, Kirby? What What do you mean? What's up with him? Was that that we already got through he's, his review? He's hooked. Yeah. He's hooked. I read it. Okay. He, Scott Johnson. You said fuck oh, Scott yeah, Johnson. Oh yeah. Scott Johnson. God, we just went over that like five minutes ago, Jay. Here I, we are. I had already fucked mentally. <laughs> fucked Scott Johnson. <laughs> I, was, I was over it. He was in uh, the afterglow. <laughs> you know what I'm upset about from tell, last week? Tell me. You know, I wish death upon a, fr- a listener. What happened? Did he no, die? No, no that's, that's <laughs> the thing. None of the listeners like sent me like a like an obituary for for uh, Mir C. Uh-huh. I was hoping to get like an obituary. Like one of the members from the army would like written an, an obituary about Mir C. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would that would have got an insta promotion. Exactly, they missed their chance. Totally dead. All right, uh, yeah, another review. Uh, Official dive bar, of the podcasting world is the title, and it's by the Great Unseen. Had to show my support for this show. It is not for everybody. That is written in all caps. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that should be our fucking. That should be our fucking name of the podcast. Pop culture leftovers. It's not for everyone. Hey, you're listening to the Not Safe for Work podcast. Not safe for anything. Yeah. Wow. He's pretty on the nose there. Yeah. Good, uh, good yeah. stuff. Uh, let's see here. It is not for everybody. I love it, but that's because I'm a real person. Pop Culture Leftovers does not stand for politically correct listeners. If you need polished, squeaky clean podcasting, this is probably not the show for you. <laughs> nope. If you can relax and enjoy raw, half-wit banter that is hysterical in its unexpected weirdness, inappropriate, utterly flawed, and uncom- uncompromised by public opinion, subscribe. So, yeah, that comes from The Great Unseen. That, that's a great review. Mm-hmm. Half-wit. I, I think I'm more of a third-wit. I'm not sure about the half thing. There's three of us, man. I like how anyone who doesn't like us isn't a real person. Yeah. Uh, that, was what I took, <laughs> that was what I took out of that review. <laughs> Fuck all you fake people that don't like us. All right. Here we go. Uh, best podcast ever is the title of this one. Good God. <laughs> By Zachyman123456. 
got carried away with the numbers there. <laughs> a little like, bit. like but, was one, two, three, four, five already taken? At least, at least it's not Zachuman four twenty sixty nine or something. Yeah, at least it's a little bit better than that. But it, it, it's not like I can't believe that like one, two, three, four, five was taken, or one. <laughs> he had to get all the way up to six before it wasn't taken. Yeah, maybe he also uses that name to remember like his luggage combination <laughs> number. That's true. He says. Or she, I don't want to offend, Zachy Man. Zachy Man. Well, maybe it was because Zach was really popular at the dawn of the internet, you know, because it's Saved by the Bell, and Zach, you the man, was taken up by a bunch of people. Who knows? Dave, I think you just nailed Thank it. Thank you. I think that's it. I don't think we need to look any further into it. I think you got it. It's because of Zach Morris and his popularity during the dawn of the internet. Thanks, Dave. What if it's you Mark, nailed it. What if it's Mark Paul Grossinger talking right, to, right now to us? It could be. Yeah, it could be Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah, very well. I Come on the it. show, Mark. You nailed it. Again, Dave, this is Mark Paul Gosler. You, you. <laughs> Zachy Man is because the, the, the popularity of Zach Morris from Saved by the Belt during the dawn of the internet. Dave, you are just two for fucking two. When is it going to stop? I don't think ever. I think the Dave train is going to keep on chugging. Choo-choo. So. Yep. All right. Anyway, Zachy Man says Brian and Jake, The Leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. What can I say? This show is the most entertaining podcast I have ever heard. These are just some regular guys talking about movies, TV, and comic books. It just happens that they are very well informed about their subject matter and have the skills to discuss and rate it. Listen to this podcast! Exclamation point. (laughs) Nice shit. Wow, flattery gets you everywhere. Give that guy a promotion. Yep. Yeah. So, Zachy uh, Man. That's nice. Thank you, Zachy Man. All right. I love that segment. Um, if anyone out there hasn't given us an iTunes review ever, you've been listening to us all this time, give us a new iTunes review because we can't keep doing this segment without more iTunes reviews. So <laughs> it's, it's a segment now? I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row. It's, a segment. <laughs> it's like we dare you to give us a bad review segment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, we'll keep reading them, right? If we keep getting new yeah. iTunes reviews, we're going to keep yeah, reading them. I'm trying so. to remember to read them. So, yeah. I'll, so. I'll try to keep a lookout to see it changing. Maybe next week I'll go into the vault and read some shitty ones. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> like a good idea. We, we need a bumper. <laughs> we need a bumper for the iTunes reviews. Oh, I got it covered. All right. Good I shit. got it covered. All right. We're going to move on to emails, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. All uh, right. First email comes from our listener, Shell. Hello, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank. I've been a listener since the Winter Soldier episode. I'm known as Shell Z-Man on iTunes. Uh, it's an old RPG character I use. I just saw Avengers Age of Ultron this past weekend and held off and listening to your review of it. I have to say that I agreed with a lot of what was said, including your ratings. While I do give the movie an overall Tupperware rating, I give it a taste it compared to the first one. My number one issue with the movie was, I believe, Brian and or Jake's comment. Every character was snarky or had one-liners. Second biggest issue, Black Widow and Bruce Banner. Where in the heck did that come from? I thought they were setting up – I thought they were setting her up with Cap and Winter Soldier. She's a better pairing for him. Sure, he has the Super Soldier serum, but in comparison with Bruce Banner, at least Cap is, for lack of a better word, normal. As far as Ultron goes, maybe it's me being a child growing up in the 80s. I kept flashing back to him and Robert Downey Jr. in Less Than Zero. Spader did a great job. I never perceived Ultron as a threat, though, more like a nuisance. 
Paul Bettany as Vision was one of my favorite features of this film. I loved him as Silas in the movie Da Vinci Code. And yes, Brian, I loved him in A Knight's Tale. Spader, Bettany, and Alan Rickman, three of the most unforgettable voices of all time. Now, a quick question. My favorite Star Wars character of all time is Quinlan Voss. I was wondering if you, uh, if any of you guys could recommend a comic series in the Star Wars universe that features him. You guys do a great job. Please keep up the great work. I listen to this and Geek Show podcast. It makes my bus commute so endurable. Thanks again, Shell. So, yeah, thank you, Shell, for the email. That is awesome. And uh, thank you for the Quinlan iTunes. Voss? Mm-hmm. I don't even know who that character is. I'm an idiot. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let me talk about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. As uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna talk about Quinlan Voss. Uh, as far as the comics go for Quinlan, you want to go back, uh, Dave? Are you having some issues? Do I need to pause? All right. As far as the comics go for Quinlan Voss, I you want to go back. Uh, you want to go back and read the Dark Horse comics. The it's the Republic series. Uh, it's 83 issues long, and it ran from uh, 98 to 2006. You get the Clone Wars in Republic uh, in these books before the Clone Wars cartoon series was ever on the air. Clone Wars, the cartoon, came out in 2008. Yes. Um, The character of Quinlan Voss had originated from the comics and was later brought into the canon by Lucas, who liked the character. Um, We saw his apprentice, Ayla Secura, one of my favorite characters, in the films. And then Quinlan Voss was mentioned in The Revenge of the Sith. Um, they've both been sent on the Clone Wars TV show. So the character has been introduced from the non-canon Dark Horse Legends comics into the Disney canon of films. So he does exist. And we know that there is the new novel that's coming out starring Ventress and Quinlan Voss that we actually talked about a few months back. I know who this guy is okay, now. Okay, good. Uh, and if you're worried about reading something you know, that's non-canon, you know, what's considered the Dark Horse Legends uh, and it not playing out in the Disney films or novels, check this out. The Quinlan Voss from the comics looks dead on like the version from uh, that you see in the Clone Wars animated series. So from comics to the Clone Wars, it looks pretty much like it came right off the pages into the into the show. Um, his power set is actually still the same as well. It's very similar. So I think that they'll definitely play up to the fan service and anything that you know else that he'll be in going forward. Um, and I think even if that means like explaining his origin, mm-hmm. I think they'll pull a lot from uh, the Republic series as far as his origin and who he is and put that into the canon, the new Disney canon going forward. Um, as far as like what what you need to check out from Republic, uh, basically Republic, it's an 83-issue run and there's some great story arcs including uh, Twilight. Twilight is where he like uh, – he, he's lost his memory and he's, re- he's trying to regain his memory. Uh, Rite of Passage is awesome. Uh, Ghost is awesome, and these are all like you know three, four issue story arcs within the Dark Horse run. Um, you can probably find them on Amazon. Yeah, right now, um, Marvel Unlimited just got the rights to the entire Dark Horse catalog of Star Wars. Books, Great point. And you can get a month free and like just digest all that Star Wars stuff. Right. I actually just reread Dark Empire a couple weeks ago, and I hadn't read that for over a decade. It yeah. was really cool to read again. And then uh, that, that story that we talked about, that the new novel that comes out, is it next summer? Oh, the Del Rey book? Yes. Yeah. And that's Ventress and Quinlan Voss teaming up together, and that sounded amazing. Yeah. Who's the other character that was always mixed up with them? Um, Cad Bane? Is that what his name was? Cad Bane's from Clone Wars, yeah. 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 
So, um, and but Ayla Sakura too. I mean, yeah, she's his uh, apprentice, and Ayla Sakura is like one of my favorite females in the in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So, and that's all that everything I love about Ayla Sakura is from the Dark Horse comics. So, um, Dave, did you have anything to add? I don't know. Yes. Oh, I'm 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 really interested in learning more about Quinlan Vos because uh, since that um, just got added on to Marvel Unlimited, I finally bit the bullet and subscribed oh, just nice. because uh, I was I'm I know I'm in the minority here, but uh, other than uh, Kane and the Last Padawan, I'm just really not digging the new Star Wars comics, and I wanted to hear what everybody you know read what everybody's been talking about about the old stuff so i'm going to be catching up on it yeah i mean i the 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 thing that they tried to do with the star wars uh the vader comic to suck you in was there was actually a meeting of luke and vader before they actually met in person in empire and i think it actually instead of like enhancing the star wars story it actually detracted from it i didn't care for it but i mean what else are they going to do to keep readers reading it I, it was just one of those. Uh, uh, there was never any sense of danger or anything because we know everybody's going to be safe and sound. That's fine. What they need to do is introduce new characters right. into this that you can kind of like start to follow. And I, 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 that's what I like. What Wade is doing with the Leia book. I read the first issue of that, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, they introduced another female character that's kind of going to be like her pilot, and they're going to be you know running around doing adventures and shit. So, um, and I kind of like the character that she's working with. It kind of reminded me of like Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Nice. I don't know That's if you cool. you know if you read that issue or not. Uh, the Wade issue. Yeah, okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't impressed. Okay, fair and enough. I like Mark Wade. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to detract from Mark Wade at all. I just yeah. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, no, it was a taste it for me. I didn't temper the issue, but it, it was it's enough to keep me reading that series. And I mean, it's only a four issue series. Um, the Canaan book started off. It was kind of like weak in my opinion, except for the art. Mm-hmm. But man, just the last the last page was just like, okay, yeah, I'm in. And, and just, I mean, it, I don't know. I just thought the, the art's beautiful, and then I thought just like the interactions between Kanan, uh, you know, being the Padawan, and, and uh, you know his his uh, Jedi Master, that was really cool. Um, I like how she kind of reminded me a little bit of Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. I like that, and then I also like um, uh, just their interaction with the uh, the clones. Just how, how they were just sitting down, chilling, talking with the clones. I was like, dude, I'm digging this. And then that last page, that fucking reveal, that was the hook. Yep. I was like, okay, I'm in. So they're all minions? I don't want to spoil it for Jake. Yeah, I don't, I I don't want to know. Yeah. I still got just a couple episodes left of um, Rebels. Rebels. And I figured I needed to watch that yeah. before I read this. So I was just well, not really, pile. Not really as, as, as they are right now. I mean pretty much everything that happened in this book, like you're just getting the origin – of Kanan, I don't. I don't think you're wrong to to be up on Rebels because they they de- they they're definitely selling it too. If you like Rebels, then you should read this. So yeah, but he's I, only like missing like the last four. Yeah, I'm only missing two now. Oh, well, two. Uh, but I I I think the the art is the strongest part of this book. Uh-huh. And um, who draws it now? I know Brooks does the cover, right? Once you once you once you read the comic and you see the characters so beautifully rendered. You'll, when you go back to the to the cartoon, you're going to be like, oh, it's a little uh, bit of a letdown because it sets the bar yeah, so high. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, finish out finish out the, the the cartoon, and hopefully, since it's been such a big success, I think they're going to step up their game on yeah. the animation. It's uh, like next season. It's like if Don Bluth did fucking Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, pretty nice. much. Yeah, it's gorgeous. 
All right. Next email comes from Jonathan. Jonathan says, this is a question for the podcast. Are you at all worried that Disney will use the formula for its safe, fun, toy-selling Marvel movies to the new Star Wars films? After listening to your review of Ultron, I'm worried that they will not go dark like Revenge of the Sith or The Empire Strikes Back, which Ultron should have been. Your podcast has been great. You guys turned me on to Saga, Southern Bastards, Star Wars Rebels, and Orphan Black. Uh, Kasumi is so hot. Is that a character? Mm. Is it Kasima? Yeah, Kasima. Kasima is so hot. Respectfully. Jonathan, I like that. Respectfully, Ooh. listen to this guy. I like it. It's like a salute. <laughs> actually, next time, I just want to – actually, next time, Jonathan, it respectfully doesn't really fit in with our show. Just put uh, something like, uh, fuck you, disrespectfully, Jonathan. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Body. Yeah, Kasima, huh? Who do you think is the is the, the hottest of the clone club? Dude, they're all uh, uh, the hottest. They're, they're yeah. all Tatiana Maslany, but yeah, yeah who is the, the hottest? Who's the hottest Tatiana? Uh, you know what? I, the thing I don't like about Kasima is the relationship between her and Old Girl. Old oh. Girl, dude, I don't know what she sees in her except yeah. for like the fact that she is a uh, you know a pretty woman. I just, th- I'm just, I don't feel that relationship. I think Kasima should be with, with somebody so much fucking cooler than that chick instead of getting used over and over exactly. again. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, dude, I'm down. I'm down with the soccer mom. I like Allison. Allison. Allison's I'm with you. my girl, dude. Allison's the number yeah, one <laughs> yeah i'm down with her man so all right so he wants to know his big thing is uh he wants to know uh-huh. are we worried about the marvel movies uh their formula kind of spilling over into star wars films um he's worried that they're not going to go dark i mean in 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 a universe where you've got the force and the dark side he's a little worried that with marvel you know disney owning it uh star wars now that they're not going they're going to do this marvel formula and we're not going to see a dark star wars it's a valid concern um, very valid concern. I think we have high hopes, though. It's not none of the. Um, it's the same Disney executives, but mm-hmm. it's not the same like writing staff and directing staff. It's a whole different group of people, and I don't think Kathleen Kennedy would let them water it down that much. I think I think she knows what a lot of the people's problems with the prequels were, and I think she's she's very concerned about that. So. I think I think they're going to go dark when they need to go dark. I'm going to say, aren't they introducing flame troopers? Yes. Like, like just just go back in history and read any of the stories about guys using flamethrowers in World War II. Like, it's pretty hard to have a whole segment of mm-hmm. stormtroopers that are dedicated flame troopers sure. and keep it happy and fun. Well, it's like it's like I think I think they learned it's like. Shit, you know what? Uh, stormtroopers really aren't that good with these fucking blasters. Let's just give them fire. Yeah. How can you miss with fire? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, how can you miss with fire? And, and so we'll give them flamethrowers. It's not like we're sending them out there with like a, you know, a box of matches. I just hope we get the, the like, the chrome troopers are actually stealth troopers and they're just dodging the flame troopers the whole time. <laughs> oh, God, here come the flame troopers. Run. <laughs> right. They're our own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I think they're going to go dark. I, I mean, just look at uh, characters like fucking uh kylo ren mm. i mean just from like what Great we've point. seen and from kylo ren um i think even there's a chance that we're gonna see luke go a little dark in this one very um, much and and i believe that i believe that out of the original trio i'm 90 percent sold on the idea that one of them will die this film so yeah i think they're gonna go dark i don't think that and this may not be the darkest of the films i i, I don't think it will be um, I think we're looking at the, probably the second one probably be gonna, gonna be our empire. 
of e- this trilogy. Even the spinoff stuff, I think, has a really good chance of getting dark. I think just the little we've heard about Rogue One yeah. seems like yeah. it could be a very dark movie. Did I knock your knock your headphones out, Dave? It's okay. Yeah. It, it, it knocked out, knocked back in, so we're good. There we go. So uh, so are we going to call it now? Who of the three you think is going to die? Yeah. Who's going to bite it? Han. Han. That's a bold choice. That's a that, like that'll that that's J.J. Abrams grabbing you by the throat right there. Well, I don't think that he was originally set to die, but they kept they they they, re- they saw what happened to him in the plane. Yeah, and they're like, oh god, he's gonna kill himself. Even before <laughs> that, we better fucking kill him off. Even before that, like no, getting he, injured by the door on the yeah, set and yeah. everything, and then the plane thing. And he, he he originally wanted the character to die during the original trilogy, and instead they froze him in carbonite, and they weren't even sure that he was going to come back for you know uh, Return of the Jedi. So it was like one of those things, like you know, I, I think he's ready to be done with it. Um, yeah, I think Vegas odds say say Han, and I think Oscar Isaac will be our new Han. Hmm. So. That's what I'm. I hope you're about. wrong because I love Han. But what I you're love saying Han too. makes sense. It I makes love Han. Sense. It I, makes sense, but I could be totally wrong. I, I totally, totally agree wrong. with you, though. Yeah. Like if I was going to put him, I think the yeah. biggest odds are definitely Han, and then Luke, and then Leia. Yeah, that's where I'd rank him. In. And and Jabba's still dead, Dave. Yeah. Jabba's definitely <laughs> still <No>! dead. <laughs> and we've already we've already been told we're seeing poor Jar Jar's skeleton. Somewhere. Possibly, it's a rumor. I think it may it might just be a joke from JJ, but dude, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh man, good. <laughs> Boo. All right, uh, next. I hope we answered your question, Jonathan. Thank you. That's a great question and to the point. Yeah, valid concern. Mm-hmm. Eric Marable. This was a Facebook message I got from him. I have been looking for different crate options. Found Hero Crate, Geek Crate, Loot Crate. Are there any other options you know out there I can look into? I want something awesome and about to settle on Loot Crate. Jake, you are the uh, the box opener yeah. guy. Eric actually hit me up on my Facebook and I was talking to him about it. I've actually compiled a list because I've been watching unboxings from people. And look at right. this fucking list. I got like 20 of them I Jeez. think on here. Jeez. But then I keep finding them. Um. The one I brought up to him that I really like is One Up Box. Um, it's the cheapest of all of the subscription boxes, mm-hmm. and it always has really cool, kitschy stuff I like. There's always um, Nintendo Mario kind of stuff in it and mm-hmm. everything, and I always really dig that kind of stuff. Okay. So last month they gave me like a key that you could But grok- what if you're not into Mario and Nintendo? If you're not into Mario and Nintendo, there's all different kinds of them. What's one of the newer ones that just came out? It's, um, uh, there's of course, there's the arcade block and the horror block. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that I really think is cool called Collectible Geek. It's uh-huh. probably the most expensive one. Yeah. It's like about 40, 45 bucks. Wow. And you yeah. don't know what's coming in it? Is that with shipping or without shipping? Uh, with shipping. Okay. Oh, thank like, God. Fuck. Yeah. But it, I, I've, every unboxing. <laughs> it comes from Australia. Shipping is 30 bucks. You don't know what you're going to get, but they specifically tell you what the fandom is going to be that month. They'll be like, okay, next month is going to be Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So every time I've watched one of these, if I was a fan of the fandom that this box was, I would have like flipped my lid for, for the box. Um, they work exclusively with Funko. So if you're a pop guy, you're always getting a few pops in their boxes too. Mm. Usually like wearable, like, necklaces and jewelry for like the different franchises and like statues and all kinds of stuff you get anywhere from like 80 to 122 20 dollars worth of stuff in the box it's it's pretty nice stuff wow and that's my collectible geek is the name of that one hmm. so yeah check that one out even if you're not going to buy it watch a few unboxings from people and it, it's pretty crazy the stuff they include wow okay 
I think we, you know, I'm I'm full of every once in a while. I'm full of a, you know, few, I'm good for a few good ideas. Yes. Okay. I think we, you know, we need to find an investor, and we need to come out with our own block. Yes. Call it cock block, and <laughs> it's just like you get a different dildo every fucking month. <laughs> I'm sure someone already has us on. Are that. you serious? I, they they have to. I feel like that market's got to be covered already. God damn it. Cock block. I uh, think it would be great. The name is genius. Yeah. But there's probably already a, a monthly dildo subscription. And you know service. what? I hate this discreet shit where everything comes in a brown box. Oh, no, yeah. You want cock the, block. I, right I, want, I, want the, I want the cock block. I want the box to be shaped like a big fucking cock. <laughs> like a huge dick. <laughs> a big red bow on it. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Your cock block has arrived. Yeah. Right, right <laughs> it's the shape. And we can gift wrap it for you, but we're just going to wrap around the cock. It's gonna. It's still going to look like a giant dick. It's just saran wrapped. It's saran wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's a condom. <laughs> oh, man. Not, uh, not a bad idea. I like Fucking, I, you get, we got, I got to look this up and see if there's a cock block. What about the pop culture leftovers box? The monthly pop culture leftovers box? We can curate our own box every yeah. month. I was thinking about doing my own box, oh, like yeah? a Brian box, the Brian box, where I just take shit from my house. Yeah, and like every month you get like you get yeah, I don't know like here's a Q-tip or something that I used. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's a cheese grater. I don't need any more. Fuck it. I I've been trying to get rid of that's, that thing. That's a great idea. <laughs> I, I, and then and then and then in every box though, I will give you one item that an ex girlfriend has left at my place. Oh wow! So chase, like, <laughs> like chase items. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do one too. That's a great. I'm going to do basement block. Yeah. Where you can subscribe and I'll give you I'll give you four random pieces of things from my basement every month. So that that's a legit thing. Right. If you want to get basement block, hit me up on yeah. Twitter. 9.95 a month. Nice. So basement block. You never know what you could get. You get some pretty cool stuff. Mhm. Was there a Dave block? Uh, I, I, the cheese grater from you, it, it, it's the only cheese grater you'll ever see with like a Chicago Bulls logo. On That's the side true. That's <laughs> true. Everything from his house is, is somehow branded with weird. Uh, the Chicago Bulls or something mm-hmm. like that. That's weird. It, it's true. I've got a Chicago Bulls soda machine. I've got like a Bulls <laughs> locker in my fucking living it's, room. It's pretty epic, people. That like, is epic. I, I think I'm a Bulls fan, but I am no Bulls fan by no, comparison to this man. No, you're not. All right. Next email comes from Jay Poke. So I've been listening to you guys since about episode uh, 35. I emailed a while back about Tam, uh, Tom Cavanaugh as the Joker. And now that – you know what? When he first fucking said Tom Cavanaugh is the Joker, I dismissed it. And now that I've seen him acting as reverse Flash, I could see this happening. It would be awesome. It would be kind of good. I'd like it. It kind of good. You, you asked me about my <laughs> See, the, the, the thing is I don't think – I don't want to have Tom Cavanaugh in the – I, I, in, in maybe a you TV. want a big movie star. I want a big movie star. I do want yeah. Leto. I do want Leto. But Tom Cavanaugh in, as as a as a Joker character in some kind of a show would mm-hmm. be amazing. It would be really good. You asked me about my block. It would probably just be like random. Yeah, like ten minutes ago. <laughs> we moved on to another email, Dave. <laughs> you jumped. I was going to answer your question. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, quantum leaped. No, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. We're talk about we're talk, uh, talking about time travel. Tom Cavanaugh, go ahead. It's okay. No, no, talk about your block. I, I, I'm done. I'm no, done. it's next topic. The world revolves around you, Dave. <laughs> Just talk about. I want to know. I want to know about, about the block. I do. I, now I want to know about this goddamn block. It, it would. Be, it would be like show tunes and random poetry. That's what it would be. 
That's what that's what you fucking interrupted me for. Absolutely, man. like on a CD. Yeah, like uh, yeah, absolutely. Or, or like a little flat. You'll send a flash drive out every. Month. I, w- I would I would send out some various spoken word or whatever whatever show tune I happen to be uh, obsessed with in my own mental soundtrack at the moment. What's this month's show tune? Uh, I would say it's from the producers. Okay. I've been I've been really into the producers lately. Yeah, Mel Brooks can't go wrong. Yeah, dude, can't go wrong. Last last month would have been Book of Mormon. This month would have been the producer. I like see. I've I've, I've seen the Book of Mormon. I went up to Chicago and I watched it. I loved it. But as far as like musicals, like on TV movies, I can't do it. I can't do it. I yeah, got to be there in person. Have you seen the Buffy musical? No. Oh, yeah, that's great. That would be next month. And I would walk through the fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey Dave, did I tell you this is your last week? <laughs> <laughs> can I can I apologize for encouraging this? Frank, you're gonna be chilling, man. <laughs> speaking of you know, speaking of cock block, I guess yeah. that the, the new meaning of that is when you start talking about Tom Cavanaugh as the Joker, and Dave starts talking about his bullshit box. <laughs> that's the name of it. He'll have something to say about Dave's Tom's bullshit box. <laughs> Dave's bullshit box. <laughs> we, we found it. DBB. Wait, wouldn't it be DDBB? Domesticated Dave's bullshit box. Uh, it'd be like this segment's gone on way too long. <laughs> That's what okay. it would be. Dot Tom, com, dot com. Tom Cavanaugh. Let's go. He'll have something to say about Tom Cavanaugh during Marvel News. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, "Yeah, he's like I emailed a while back about Tom Cavanaugh as the Joker, which I'm actually I'm starting to warm up to that. I, I really like him now that he's made the switch on the Flash um, as." Uh, evil Harrison Wells reverse flash. I'm digging it. He says, I had a couple things I wanted to get to mention and get your opinions. And one point I wanted to mention about Ultron. I'll start with Ultron. I agree with most of your issues with the film as a film student. I do have one contention though. You guys pinned a lot of the major issues with the film on Joss Whedon, but I wanted just wanted to say that you guys seem to know Whedon's film and television history. So my one point of contention is that I don't believe Whedon was the blame for the lazy issues. I believe that was studio. A couple of you guys had said that he was scared to take any chances. But if you know his history, then you know that one of his biggest complaints from fans of his work is that he is known for taking chances and killing beloved characters. He even did it in Dr. Horrible. So I can't believe that he was the one who was scared to take a risk. Please discuss. Also, please tell Jake that his name is Joss, not Josh. (laughs) Yeah, I fuck that up every now and again. That'll happen. All right, so let's talk about this here real quick, and then I'll finish his email. Yeah, I mean, oh, what was the guy saying again? I was caught up on the Josh thing. Uh, he was uh, talking about the Whedon not to be oh the studio, the studio to be to blame instead of Whedon. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see I can see a little bit of that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Whedon's name that's attached to this as the guy that pinned the film. But it's hard to deny that the studio probably wasn't sitting on his you know shoulder like a vulture or telling him what could and couldn't be done and what just necessarily had to be done that. He wouldn't have necessarily wrote in the script. He had so, to do. Like, let me just interject. Yeah, he had to. The Thor Ragnarok was a must. Yeah, they had to have that fucking bullshit pool. He hated that thing. Yeah, it was terrible. So, 
So, yeah, I mean, definitely there's some studio pull at play as to what, like, some of the pacing problems were with Avengers Age of Ultron. Definitely. I don't, you know, okay, let's think about it this way. Like, one of the things that we, we said is that, you know, have the Hulk actually, there's some be some real repercussions from, like, the Hulk damaging, you know, the city and shit. Yeah, have him kill a guy. Yeah, we, maybe we can find somewhere in between, you know, us saying, like, he should eat somebody. Yes. And then, like, what the fuck happened in the actual movie where, I, like, there's all this destruction and nobody actually died. I agree. Like have someone just killed by accident by a car that he throws right. or something. You think? Do you think? But do you think that Marvel? Do you think that maybe Josh had suggested that and Marvel, you know, said no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why would Marvel say it like that? No, no, it's not going to happen. Is, is that the voice of Kevin Feige? It's yeah, it's Kevin, <laughs> that's Kevin Feige. No, no, <laughs> we are not doing that. No. This guy's on lunch boxes no. for Christ's sake. Lunch boxes. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's hard. I, I mean, I I really feel for Josh. I mean, it, it had to be a say tough Joss. Time. Would you Joss. fucking say Joss for this guy? I didn't say an H that time, did I? Uh, a little bit of an H slipped in there, right, yeah. Dave? Definitely yeah. an H. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, Joss, Joss. It's not Quinlan Vosh, okay. right? It's Quinlan Vosh. <laughs> I'm just fucking. I don't give a shit. You can say Josh. You can say Gotcha. I don't give a fuck, Jake. Yeah. There we go. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I keep losing my train of thought on this thing. That's my fault. Uh, yeah, the studio, though. I, I mean, I'm sure it was rough. I mean, we know Wright had his issues and left. Yeah. I'm sure we know that that was big on Whedon too. Yeah, and so I'm sure it was tough. You know, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like there are some things that he can control, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. Even if you take out like the risks, let's say let's 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 say Joss wanted to do all these different things. He wanted to take all these risks, and they put the kibosh on it all. They said, nope, nope, nope. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. Leave out the fucking romance. I know you like that part, Dave. I, did. I I wasn't digging it. I thought it was forced. I thought it was bullshit. And I thought that I thought that he put himself in the in the banner. I felt like he put himself in the banner. Like he was banner. Joss Whedon was banner, and she was the hot chick going for the geeky guy. And I wasn't feeling it. And there was nothing before these movies that made me believe that these two had anything for each other. Yeah. So I thought it was. I thought in a movie where you've already got a hundred different characters. And, and you've got all these stories intersecting. Now you're going to throw this story in there. You take that out, and you can flesh out Ultron a little bit more. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, too. All the snarkiness of every character. We didn't see that in every character in The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. You can leave it out. You can leave it out, Whedon. I don't think that Marvel's like coming down. Make hot. every character yeah. say one-liners you don't, every you time. Don't have, yeah, exactly. You don't have Feige's fucking hot breath breathing on you, saying, "Nah, he, he didn't make a joke here. Need more jokes, more jokes. Uh, where's the Jokatron? You know, and more jokes. I think there's some things that he could control that that got a little out of hand with this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I can see that. Risks aside. I can see that. What are you thinking, Dave? Well, I, I think maybe there might be more to uh, this emailer's point that, you know, we know that Joss got burnout by, you know, this this making this movie, saying sure. it broke him. Right. What if the relationship between the Incredible Hulk and Black Widow was actually supposed to lead to something? What if he, uh, you know, was um, mind <laughs> – Messed up by Scarlet Witch and mm-hmm. accidentally killed Black Widow. Maybe that was where it was going, and that's why he raged out. Uh, that I would have, I would that would have been profound, and I could totally see a, a Disney studio person going, "No, no, no! You can't, you can't kill the the female character from the Avengers. You can't do that." Uh, because I, when we saw the scene in the preview where 
Banner was all huddled up and all shaking and looking messed up. Mm-hmm. It, that would have made more sense if he had just done something so profoundly horrible. And then he doesn't choose to leave. They do the Planet Hulk, you're leaving whether you like it or not thing. You know, mm-hmm. that, that would have made it make a lot more sense. Maybe this emailer's right. Are you saying, are you saying that, that he actually did kill Black Widow or uh, or Scarlet Witch put a hex on him to make him think that he had killed her. No, I'm saying that like he he she does some hex to Hulk, yeah. and he inadvertently kills Black uh, Widow because yeah. Black Widow's trying to snap him out of it, right? Like she always does, yeah. and it goes wrong. See, I oh I just cut out. Can am I still on the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back, Jane. Yeah, well, you never left us. I would I would agree with the Disney executive that would say not to do that. You can't kill off your only female lead in the Avengers well, movie. Did you see that the 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 toy that came out that was the the motorcycle dropping from the Quinjet and it's it's now Captain America I did in the see toy? That. Like I could totally see some Disney exec like, well, toy department's already Nixon Black Widow. We can't kill her in the movie. You no, know? that was uh, Captain America toys sell more than Black Widow toys. What? I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying, but um, Frank actually, when he, uh, a couple episodes, two, I don't know, it's been a while, but he he actually mentioned that um, the, he thought a good way to have uh, the Hulk flip out and do the Hulkbuster fight would be to have Wanda do some sort of a hex where he thought he killed. Black Widow. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> that's like the best of both worlds. You get yeah. the impact to the character of the Hulk, and right. then you're not like upsetting all your female fans in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not blaming Joss 100 percent because I know it's it's the. I mean, we've seen this happen with other directors. Look at John Favreau. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Chef is 100 percent inspired by his uh, what happened with him in Marvel. Watch that movie, and it's kind of like. Uh, it's. I think it's in. He says it's not. He says it's not. But I think it's. 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 It's basically the narration of like what happened. And it's. It's meta commentary yeah. about about the departure from Marvel, huh? Yeah. And if you haven't seen Chef, watch Chef. It's so fucking good. It's on Netflix too. Yeah. I, all I could think of when I was watching that movie is Joss Whedon watching that movie and being like, I need to get his number and talk to him. He mm-hmm. totally gets where I'm at right now. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm sure he talked to Edgar Wright a bunch too about his situation. I just kept thinking Joss Whedon was watching that movie and thinking, "Damn, I really want a grilled cheese." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish his email here real quick. Uh, my other mi- minor discussion points are: I think Kingpin might be the most frightening villain ever put into the Marvel universe. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, I can't disagree. I think yeah. I put him second to Loki overall. Last time we were talking about Daredevil, second to Loki, I put him over Loki. Yeah. I put him over Loki. In order of my favorite Marvel villains, that's where I'm putting him. MCU villains. Yeah, MCU villains. Yeah, yes. mine's definitely Kingpin, then Loki. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm not going to argue with you and say you're wrong. Uh, he says, all, what do you think, Dave? Absolutely. Kingpin is, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio deserves to get upgraded to the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah hey, that, that's the, the best argument you could make for, I, I, I yeah, thought. Yeah, but I, do you really want to see him make the switch into the uh, happy Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what I mean? Do you really want to see him kind of like played down, in my opinion, in a Spider-Man movie? Yeah, you have a point. Is he going to be that intimidating in a Spider-Man movie? Especially if it's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Netflix, keep him. Keep him in that Netflix corner. I don't want the MCU fucking up Kingpin. Yeah, maybe later on down the road. Maybe maybe once you've done the four high school Spider-Man movies, <laughs> maybe then you throw him in there. I don't know. 
All right. And then he also says, uh, Jay Polk says, uh, also with the level of pop culture knowledge you guys have, I'm wondering if any of you ever watched a show called Chuck, genius show that was canceled too soon. Um, I've seen like the first few issues of Chuck. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes. It was like the NBC show. I remember mm-hmm. reading how it kept almost getting canceled and yeah. kind of didn't really get to finish its run. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people that really think fondly of it. So, Dave, Chuck? I was not part of that rabid fan base. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was a show that I thought, why isn't this on USA? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great, great commentary, yeah. Um, yeah, so, sorry, Jay, Dave, hate your show. <laughs> yeah. Coming up next, after Psych, it's Chuck. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's little tagline is, who gives a fuck? It's Chuck. I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't pretend to be a big fan You're of the show. You're watching USA. No, I'm, I'm a big sucker for the spy genre, and I will give the spy genre a chance anytime. But it was just way too moonlighting for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moonlighting's great, though. Nope. No, no it isn't. Oh. Moonlighting the show? Yeah. Nope. It started off great, and then it got horrible once Bruce Willis became a huge mega TV star. There and we go. didn't really <laughs> fucking care to finish it. And then it became like this thing where like you wouldn't get a fucking episode for months at a time. And then it'd come back, and you'd be like, oh, this is still on? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I've got to make Hudson Hawk, damn it. Exactly. <laughs> Blind date is calling. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next email comes from Guess Who? Who's that? Cameron Wilson. Uh oh, let me get my pillow. Uh, titled, I hope you can stay awake for this email. <laughs> oh my god. So I can hear, I can hear a collective groan from the, uh, leftover army. Cameron, as you know, he's notorious for his long emails. Here we go. Settle in, guys. I got my pillow. Maybe they're turned on, Cameron. Maybe that, that groan's a good thing. Dear leftovers. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Dear leftovers and Frank. Avengers Age of Ultron taste it. Daredevil Tupperware. Arrow disappoints me. Really enjoying Flash. Still listening, Cameron. What? <laughs> you made that email up. I did not. <laughs> this is real. Is that real? That's real. Yeah, I barely even processed half of that. It came so fast. It was mm-hmm. too, it was like a Star Wars trailer. It was like boom, 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 boom. Coming next Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, I Tupperware that email. That's uh, I love that email from Cameron. Thank you, Cameron. That's Keep gr- those abbreviated emails coming. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> the Cliff Notes, uh, Cameron Wilson. Digging it. I, uh, as soon as you said his name, I was like, man, I'm really excited to talk about Mad Max, too. And, and you're always bitching about our podcast being four to five hours long. It's because of fucking Cameron. Well, Cameron's, thank you very much, buddy. You're doing your part. We appreciate it. I'll, I'll stop going back to talking about show tunes and you shit. Should, you should My read bad. that email a second time. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was so short. I know. Um... Vincent Jankowski, I think we read his email last week, didn't we? Okay. These people, like, you know, they, they hear us, like, read their emails, and they're like, wow, I heard my name. <laughs> you read my e- I'm going to send them another one. <laughs> I love it. Keep the emails coming, guys. We like it. I do. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> Vincent Jankowski says, hey, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank, thank you guys for introducing me to movies like Gravity and Pacific Rim. I would have never wasted my time on those movies. In the trailers, Pacific Rim looked like a real steel type movie to me. Oh, was I way wrong about that? I have a few questions. I'm not much of a comic reader, but I was a big fan of the X-Men cartoons as a kid. I also enjoy the comic movies. So because of the leftovers, I want to start reading some comics. What would you recommend me to start off with? Wow, where do you start reading X-Men? Dave, talk to us. I know you are like 
a huge X-Men fan. Look at man, I can see like the gears turning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. big okay, so he's a big fan of the X-Men cartoon from the nineties. There's gonna be an X-Men cartoon comic yeah, coming out. Yeah, I was gonna shortly. say he, that's serendipitous. Like yeah. you, you um uh, fuck, what's it called? Uh, X Men Classic something or something like that. I yeah. added it to my pull list, so you know. Yeah, uh you you you're you have excellent timing, buddy. Um the as soon as Secret Wars wraps up, they're doing an X Men book that is very much in the vein of the old uh nineties cartoon. So get on that. I think it's called X-Men classic. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to try to find it. Here, I'll look Dave. it up while you talk. As far as awesome. uh, runs that already are compiled, I'm trying to think of like the fun um, dynamic. Yeah, you, um, you don't want to scare him away with a bunch of heady Claremont stuff. Right? Sure. Um, well, it, but maybe if he if he went more some of like the early New Mutant stuff, uh-huh. where he's got a team of of younger, uh, more. Because it, it seems like it's going to be lighthearted at first, and then it gets very intense. The Sinkevich art is amazing and will show you that not every comic book has to look alike. Um, so I would recommend early New Mutants. Don't, don't, don't worry about the later Liefeld type stuff. Um, you'll, you'll get to that. But, uh, the, the early stuff with the New Mutants, uh, has, has a very sort of interesting vibe to it that you won't find anywhere else. Um, as far as like more uh, poignant uh, character-based stuff for Storm, either one of Life Death stories, Life Death One or Life Death Two, uh, amazing. Uh, Aurora is one of the most powerful of the X Men, not just in power but also in character, and that that's one that like female female listeners, if you have ever had trouble connecting with a. Uh, Female characters in X Men, Life Death are uh, a, a great ones to read. Also, the Long Shot miniseries uh, is a very sort of fun, kind of accessible thing with a one of a very a very tangential X Men character who has a power that's even kind of hard to explain. He's just l- mutantly lucky. Yeah, um, I love that stuff too. I'm a huge fan of the Mojo Verse and all that stuff. Yeah, um, and basically, I would stay away from the more continuity heavy Grant Morrison y stuff. Uh stick with the comics from the late eighties, early nineties. Uh it, it, and also like the early Jim Lee stuff when X Men renumbered mm-hmm. is very sort of like very iconic. Uh lots of bad guy Magneto uh, again before he started wishy washy and back and forth between good guy, bad guy. Um Ugh, Joseph. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I I would stick with uh when they when they get into stuff with gold team or blue team, that's like that's like your sweet spot for the comics that were coming out when the cartoon was coming out. And I think you'll enjoy what you're hearing there. X-Men 92. Yeah, is yeah. the name of the X-Men comic that's uh based on the cartoon series from the 90s i would also recommend uh wolverine and the x-men the jason aaron run oh that's a great that's a great recommendation but i would do it before they renumbered before the marvel now yeah. start with the original right yeah. It's, yeah i don't think it's jason aaron anymore either no jason aaron's off of was it. it yeah it was latour yeah uh, the, his partner from uh from Southern, Southern Bastards. Bastards and not not disrespecting Latour's work on Southern Bastards in any way, but the Jason Aaron stuff from Wolverine and the X Men was far more consistent and superior yeah. to the Latour stuff that came afterwards. Uh, the like you get into the stuff with uh, the the young 
the young mutants, like like the stuff that goes on with Brew, oh, I love is Brew. amazing. And you lose a lot of that in Latour's run. So uh, read Wolverine and the X Men, the initial run, not the Marvel Now rebooted. Yeah, Aaron's Latour. Wolverine and the X Men run. That's a high bar. I yep. mean, that, that was some of the best comics going while it was coming out. And that that'll get you away from all that Keddy Crook. Chris Claremont stuff. Yeah. You know, the thing is, like, with Jason Aaron, it's like he's so fucking amazing because he can do Wolverine and the X-Men, which is, like, so fun. And mm-hmm. then also you can read his run on Thor, which is a lot darker. But Oh, yeah. He's the most versatile man in comics. But, I mean, so. even there's there's humor in those Thor books, too. It's funny. Anytime Thor's drinking in those uh, comics, it's really hilarious. And even Wolverine but, and the X-Men can, yeah, get, can dip sure. its toes real dark. Like, look at what they do with, like, the new Hellfire Club yes. stuff once they bring that into the mix and everything. Mm-hmm. So it gets dark, too. Uh, next question. Uh, what do you guys rate the show Twin Peaks? Uh, is it a show I should try watching? I did not enjoy Twin Peaks. Yeah, you, can, you can try. Good luck. I'm not a David Lynch fan. Dave. Tupper motherfucking where? Love, love, love Twin Peaks. I own the whole series and I'm so fucking excited. David Lynch is coming on home. Back to Twin Peaks, everybody. I cannot wait. Is that really happening? I've been reading a yes. lot of stuff saying that maybe it is, maybe it isn't. No, still. he's he said he's back. He's coming back. Okay. It is happening. It's okay. going to be a Showtime series. Yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, Wayward Pines this week just trying to like get a little bit of a taste of the old Twin Peaks kind of magic. I'm super fucking excited about it. Of all the rebooty type stuff that we've heard about coming, like new X-Files, and nothing, nothing approaches my excitement for more Twin Peaks. Well, I'm glad you'll be watching it. Yeah, I won't be watching it either. I'm so there. The Lost Highway should have just been renamed Brian is fucking lost throughout this entire movie because I just do not understand fucking David Lynch. Yeah, I'm I'm in your same boat. David Lynch just does not do anything for me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a good David Lynch thing that I like. For any David Lynch love, just uh, tweet me at domestic8eddave. (laughs) <laughs> There's no T. It's domestic eight Ed. There's it's, yes. domestic the number eight Ed Dave. Domestic. Fucking ridiculous. On Twitter. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that Twitter. You need to change your Twitter handle. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You should just change that handle. I like it. Alright, alright. That which is most difficult. It's he had often to put, the most rewarding. He had to put the eight in there because that's hip. <laughs> okay. You need to change that handle. I'm on fleek, man. I'm gonna go skate. Boarding. I'll think about it for with you. The letter, I hope the you number out. eight. The letter eight. I keep saying the letter eight because the you letter. fucking almost said that last week. <laughs> All right. I'll think about it, Dave. I'll get you a better Twitter handle. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Let me finish this email. Yeah, you have a Monty Python Twitter handle. That's about as cool as it gets. I do. So I do. I, I, I do. I, I'm here to learn from the master. <laughs> and for all the haters out there who give the leftovers a shitty review, in the words of George Carlin. Maybe someone should lock them in a porta potty and set it on fire. I give you guys the highest star rating, five Death Stars. Keep up the good work. P.S. I live in northern Illinois. I'm getting married in November. You guys are so invited. Oh, nice. Wow, we can crash dot, a wedding. Dot, 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 even Frank. Oh, shit. High alcohol. Okay, uh, the only thing that I want to see on the invitation is uh, open bar. Yeah. If it's open bar, hey, Vincent. I'll see you there. Because, hey, I do DJ work, man. I would totally just hijack your DJ right at the reception. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Northern Illinois, huh? Does he say we're at? No. Oh. I just read the fucking email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. I'm a dick. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing. <laughs> that part was redacted. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're not in Skokie, we're good. Drew Christ. Hey, guys. After watching Age of Ultron and listening to your review of it, I was wondering if 
the crew thought we'd see a rated R version of any major superheroes, Marvel or DC, Deadpool. Um, yeah, I'm just throwing that in there. Yes, the answer is yes. Uh, I realize the profitability of these movies prevents them from being R rated R, but it seems like after listening to your criticisms and mine, these movies could be better for people that care about the comic storyline. With the success of Daredevil on Netflix, I'm hoping for some more adult-oriented comic shows, I, like Frank Miller's Batman, for example. Any shows you want to see that carry mature content from the comics? Question mark. Also, when do you think we'll see new superheroes created that have mainstream success? Thanks. Love the show, Drew. So yeah. quite a few questions in here. Uh, first of which is, do you think we'll see any R-rated versions of any major superhero movies, <coughs> Marvel or DC? Of course, we're getting Deadpool. Yeah. I think it seems like he's like wanting like bigger guys to be R-rated, right? He wants an R-rated Captain America or Spider-Man or that Hulk or whatever. Yeah, that ain't happening. And I think if uh, Punisher... Marvel, you know, since Marvel has the rights and it's not Fox anymore, those Fox movies were rated R. Mm -hmm. But now that Marvel has the property, I think if we get a Tom Hardy Punisher, if that does happen, I think it'll be PG-13. And I don't want to see that. So, yes, keep the Punisher as a Netflix series, in my opinion. I can see that. I think there's a happy medium, though, a little bit. Like, Marvel can do PG-13 and still get real dark, or at least a lot darker than they have been. When? I'm not saying they have or they will, but they can. I want an example of this before I can believe it. Well, what I'm saying is like just like they could do our suggestion with the Hulk killing a guy, and that doesn't necessarily make the movie R-rated. Yeah, but they're, they're not doing that. No, I know, I know. But I'm saying it doesn't take the R-rating for them to take the right steps is really my only point here. Like the R – just because it's rated R isn't, isn't what's going to make it more adult and more darker. Like it, it can do all that and still be PG-13. It can be both. What are your thoughts, Dave? Because I'm not. If they were going ahead with a Planet Hulk movie, that that would be a big green light for an R rating. But uh, from from everything we've seen, we haven't seen any indication of a Planet Hulk movie. Right. Well, I don't I don't see any indication that Marvel would ever do an R rated film. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I agree with that. It, it doesn't it doesn't seem like they're going in that direction. I I I, I hope that that. We're wrong, and Doctor Strange is just R as hell. No. Like, I, want, I want some dark, scary Doctor Strange, evil fucking vampires. No. Oh, that's what I want. We well, got Scott Derrickson. You never know. Yeah. I, 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 want, I want a scary Doctor Strange movie. I wanted a scary Ultron. Did I get that? No. No. Wish in one hand, shit in the other. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jake. They, they, they could do certain things like have Hulk, <coughs> you know, even if it was off screen, kill somebody. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like – and it would still stay PG thirteen, but Marvel's not going to do that. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I guess, like I said, my only point is that it doesn't. It doesn't take the R rating to get it to get more, more darker and more heavier. Right. Okay, but with the success of Daredevil, <clears throat> yeah. as gritty as shit as it is, and next is Jessica Jones, mm -hmm. which if you've read that comic, yeah, that's some that's some R rated shit right yeah, there. It is. Yeah. If Jessica Jones pops as big as Daredevil does, I think the paradigm shifts. And they say, wait a minute, there is a market for this out here. Yeah, and it's called Netflix. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's I, called Netflix. I, I would love to see them. I, I would forgive Benedict Cumberbatch for stealing the role from Keanu Reeves of Doctor Strange if they made it a hard R. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. get a little bit darker, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, in my opinion, is because it's, the time slot has moved from seven to eight. Right. They can get a little darker with that. 
but I've not I've not seen the MCU. I've seen them do go in depth with characters more on the solo films, like mm-hmm. Tony, like in Iron Man three. As much as I hated the movie, it was a character piece. Even Winter Soldier, a little bit more. Sure, but it's not dark. Even 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 Winter Soldier was mm-hmm. not dark, which is arguably probably the darkest Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, you know, even uh, Thor The Dark World, which has dark <laughs> in the fucking title, is not that dark. Okay? Thor The Not-So-Dark right. World. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, um, this Netflix corner of the universe, I think that's where they're going to do this. I don't think they're ever going to do it in the MCU. Just like I think Kevin Feige I, – I don't know if I wrote down these notes, but maybe I'll talk about it later. But about – yeah, I think I do have it in this week's episode. So okay. we'll talk about it later. But I don't think um, – anyway um, – I agree with you though. I never. I don't want to see a PG thirteen Marvel Studios Punisher movie. Meh. But he wants to know if profitability of these movies prevents them from being rated R. And I think you are right. I think once a movie goes into rated R, less parents are going to be inclined to take their children to see these movies. So, but as far as Jake is, what Jake's saying, I totally agree with that. You can have things happen in these movies and still keep it at a PG thirteen rating. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're going to get an R rated Deadpool, but that's from the Fox side of Marvel. And it's because Deadpool is going to say fuck a few times. I mean, you can get away with the F word one time in a PG-13 movie. Yeah, yeah. You use it any more than that, you're looking at an R rating. <laughs> the X-Men so. movies always do a good job of sneaking their fuck yes, in. Yes, like <laughs> Hugh Jackman yeah. and then the original, uh, what was it, the X-Men first class. Yeah. That was great. Fuck off. I loved it. Um, and his other questions were um, any shows you want to see that carry <laughs> mature content from the comics? Um, well, I mean, you've already said Punisher. Yeah, Punisher. Yeah, Moon Knight. That's a big one. Yeah, Moon Knight. I'd say see- Moon Knight or Ghost Rider yeah. would be what I'd like to see. Yeah. Would you want to see a Ghost Rider uh, Netflix series? Do you- Based off the new character? Okay. The, 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 the comic that just got canceled? Thanks, everybody, for buying that. I appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I really liked that interpretation of the character and would love to see that's that. That's not the one with the car, right? Shit, yeah, it is. Really? Yeah, it, was, it had this great like pop art kind of like – uh, yeah. like drawing style right. that was unlike anything except Squirrel Girl reminds me of it a little bit now, but that's totally in the kid friendly. Why didn't they call it Ghost Driver then? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always been the Ghost Rider. When he rode horses, when he rode motorcycles, uh, it's always been the name. Horses? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the original Ghost Rider was, was a cowboy. Okay, okay. That's right. You know, you know the old Johnny Cash song? I remember now. Ghost yeah. Riders in the Sky? Yeah. I want to see a variant cover of a Ghost Rider riding a Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> like he's wearing like roller skates or something. I don't know. Wait, that's maybe the Paul Blart 3? Paul Blart 3. <laughs> Ghost Rider on a Segway? Ghost Segway. Ghost Segway. <laughs> a flaming Segway. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Kevin James is your new Ghost Rider. <laughs> All right, uh, and then uh, also, when do you think we'll see new superheroes created that have mainstream success? Oh, shoot, that's a really good question. Never. Yeah. Never. I, you know, I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. Yeah, that is a tough question. Who knows when we'll finally get another big breakthrough character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do like gold balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Dave, I know you like gold balls. Oh, I love him. <laughs> gold balls is great. X-Men character. Love yep. gold balls. Uncanny X-Men. He's now, he's now at the Jean Grey school. That's awesome. I, I hope they don't obliterate that with Secret Wars. I want those. I want more. Like hijack and, yeah. and gold balls are the best new characters I've seen in years. Gold balls is just so. When's the gold awesome. balls movie coming out? 
See, that's the thing. <laughs> I he's, would, he's, I, he's the uh, reason for Civil War. <laughs> I would see a Gold Balls movie. He, he Gold Balls himself in the middle of an elementary school. And Tell me more. I'm intrigued. What's Gold Balls' power? Exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, when he gets nervous and freaks out, these little like gold balls just start flying out of him in every direction. Yeah, and they bounce all over the place. Yeah. It's like Speedball guy did. Away. Right, but like way yeah. more destructive. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, last email comes from Zach Troja. It's titled Podcast Request. Hey, guys, love the podcast. Been listening for several months now, and I can't get over the fact that Brian sounds so much like the actor Justin Long to me. <laughs> Brian, would you please do me and the other listeners a favor by saying this speech from the movie Accepted? So I got to do All this right, let's hear it. speech. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you thinking, Dave? Never seen it. Accepted? It's got uh, no. jo- uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, uh, never, Justin Long. Never seen it. Funny movie. Cool. I'll check it out. All right. Here's the speech. I don't know. God, I don't know. I, do, I don't think I sound like Justin Long. Yeah, I, I'd never thought that. It's interesting. Hey, you know, the customer is always right. So let's, uh, let's, let's hear it. All right. Here we go. Here's the speech. Nah, I'm not going to answer your question because you guys have already made up your minds. I'm an expert in rejection and I can see it on your faces. And it's too bad that you judge us by the way we look and not who we are. Just because you want us to be more like them when the truth is we're not like them. And I'm damn proud of that fact. I mean, Harmon College and their, their 100 years of tradition. But tradition of what? Of hazing kids and humiliating anyone who's a bit different? Of putting so much pressure on kids they turn into these, these stress freaks and caffeine addicts? So yeah, there's the quote. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the podcast, Zach Troja. So <laughs> that was his podcast request. That's that was his podcast request. So I, I want to hear more podcast requests. That, that that's kind of fun. Now I'm going to go watch a funny movie I never heard. Yeah, of. it was so fun that you guys were off doing your talking your own shit while I was doing my fucking Busted. thing. That's not fucking distracting. What the fuck? Yeah, that was fucking great, wasn't it, Dave? You didn't even hear one, got one goddamn word because uh, you're asking Jake for a cigarette the entire goddamn time. We, we're not going to conform because we look weird. No, 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 no. Here's the question. Here's the question. Since you were listening, since you were so fucking invested in that fucking speech I was given and not distracting me at all during my speech, you sons of bitches, you couldn't just wait until I got done. I want to ask you a question about the little speech that I gave that you were so invested in. What oh, was the, shit. What was the name of the college? Harmon College. Fuck you, you yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> You son of a bitch. That's the one word you picked out. Multitasking. How many years? How many years of tradition? How many years of tradition? 100 years. God damn you. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> All right. Do you think that uh, Jake Harmon, Jacob Harmon went to Harmon College? He must have, right? Or at least applied. Yeah. Do you think possibly his beard is part of the faculty? Oh, yeah. Has a trophy. The dean. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a statue of it out in front. That would be great. All right. Uh, yeah, Dave, you passed this fucking quiz. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. It's true. Dave acts like, oh, I really enjoyed those. And the whole time I'm doing my speech, you two fuckers are having your side conversation. <laughs> hey, I was just trying to get the man a cigarette. I, I didn't, don't, don't rope me in. Half the time, half the time, no, half of this fucking email thing has been me reading these emails and Dave looking at you and you're like, oh, my, my headpiece is gone. Am I still here? And then Dave, like, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And I'm like, God, Damn it. <laughs> That's half of this fucking email shit. And we're playing charades over here. <laughs> <laughs> Movie, three words. Yeah. So, so Dave would like more of the podcast requests that he won't listen to, but we'll pretend that he did after I get done reading him. So, yeah, keep sending those in because Dave loves them. Smoke break. 
<laughs> All right. We're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about Mad Max Fury Road, if these guys can stay focused long enough. What was the name of the movie, Dave? Accepted. Fuck you. Yeah. No, I was at Mad Max Fury Road. That's what I was asking about. <laughs> we'll be back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right, we're back, and we're back. We're going to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. It's the uh, brand new movie that just came out uh, this past weekend. Yeah. So let's, uh, Jake, break down the movie for us, sir. Yes, Mad Max Fury Road. It is R-rated and runs in at 120 minutes. Directed by uh, George Miller, who actually directed all the previous Mad Max movies. Um, written by George Miller and uh, Brendan McCarthy. Um, it stars Tom Hardy as the title character, Mad Max. Uh, Charlize Theron as Furiosa. And Nicholas Holt as Nux. I did not know Nicholas Holt was in this movie. I, and then as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy shit, that's Warm Bodies. That's fucking Hank McCoy. That's fucking Nicholas Holt. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say if they... Notice if, I didn't call him Jack from the Beanstalk movie. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Fuck that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he met um, Brian Singer doing that movie, and that's what got him the Beast role, probably. And you saw Josh no, Helm? he was Beast was in it the, the other uh, way around? first class. Oh, okay. It was first class before he actually exploded and became a big star. Well, you, and then it was the Jack Slayer. You saw that. Josh Hellman was in it too as his partner. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. The, the guy who played Stryker in Days of Future Past. Oh. Yeah. That was Slit. The dude with the, 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 the wingman of Nux that had the, yeah. the, the staples. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was the guy who played Stryker in Days of Future Past. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Nope. And just a quick synopsis um, of the movie in a stark desert landscape where humanity is broken. Two rebels just might be able to restore order. Max, a man of action and a few words, and Furiosa, a woman of action who is looking to make it back to her childhood homeland. So, yeah, that sums up the movie pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we do have a rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. We'll probably end up rating this one. So we want you to be familiar with our rating system if this is your first time listening. So here's that thing now. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so toss it, taste it, Tupperware, all that shit. Uh, Who wants to go first? Well, I avoided the Jake sucks on this pop culture movie yeah, it's review. Not a, it's it's yeah. It's, oh. oh fuck it, I'll put it in there. <laughs> All right, if you really want to hear it. The final yeah is my favorite part. <laughs> Sounds like it hurts. 
All right. Um, Dave, you go it. You go for it. All right. Of any movie that would deserve to have the metal thrashy movie review bumper, it is this movie. Like, um, if you are a fan of the metal genre, then you owe it to yourself to go see Fury Road. I was a. I, I, I've always been a big fan of the Mad Max franchise. Um, George Miller, uh, yeah, other babe, notwithstanding, yeah. you are an Oscar winner. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed this and I, I, I wanted to go into it, uh, with an open mind because I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a purist when it comes to the beloved o- older movies that I grew up with. And basically Tom Hardy in this is sort of like, the, he's he's the new Mad Max, and just basically think uh, if it were a, if it were an equation, if it were a mathematical formula, his Mad Max is like plus Mister Bean minus the anti-Semitism as compared <laughs> to Mel Gibson. Like he's he's a lot he's a lot more farther progressed in his degradation of his humanity. He through the whole first half of the movie, he hardly talks. Yeah, he, Tom Hardy. I don't think he's going to be able to play the Punisher because at no point will the Punisher be wearing a metal face mask of any kind. It's There's a whole big portion of the movie where Tom Hardy, as just like Bane, once again, stuck with a big thing of metal on his face. Uh, but- well, in the movie Locke, it's not like he had a hockey mask on the whole time, Dave. <laughs> you act like the guy can't be in a movie without a fucking metal mask on. Well, I'm, I'm just teasing. I know you but are. The, uh, basically, uh, what I thought of this movie uh, could be summed up by my, my rating – I, I wanted this to be a Tupperware so, so bad, but uh, I'm going to give it a new form of taste it, a yeah. metal taste it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's because just like heavy metal, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy it. It speaks to me. I, I love it when I'm in the mood for it, but I'm really not sure how well this movie will hold up when you're not in the full on theater experience because man, the whole first half of the movie is just frenetic. It's like, it's like it's like doing doing a bunch of meth and just like going to see a movie. It's it's just jittery and makes you un- uncomfortable. But the gritty realism is sort of offset by like George Lucas syndrome at several points mm. in the movie where there's way too much CGI when they keep it to the uh, to the to the real practical effects like the tribes and how each one of the tribes have this very different look they didn't, fighting yeah. style they they didn't even ease you into the special effects i'm going to stop here real quick is like at the beginning when he's getting chased and they show like the outside of that that canyon with the skull yeah and he's hanging out of that mouth mm-hmm. the cg the green screen there is just so overt in your face mm-hmm. and i was just like Ooh, wow. How much was the budget on this one? Because all I'm seeing is, uh, wow, green screen. That's bad. Yeah. And the, like, uh, being a fan of the series, like, there was a lot of, there was a lot of derivative stuff. Like, like he was revisiting the road warrior on a lot of these things. You know, one, one's all about a, a big tanker truck going through on, you know, trying to survive. And this mm-hmm. is a big war rig trying to survive. It's like bigger, louder, rowdier, rah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, gasoline is the most valuable resource yet. We're just going to drive fast and waste <laughs> gasoline everywhere we can. <laughs> right, right. Um, and also, uh, like I loved that the villain was played by the same guy who played uh toe cutter in the original Mad Max. I thought that was amazing. I was like, 
holy shit, I think that's the same dude from the original. And sure enough, it was. I, I don't think it was meant to be the same character, but that's why they covered him all up. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the thing about it is, uh, there was, there was a little bit of preachiness to this movie that it was just a little, it was a little over the top for me. And, and like over the top was definitely what they were going for. But with over the top, the movie was really good too. <laughs> oh, man, the arm wrestling, arm wrestling movie. man. I just, I, I, Dave's flipping his hat backwards right now. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I like, okay. I, I love the, the war wagons that all come out. Awesome scene. They're, they're coming down from the Citadel and then they have the wall of drummers and the guy with the metal guitar and speakers behind him that are mm-hmm. actually providing a real world soundtrack for the war boys. Like I love the war boys and I love that they were, they were using, you know, sort of like quasi Nordic religion to motivate these guys with the Valhalla and yeah, all that kind of stuff. That was cool. But then they, 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 they went right on the nose with it and they were later on when they're dealing with Nux and they're like, no, they just use you to, they just use religion to control you. And I'm like, okay, okay, we got it. Yeah. Like we, we, we right, figured that out right. all on our own. Don't you hate when you watch a movie and it's like all of a sudden you are self-aware of that. And yes. it's like, and it's like, I don't care about your views and your politics. It's turning me off to the film. And, and that, that also happened with like, you know, there was, there was a big push for like, Pushing the female characters in this, mm-hmm. the like like Imperator Furioso, like you you could have named this movie Imperator Furioso for I, as like as much as they like, and she but she was like totally like Moses from the Bible, like like think about the story of Moses where the he, he is the right hand man to the Pharaoh and like wants to lead his chosen people out to the promised land. Right. It was it was one of those things that I was like The land of milk and honey is actually a bunch of tubes on a bunch of fat women's tits. <laughs> well but <laughs> well <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I gave Dave the gave Dave the shivers yeah, there. But um basically when you know when we get out we uh, spoilers, are we going into spoilers? We in haven't even rated it yeah, yet. Yeah. So. Oh I'm sorry I was uh, should, yeah, I, should, just... I, should, I, should I pull back? <laughs> I was just waiting to see how long it would go. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm giving this we'll, my... We'll I'm going to full-on spoilers okay. after we rate this I'm giving bitch. this my most metal of taste The most metal of taste <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, go. All right. I- <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to let Dave finish the show. Yeah. I was like, man, that's the stuff we're going to do when we talk about the movie. We're just a rating, you know. But I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, man. It was I, all good I stuff. I love it when people get carried away on the show. I haven't I haven't done one of the movie episodes yet. Yeah. Sorry, this uh, is, yeah, this yeah. is new. We're teaching the movie, movie format training on the job. Welcome <laughs> right. to movie training 101. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Mad Max Fury Road a high taste it. Um, I, I agree with a lot of the stuff that Dave said. I thought I thought the morals and kind of the agenda was a little bit smacking me in the face a bit. And and I also agree with Brian that when stuff like that happens, it it takes me out of the movie a little bit, you know. Um, for the most part, this was a really great movie, though. Um, I went, I worked for eight hours, got off work, went and saw this movie, and it was the great like after work meant to just like get me pumped and ready to have a fun night rather than just you know being all slummed out from work. It really it was really high energy, like just a two hour just like speed trip you know it was it was great i i really had a fun time with this movie i thought the special effects were very spotty at times when they were good they were really great like all the actual vehicle stunt work was really amazing but yeah all the 
all the green screening and some of the CG stuff was definitely, definitely spotty and questionable at parts of the movie. So, yeah, and, you know, it's a real bold move, I think, to have a, a main character that you don't even hear really say a fucking word for, like, the first half of the movie. I mean, that, that, was, that was really crazy. Um, so, yeah, uh, high taste it. High taste it. And uh, metal taste it. All right. I, uh, I Let me just give you some background on my experiences with, with the original films. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a fan of Mad Max, but I'm not a super fan. Mm-hmm. Like even those old movies, I'm not a huge fan. I like them. I don't love them. So they're taste-its for me to begin with. So going into this one, I'm going to give it a taste-it. So – uh, there, yeah, like it was kind of like in your face with the, some of the political views and things like that. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then also the, 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 the CG that was just so green screen kind of took me out of the film. And it's not like they snuck it in. Like this happens at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Oh, it was in like, the first right five at the minutes. beginning. It's like, let's, you know, show me some of that stuff later in the film with like, but it, it was just like right at the beginning and it's like things that I'm noticing right from the start. Let me get lost in the movie first before you start hitting me in the head with that shit. Um, what I did like though, uh, I, I loved the fact that like with the big crowd scenes, they actually used real actors. If they didn't, they did a great job of covering it up because there was scenes like of them, you know, um, at the beginning of the movie, huge crowd scenes and everyone seems to be a real human person wearing actual like, you know, makeup and I thought that was impressive. Yeah. One of the things that I don't like in movies is like uh, 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 computer generated mobs. Oh, I agree. Um, uh, World War Z was one where they're crawling all over each other like fucking ants and shit. Yeah. That shit takes me out of a movie and I did not get that here. I love that. Um, the scenes out in the fucking desert when they're just like, <coughs> just fucking, uh, all the different vehicles, just the way they looked. I loved it. Just, you know, big tires, big monster trucks. Oh, and, yeah. And just, it's the mix of like steampunk meets like, uh, Ted's Garage or whatever the fuck, you know? It's just awesome. And, um, uh, what else did I really enjoy from this? Ah, the, 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 some of the CG I did like was when they, when they did finally enter that storm. Oh when, yeah! When, when they entered that storm, and you saw like the the lightning crash and like the dust clouds, and and uh, I thought that was very cool. You know, people flying off in, into the into the cloud, and then just like it, the 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 wind is so powerful, it's just ripping the the flesh from the bone, and it was awesome. That was definitely some of the better CG. Um, the lack of Tom Hardy communicating did bother me. I wanted to I wanted to hear him. I mean. You, you get the guy because he's a great actor. Yeah. I've seen him in Locke where he's got a lot of speaking parts in that one. Not so much in the the, the, the Gandolfini movie, the what was it called? Drop. The Drop. Not so much this character in that. He was more of kind of like a, a Rocky character, like from the Rocky movies. Very didn't talk a lot, but when he did, you know. Do you need, you've seen The Drop? Yeah. yeah. It, it, like I said, it totally reminded me of Mr. Bean, like the scene where he had the shotgun. He was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like totally reminded me of that. Yeah, 
Uh, but I do. I love George George Miller's visual style for the mm-hmm. most part. I love it. You, when you're watching a George Miller movie, you know you have that feel. And this felt like Mad Max, the original movies. And so, yeah, it's a taste it for me. The so. costume design was brilliant. I love the costumes. So yeah. costuming was good. You were talking about the mob mentality. Um, man, they needed a better way to organize and get that water, though. Like their, their, their planning was very bad. They, yeah, they looked yeah. very real, but yeah. they. <laughs> yeah, some of the people were actually like holding like pails and like metal pants. Some of them yeah. had like fucking wicker baskets. Did you, see the, guy, did you see the guy with the latrine? <laughs> no, no uh, yeah, he had a bedpan that he was holding up. No. Yeah, no, I saw whisk, wicker baskets, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with the fucking? It's gonna run out the bottom, you dumbass. The guy with the bedpan was like, wow, that's commitment to this. How'd you yeah. guys see this movie? I, I saw it in 3D against my choice just because that was the first time I could see it right after. So I could just drive straight to the theater after work. I saw it in 2D, but I saw the scenes where they definitely were showing you that, yeah, this movie was uh, – these are 3D parts in the movie. When yeah. steering wheels were flying at you, when the metal guitar was flying at you. Yeah. But I saw it in 2D. Yeah, I wish I would have saw it in 2D. The 3D was very terrible. I bet it was. Yeah. It was really distracting. If you think the green screens look bad in the 2D, you should have seen that shit in the 3D. It was, oof, it was bad. With the exception of the the supercell storm, mm-hmm. uh, that that was great. You in saw it in IMAX 3D, 3D too. Oh yeah, yeah. With the exception of that scene uh, being in IMAX 3D, the rest of it I could take or leave. Yeah, no, you, no, I didn't think it was available anywhere in IMAX. I thought it no, was just... it wasn't. I looked, man. I looked. Oh well, they charged me a. A lot more price, so I thought maybe it was IMAX. <laughs> did they? Did they? So you thought it was IMAX 3D? I I didn't know. I knew I knew I got glasses. That's I was hoping that they would have. Oh, had yeah, that it was just regular. You saw it at um, Carmike or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just regular real D. Okay, I was hoping that they just have it in IMAX, just standard IMAX, mm-hmm. not IMAX 3D. That's I'm, what I was. I'm all about the real D. Yeah, the real D. Don't accept no substitutes. Wow, Dave. Real eye opener. Okay. I don't know where to go from there. Yeah, next. Right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of more stuff I really did like in this movie. Um, the last 30 minutes, I thought, like, I was like, I don't know about this movie. And then it really won me over in the last 30, 45 minutes. I thought the final action sequence and all that, all the set pieces there were really fun. Mm -hmm. I was really drawn into the action at the end. So it was nice. Sometimes at the end of movies like these, like by the end, I just don't care about the last 30 minute, 45 minute action sequence. But this movie kept, kept me interested during all that too. Yeah. I mean, I think the ending, the ending, uh, Brought everything full circle, mm-hmm. and I was—I appreciated the story more. Uh, they really made, the movie starts off and it just jumps right into the action. Oh yeah, it jumps totally right into the action, and I, I thought that was cool. Um, but you know, it's always nice to get a little bit more exposition sometimes, and. I don't know. Do you, do you think it hurt the movie or would it help the movie a little bit? Yeah, I was wondering, what do you think people, what do you think if this was your first Mad Max movie, would you, do you feel like it did a good job in putting you in that world? You know, I mean, honestly, with the success of like, and, and I, I wanted to call this movie uh, Fast and Furious 83. Yes. like, that's, you know, it feels like this is where the, that, this is like Fast and Furious, like that's where this series would be, 83. Um. Can I say their car stunts are nothing compared to a lot of the car stunts in this. Like the, the, the car stunts in this were uh-huh. phenomenal because they were real. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, the, a lot yeah. of that stuff in Fast and Furious I think is really CGI'd. Oh, and sure. And this, this was, this was legit. They were blowing shit up in this movie. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 
gonna say, like, I, I, th- I thought they did it way better, and it really highlighted that the practical effects are superior. Um, that's that was that was where, like, I was talking about the the feminist thing. Now, keep in mind, people, there's three men sitting around discussing feminism in a film. We're we're not meant to get it, you know. We're how how much can three guys be feminists? Who knows? But uh, I was. I, I was really confused by some of the mixed messages of it because, like, you, Imperial Furiosa, right? I think heavily based on, like, a Moses kind of a paradigm. She goes out into the middle of nowhere and finds all these crones that they essentially use as cannon fodder. Like, all the all the beautiful wives and stuff, you, only, only one of them actually dies, you know? Yes, yes. And that's fine, you know? Like go ahead and like make strong female characters, but why? Why is it that all the all the crones have to die? You know, and like the one she says, one man, one bullet. Like, okay, we got it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like the uh, as a I am a man right now who is who is in the middle. Uh, of, uh, you scared me there. I was like, are you going to go transgender? Like <laughs> I am a man right now, but who is in the middle of a transformation? Bruce Jenner, thank you for paving the way. Domesticated Dave is going to be domesticated Stacy. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? That's oh. number eight. And then the word Stacy. <laughs> well, I, I, okay. Keep in mind, I am a man right now who is in the middle of a situation in his real life where he is, Trying to protect his son. I am in the midst of a custody battle. Okay. So we've got a situation going on in real life that informs me watching this movie. And the bad guy has to say, that's my property. Cut that baby out. Was it a boy? Like, okay. Like, we got it, guys. Like, you don't, you can push strong female characters without having to bash a bunch of, all the men as well. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, e- equal well, I mean, Agent Carter did the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but in the Marvel way. Yeah. I know exactly opinion. what you're saying. Yeah, like, I, I'm not saying that this movie was like, like, okay, you, the, the, all, all, the, the, and the young women who played the wives, I, I thought were, were pretty good for obviously being a bunch of... That was Lenny Kravitz's ex, daughter, right? Uh, I did not know that. The, the, the one who did the inventory on the bullets, mm. the African-American. Yeah. What, what was her... Uh, she was something the... I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Um, Kravitz, Kravitz, Kravitz. She was to- also... She was toast. Toast the knowing. Toast the knowing, it She says. was also in the uh, Divergent movie, right? Was it Divergent hmm. or was it... Um, I have not seen Divergent. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she was in Divergent. Was she's she in, in one Maze, of those Maze Runner she's, or one of those movies? No, not Maze Runner, but I think she's in I'll, one of the youth on, adult. I'll, I'll click on her name. But you know, she was really good. Um uh Rosie Huntington, uh the, the one who played like the weed wife, the one who was pregnant. Uh she 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 was good. I, I enjoyed her scenes. I, I really liked uh oh and uh Riley Kyo, the one who played Capable, the redhead one that kind of fell for Nux. Yes. That's Elvis Presley's granddaughter, dude. Like you wow. know, they, they had they had an interesting choice of model turn actresses, but did you ever feel like they were in real in real danger? Like they never like they were just <sighs> sacrificing all these all these uh older women just to save the beautiful ones. It was a weird I thought the threat was there. I, I, I didn't know who was going to live or who was going to die. I was worried for the women. But, like, almost every single one of the ones they went out to the desert all died. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a weird juxtaposition for me. 
Yeah, I can see what you're saying, though, about how you can have a, a, a feminist agenda without making all the men look like total idiots, basically. Yeah, and, and okay, it's, and then there was the political side of things. Like, the, you've got the bash on religion with Immortan Joe. You've got the bash on the patriarchy and finance with the, the guy, the guy who, what they call him, the, the people leader, mm-hmm. the really heavy set guy, mm-hmm. who's all he's barking about the whole time is like not wasting money and not wasting supplies. <laughs> and then the worst of them all, uh, Richard Carver, the, 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 Richard Carter, the bullet farmer, who at one point is literally like, blindfolded like just i am justice <laughs> like just indicting everything you could possibly make fun of from a right-wing perspective yeah like I, i'm i'm bedwetting liberal like uh, th- this is this is totally supposed to be my cup of tea and i love it but i didn't because it was just it was too much yeah it was too militant too yeah. too far-handed and yeah. Then, yeah. you know and then those uh those one guy's on the big poles, those are just huge cocks. <laughs> They're just this movie's just waving its dick around, I'm, right? I'm, I'm just saying, right, 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 right? In my fucking face, dude. In 3D, that dick was right in what my was face. What was she in? What was she in? Oh, she was in After Earth and the Divergent movies. Thank you. Boom! I yeah. was right. You are the expert on the Divergent movies, bro. I am. Ooh, that was <laughs> a jab. <laughs> <laughs> He well, he wasn't being nice there, Brian. I'm telling you. You know, I I gave I gave, I gave Shailene Woodley a shot in that movie, and uh, it fucking sucked. I like her. I like Miles Teller. That movie fucking sucked. I didn't watch the second one. Yeah, did that 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 came out, and you didn't watch it, huh? No. Yeah. No, I'm done with that series. Yeah, that, you made the right choice. <laughs> I was forced to watch both of them, and like the first one's just like a giant training montage. Are you out now? You don't have to watch anymore? I'm done now. Yes. Yep, it's all done. Good deal. But I like Shailene Woodley. Spectacular Now is a great fucking movie. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Can't blame her. She she needed some money. She'll be able to do some some bigger, you, better things. Have you seen after her this. in the Fault in Our Stars? Yeah, she was excellent. Yeah, she was she's excellent. Really, really good. That whole cast is really good. Two of those guys were rumored as Peter Parker, too. That's not what we got, though, it looks like. No, we'll talk about that later. Oh, sorry. <laughs> messing the format up again god damn it no, that's on the agenda it's on the agenda uh, oh, yeah what was up with the names of the wives like cheeto, oh, cheeto. <laughs> yeah they had some crazy names <laughs> it was just like oh i love cheetos Capa- i love you cheeto capable cheeto the fragile was, was her name the dag like it, that's that's my initials right there what is what what is what is a dag I, Iota the what Doof was, Warrior. Uh, Dagwood. Dagwood from what was that uh, comic strip? Yeah, he was a big Blondie fan. Blondie, Blondie yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Morton Joe just sitting up in his tower reading Blondie. He liked yeah. to make big sandwiches. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Dag. He's all. She's all about those big sandwiches. Yeah, those names. The names were weird. I agree with that. Yeah, I wasn't the. I mean, I I I wasn't the biggest fan of this. I thought the action set pieces were awesome, but I think there was. I don't know. There's just some other things that just like kind of like left me like. I don't know, wanting more of a story. I was watching um, James Gunn on Periscope last night, uh-huh. and someone asked him what his favorite movie of 2015 was, mm-hmm. and he said, far and away, Mad Max Fury Road. Really? Yeah. Well, it's totally, it's it's a, come on, man, it's a stroke fest. Yes. It's like giant, like, you, you know, that's the only thing keeping guys from just beating it in the theater. It's like <laughs> giant cars, Sharice Theron. Ugh, come on, that's, <laughs> guitars, heavy metal music, and they double they, like when Mad Max is actually killing dudes with yeah. the guitar. I'm oh like, yeah, I'm like, all I hear is Death Clock in the background. <laughs> 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 so you managed to keep your dick in your pants. I, I was good. Right? I, 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 
Nice, nice work. Nice, nicely done. Yeah, there was a lot of ejaculating in my theater. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like there were certain scenes when it was just like flying all over the place. And I was like, oh shit, I, I do need more butter for my popcorn, but I was <laughs> not like this, not like yeah. this. <laughs> Felt like I was at a Gallagher show with a bunch, oh. <laughs> with a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Bring this fucking plastic raft to hold over yourself. When so, you- so, so do do well, as someone who isn't a huge fan of the series, uh-huh. did you prefer Tom Hardy to Mel Gibson? Uh, oh, uh, no, I prefer Mel Gibson. Okay, that's an interesting question. I um, yeah, I think I think. Wow, I can't believe I'm going to say I prefer Mel Gibson, but I, I guess that's what I'm. It's saying. okay. Max is a Jewish name. Like Just, even even he didn't even realize you know what he was doing at the time. Yeah, yeah. but that t- that doesn't take any like that doesn't take anything away from Tom Hardy. I, I think no. Tom Hardy is a phenomenal actor. <laughs> You know, I mean, Locke and and uh, The Drop are two of my favorite movies in the past couple of years. They're both. I think I, I, I think I gave Locke a, a, a taste of it, but I, in all honesty, it's a fucking Tupperware. Um, and yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna retro rate it, upgrade. And then The Drop was phenomenal. So I just I just feel like they didn't really play up to his strengths in this. No. I think his next one of his next big movies that he's doing is Splinter Cell, I believe. Oh, really? Based, based off on the, the video game? Wow. Based off the video game? Yeah, we're not, and we're not endorsing Mel Gibson's political views in any no, way. No, like, no. Like we we're saying that Matt he was so good as Mad Max that you momentarily can forget that he hates Jews. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he wow. was Doctor Strange before we knew th- <laughs> Yeah, that's what we knew about that is the original Benedict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got this uh, taste it party. Taste it party with a metal background. With a metal taste it. <laughs> uh, taste yeah. it party. I'm too lazy to put in any metal music right now <laughs> during the editing. We had we had our our movie review bumper. That's enough. Yeah, there we go. The movie review bumper was good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a taste it from us. And I know most people are going to disagree with us. Everybody loved this and was giving it Tupperwares on our page. Yeah. I saw people and... just fucking going ape shit for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Max. I was thinking to myself, okay, this is like the movie season has started. Here we go. Tupperware. And it's definitely a taste it for me. So, all right. You guys ready to move on to Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, Don't worry, start. guys. We'll have some movies that you actually agree with us on eventually. Don't worry. Yeah. It has to happen. All right. Moving on to Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right. You already know our rating system. Uh, let's see here. Uh, real quick, I'm going to jump in. I just got a couple things this week. First thing I wanted to talk about is uh, I did get a chance to watch the Kurt Cobain montage of Heck. Nice. Um, absolutely loved it. It's phenomenal. It's so damn good. It was, wasn't it? It's so good. You guys are right the whole time. I, I loved how they took like all the music from Nirvana, and depending on where they were in his life, they incorporated into it. Like As he's a child, they're taking some of the music and it sounds like a nursery song in the background. I love that too, how they changed it to the theme yeah. of the, what they were showing. Um, also, like hearing like uh, audio clips of uh, young Kurt Cobain. Hi, I'm I'm Kurt Cobain. It's just like, and I'm only 15 minutes in at that point, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm already having like this, like like how do you go from like this this wonderful little boy to like this, you know. You know, twenty some years later, he wants to kill himself, and it's yeah. like, what happened to his life? And and there's a lot of things that happened in his life that I could relate to, and I was just like, holy shit, wow! I 
get it. I get him. Yeah, it I was gut wrenching at parts. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, but it was it was great. Um, I loved it, and it's the highest of Tupperwares. Mm-hmm. So Kurt Cobain montage of heck. Watch it. Uh, this, the last thing I wanted to talk about because I don't have a lot this week for uh, Good Pop Bad Pop is the uh, In Betweeners movie. I'm a big fan of the In Betweeners. Um, I remember you talking about that in previous. You should episodes. watch it, dude. Yeah. It's, Fucking, you can get it on Netflix, all three seasons, and they're only six episodes. Oh, it's a British show. Yeah. That's right. And it, uh, I love it. Um, but I've seen every season, uh, but I'd never watched the Inbetweeners movie. So it, it's on Netflix, so I watched it, and hysterical. And there's two of them. They don't have the second one up uh, yet. But now, how does that work? Does that take place after the three seasons? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it, at the time, it was the highest-grossing comedy of all time mm. over in England. Wow! Uh, so the Inbetweeners movie is no joke. It was, but it was, the jokes were hilarious. I mean, it kept with the show, and it was it was great. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. So if you if you like the Inbetweeners and you haven't seen the Inbetweeners movie, watch it on Netflix. And if you've never watched the Inbetweeners, you should. <laughs> it's a it's a hysterical comedy. It's about these. Uh, it's it's just like. Four friends that uh, in high school that, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, if American Pie, the movies that we had over here, mm-hmm. like if it was a TV show and it was based over there in England. But it's just so funny. It's so funny. And it's better because it's um, – they can drop the – A little raunchier. A little raunchier. Yeah, they can – but I love it. I love the Inbetweeners uh, show and the movie. So watch Inbetweeners. That's all I got this week for Good Pop, Bad Pop, guys. Yeah, I don't have much either. Um, I'm going to continue my weekly ranking of all the DC animated movies this week for my Good Pop, Bad Pop. Um, this week I watched Batman Gotham Knight. And so it will be the third movie I've watched with all the movies. Um, this movie I talked about a little bit last week. It, it's a little bit in the same format as The Animatrix where it's like six different short films all done by different writers and different um, animators and whatnot. But some really interesting choices in some of the people they got to write some of these stories. Um, they got Brian Az- Azzarello to write one of the segments. They got um, David S. Goyer himself to write one of the segments. And lots of different you know animation styles sprinkled throughout. Um, one thing that makes this feature a little bit different than all the rest of them is it actually takes place in the Nolan universe. So it's an animated movie that actually takes place. I know a lot of people are so sad that there's only the three Nolan movies and that's all there is. But there, this is out there too. And it really does fill in the gaps between... Was Nolan involved in this at all? Yeah, Nolan was involved in this. Um, okay. Like I said, Escorier oversaw it and every, ah, everything. yeah. And so it, it really um, interlocks the stories between the two movies, between um, Batman Begins and Dark Knight. Mm. You see what goes on with some of the Scarecrow stuff. You see a little bit more Scarecrow action. Right. Um, yeah, overall, overall, this is a pretty good, pretty good animated feature. It reminds me a lot of... I know you guys are both fans of Batman the Animated Series. They did an episode of that called, I think, Legends of the Dark Knight, where they do three different interpretations of what people see when they see Batman and everything. Mm -hmm. A real Frank Miller homage moment was in that, too. And um, it really reminded me of that, because a lot of the story is to do with the public's perception of Batman and, like, Gordon's relationship with Batman. It never really deals much with Batman directly. It's Just almost like all the, the auxiliary characters. Right, Batman's right. heavily featured in it, but it's really never through his POV. Mm. And so that's really cool about it. Um, I give it a taste it. Um, if I put it in the rankings, it's it's the least ranked one so far. That doesn't mean I don't like it, but it's I like Superman Doomsday a little bit better, and I definitely like New Frontier a lot more. 
So that's where we're at with this this weekly ranking thing. Awesome. But I, I strongly recommend if you guys haven't seen this and you're huge fans of the Nolan Batman movies that th- this is a must see if you're going to see any of these DC animated. It kind of fills in. Yeah, yeah. It's really neat. Yeah, because I mean, think about like how long that career's that that this Nolan Batman, how long his career was, and how little of that career we actually got to see in the film. Yeah, it's too bad we don't get this in between the other two movies. Exactly. That would be Exa- that, that would be makes really more cool. Sense. That makes more sense because there's like a huge gap in between movies, like eight-year gaps. I mean – Yeah, it, yeah. So we see the character over years and years and years, but we don't actually see a lot of the character. I, that's why the Batman, uh, the Dark Knight, uh, we get to see him like in his prime, mm-hmm. which is cool. But yeah, so. Yeah. What a lot. I always wondered if um, we wouldn't have lost Heath Ledger if that would have been the, the writing decision made to – immediately jump into the future like if that was if we would have seen another movie in batman's prime i think we would have i mean i think that's why i think they learned from the nicholson movies that you don't kill off the joker that batman his success in these movies is you have to have the joker around and that's why they put him you know in arkham Mm -hmm. and um it just it's unfortunate what happened with Heath Ledger, and I guess we'll never really know. Yeah. You yeah. know? So. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> Dave, what did you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Well, it's time for Domesca and Dave's Comic Book Corner on Good Pop, Bad Pop. I got some cool number ones to talk about that came out this week uh, from Mr. Warren Ellis, the man who did so many great comics, including one of my all-time favorites, Trans Metropolitan, put out from Image Comic Books. Injection, issue number one, cover price two ninety nine. Uh, now Warren Ellis is is amazing. He's very very British. Uh, shout out to Dan West. Uh, no disrespect to anybody out there in the uh, beautiful British Isles, but uh, it, as an American, it's 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 sometimes not as the most accessible type stuff. Yes, but you don't have to be a Tory to completely understand what what he's going for here. Um, the the art will carry you through. Declan Shalvey is the artist, and Jordi Belair is the colorist. Mm. Uh, the the this book is beautiful. Now it is <clears throat> it is very dark, and it follows. Uh, I, it's kind of hard to tell what it's about yet. Um, it it's very sort of innocuous. What what we're dealing with that doesn't at this sound point. like a good gr- <laughs> uh, you know like first issue. I mean, well, here, the, what's the hook? Here's what I'm saying: is that the the uh, the things that they're setting up um, from a narrative standpoint would not be able to hold up and be as able to pull you in without the intense artwork. There's a scene where the main character walks through a locked door and is immediately transported into some sort of other realm that we don't know where they're at. And uh, uh, I think there's some some, some Cthulhu type things going on. Oh, that's cool. Because um, some sort of alternate realms. We also have another character who's on this team that they used to work together, but it has been dissolved and they're all trying to get them back together. They keep talking about this injection, so I assume that's more of Warren Ellis's obsession with like nanotech and, and that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, because she gets called in to talk to a guy who is. Um, uh, surrounded by computers with this injection symbol, but he's torn off his face and his skin, and he is somehow USB'd into the computer in front of him. Oh, nice. Like, and, and he, he says, uh, hello, Bridge. Hello, Bridget. Like, 
I don't know what's going on there. And she turns around and says, have you tried turning it on and off again? Like, it's it's very surreal. Yeah, and, that's and, very weird. And, wow, so she's not startled by this? No, not startled at all. And they all have, like, these weird... Because in- what I'm, I'm looking at a... Fu- okay, all right. I'm looking at a fucking page, if our listeners can't see this, where she walks into a room, and there's a guy sitting in a chair. It looks like he's pissed himself. There's, like, a bunch of... That there's is that piss? What's yeah, probably. Yeah, pissed himself and his chest is ripped open. His <coughs> face is gone. There's blood all over. But the he's floor. talking. But he's talking, and he's like wired into this. He's got like a USB connected to like his. Okay, but the symbol on the screens, all of them, uh-huh. all of the main characters have that as some as like a tattoo on their body. Okay, so the the it's it's very it, the art is what is pulling pulling you in at this point because they. Not the story. <laughs> yeah, well, the story is just very sort of like, what in the fuck am I reading? Yeah, it looks like da- it looks like David Lynch wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I like it. Um, yeah. Next up, we have from my man, issue number one from Dark Horse Comics, Harrow County, by Mister Colin Bun. He's uh, worked Col- Colin Bun. Colin Bun. God damn, he's busy, and he's. I didn't know he did work with Dark Horse. There he is now. Holy shit. And uh, Tyler Crook, who I'm not familiar with his work, but he has a very interesting style that is sort of down-homey but really creepy at the same time too. There's this old tree that a woman was hung and burned on that now the the hole in it has been filled with cement and she sees it in her dream as like this demon like portal mouth sort of vaginal looking thing. Uh, that this monstrous tree that's just this old dead tree. Uh, Those it, colors really pop in that. Yeah, the the coloring is definitely gorgeous. So um, I would recommend checking out both these issue number ones. As far as following up on other good pop that I'm reading right now, Secret Wars issue two, amazing. It's called God Emperor Doom. And because my, uh, my friends here have not uh, read the Secret Wars yet, I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, the the... The, the Ribic art is still just breathtaking. Uh, some of the moments in this book, I would, I would not. Can I see some of that Ribic art? Yeah. Art. Just be careful what you see because like yeah. th- there's a moment in this book where like they, they built, the Illuminati built this raft that they, they decided that they knew the world was ending and they needed like an arc to protect themselves, which this arc was apparently destroyed in issue one. Uh, like you saw the members of the Fantastic Four get killed. You saw everybody die. But you saw Doom's imprinted face as it all happened. And now we have issue two, God Emperor Doom, where Battle World now exists. Doom is the unquestioned god of this Battle World. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, there's a moment where they find the raft. They find the craft. And uh, Doom immediately seals it off. With, <laughs> it, it, Doom has a personal army of Thors. Every Thor from Marvel continuity is his own personal police force. It's amazing. Does he have Thor Frog? Yeah. Look, look, bottom left hand corner. Nice. Pet Avengers, man. Every iteration. Like when Storm got the powers, Thunderstrike's in there, Lady Thor's in there. They're all like the, the Thor core. It's great. Oh my and God. They, 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 he tells them to seal off this raft because it's heresy. And, uh, Doctor Strange is his right hand, like his his advisor and vizier, and the protector of the faith. Yeah. And he seals off this raft. And Old Man Thor, the 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 boss Thor, uh, is the one who uh, is trying to get them all the the moloids that are studying it 
trying to get them away from it when the craft opens and he goes he he's like no you have to get away this is death as he is speared through by the members of the raft that this last we saw this was black panther and all them like who's inside this thing it's yeah, great it's that, great who better to draw old the old Thor than fucking Eastside exactly. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. You did a great job. So, yeah. I love his uh, and, and Marvel, if you're listening, uh, I spend so much money on comic books. Uh, there are so many times that I yeah, really – Marvel's listening. I, I, ask, I ask myself – Marvel's listening right now, Dave. So, yeah, you have the floor for Marvel because they're listening. <laughs> I, Joe Casada, Joe Casada's right now like – he's on the edge of his seat. What is domesticated? Every Dave time I've complained about your big issues being four ninety nine, I'm not complaining. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. Yeah, this man said he would have paid $10 for this comic book before mm-hmm. we started recording. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's damn good. You're the problem, Dave. That's, uh, you're the reason comics are five bucks and I'm stuff like that. proud to be the problem. Problem if I get to read Secret Wars. <laughs> Don't spoil this one for me, Dave. I'm not. Thank uh, you. Also, Birthright, new issue came out. People, if you are not reading Birthright, you are missing out. It's on um, the Skybound imprint, which is um, Kirkman's yeah. uh, imprint. He's he's just killing it with Birthright. Our um, listeners have heard about Birthright before. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Bad Pop, Convergence. <laughs> um, yeah, issue six came out, and they're kind of. They're veering away from all of the fun fanboy stuff, and they're trying to push it all into the new 52, and it's just as clunky and as annoying as you would imagine it to be. Can I look at this? The one bright spot this week was Convergent Suicide Squad with the wall, the old wall, the big Billy Badass wall, just kicking ass, going in and taking on the Kingdom Come Green Lantern, like the the like omnipotent spaceship like right uh with the help of lex luthor from the kingdom come universe who smashes his yellow spaceship into the into the middle of the of the space station from kingdom come hmm. yeah the suicide squad convergence issue was great every That's single awesome. minute of it uh, but other than that sorry dc you, you, That's you just, sad. From last week to this week, you've kind of well, they, they, soured they, on it. Well, they 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 noticed the new Fifty Two Justice League on the cover of the new issue of Convergence. Mm. You know, like they're just they're just shoot like literally a new planet is coming out of space next to Earth. Which think about the the just the physics ramifications of that. Number one, look how thin this comic is, and yeah. then look how many names are on this cover. Jesus. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So sorry, you know, I'm not gonna be, not super excited for divergence and what comes after. But convergence, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, well, divergence comes after. Well, it's everything we've seen of previews is is all labeled divergence. Oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, we get Superman with no super costume and losing his powers, and Jim Gordon is Batman. And I'm like, yeah, good job, guys. <laughs> All right, that's what I got for Good Pop, Bad Pop. Awesome. Does anybody else have anything else for Good Pop, Bad Pop? No, I kept it light this week. All right, we can move on to news. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, guys, uh, you think I'm mean. Let's talk about the ass hat of the week. Australian official Barnaby Jones who told Johnny Depp to have his two tiny terrier dogs who were smuggled into the country illegally by a private flight removed or they would be euthanized. Jesus. All right. So Johnny Depp is in Australia right now filming Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Here's the quote from 
Ass hat of the week, Australian official Barnaby Jones. If we start letting movie stars, even if they've been sexiest man alive twice, to come into our nation, then why don't we just break the laws for everybody? It's time that Pistol and Boo, those are the names of the dogs, buggered off back to the United States. After that, I don't expect to be invited to the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I wanted to play a little bit of audio uh, from, where is that? You have the ass hat on audio? I have a little bit of the audio from CNN that I would like to play here. Uh, this is, do I have it? thought I did. Let me pause real quick and I'm going to get that audio. It's not every day someone in authority tells Johnny Depp's dogs to bugger off. It's time that Pistol and Boo bugger off back to the United States. Oh, bugger. Australian authorities were bugged because Depp and his wife apparently snuck in their two Yorkshire Terriers aboard a private plane. Without taking the steps designed to keep diseases like rabies out, they got nabbed after someone saw a handler taking pistol and bow to the groomers. The Sydney Morning Herald joked that Edward Scissorhands should have groomed the pooches himself. Get the dogs out of the country by Saturday, said Australia's agriculture minister. Or we're going to have to euthanize them. Hysteria ensued. The dogs were on death row. Dead Yorkies walking. The plank. Everyone's favorite hashtag, War on Terrier, was born. Attracting jokes like, which actually looks rabid, the terriers or the agriculture minister? Australian anchors whipped up save pistol and bow signs. Did no one come to save me just because they missed me? <laughs> Choppers actually managed to catch glimpses of the condemned Yorkies as they hovered over the house Depp is staying in while shooting the latest Pirates of the Caribbean. The Guardian newspaper's website put up a countdown clock. It all reminded one commenter of the wicked witch threatening Dorothy and Toto. You, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> well, Johnny Depp sure is pretty. But when the agriculture minister told the BBC that his department is informed Depp is organizing for the dogs to be sent back to the U.S., well, it looks like this is a fight. Even Captain Jack Sparrow couldn't win. I may have deserved that. Genie Mo, CNN, New York. All right, yeah, so there, uh, there's the audio there from CNN. Um, I like the hashtag, hashtag war on terrier. Yeah, yeah, the war on terrier. Um, yeah, so this is like the, this is my big ass hat of the week. Uh, and also I just wanted to throw this out there. Joyce told Australian national broadcaster on ABC Friday that it looked like Johnny Depp was ready to comply with the order. He quoted, he was quoted as saying, I'm informed that Pistol and Boo are preparing to fly on a private jet back to the United States, United States, which is the best news that I've got. Obviously, there's an investigation into how they came out to Australia. Mr. Depp decided he can step around our nation's laws. Um, I, I think this guy's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't care if they were flown in there illegally and they <laughs> didn't go through the po proper uh, – you know, I mean, like getting tested or whatever with pa papers and stuff like that. This is if there's better things to do, I guess, with Australia's tax dollars than this shit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Absolutely, a bunch of bullshit. He's just trying to get some attention for himself. I think pick on poor Johnny Depp's dogs. So yeah, it's ridiculous. What's the worst that can happen? Well, I mean, it's and then the tiniest little dogs, they're little Yorkshire Terriers. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. it's like, and I'm sure Johnny Depp has like one of the best vets 
in wherever he's living now, Paris or if he's in L.A. or whatever. I'm sure the dogs have all their shots. They're up to date. <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about them hurting another dog or something like that. And 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 then people flying their choppers over this just to get a like a one to two second image of these dogs on the balcony is that that's that's insane too but i just think this barnaby jones is just fucking asshole or joyce barnaby joyce barnaby joyce dave what you think uh i actually lived in perth for a few months when mm-hmm. i was a younger man mm-hmm. and uh great people the australians but uh the powers that be were really weirdly xenophobic I mean, we were just there on missions work, and they were like treating us like we were trying to steal jobs. Um, so I don't know if like that mentality has somehow translated and gone into the extreme that like we can't even get the dogs here. I don't. I don't know. That- well, it's the threat. I have the problem. Like, I don't. Have, I guess. I guess it's okay for him to say, "Well, just get the dogs out of here." But it's the threat of having them euthanized, having them put down yeah, that's... that sickens me. Well, his political party has to be some sort of like hard line, we are the, we are the law, Judge Dredd bullshit that he's just trying to fire his base up with. Because there's no logical reason why you would make a threat against such a, like a, a harmless thing. Right, exactly. It just sickens me. And so I wanted to – I don't know if people had seen. It's not typically something well, we. Talk no, about. I had not but, seen this. Yeah, but you know, in politics, even here in our own country, you something goofy will happen, and someone makes it a point to forward their own agenda. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just political gamesmanship. There's, there, if you knew the rest of the story, there, it probably would make a little more sense, even though it would still appear. It will stupid never bullshit. make sense threatening to put down a dog. Right, but me, I'm, right. I'm not. I'm not saying it should. I'm saying that it. You know how our politicians say goofy, crazy things sometimes. That's probably just another politician saying goofy, crazy things that they have no intention on following through with. Yeah, I, I agree with what he's saying. Yeah, is it out of line? Yeah, 100%. I, I love my animals. <laughs> fuck you, dude. Yeah, you know I, if you're a listener, you know I don't normally tell listeners to fuck off, but if you're a listener, fuck you, man. Oh wow, there we go. So, you know, the thing – I mean I, and I, this has nothing – yeah, this had nothing to do with like Australian people. Just this asshole happens to be Australian and he's an official there and I just thought he was the asshat of the week. So. Yeah, he, he, he earned more than a week. Asshat <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of the month. Yeah, I didn't think you would be able to motivate me to tell somebody to fuck off on, mm-hmm. on the air. But yeah, so this guy is listening to our podcast. Yeah. Fuck you and die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing, I'm one of those weird people that the the only petitions that I sign on Change.org are the animal ones, where I see that they're being harmed and things like that. Sure. So, I love my kitties too, man. All right, uh, moving right along, uh, we are going to talk about more news. I've got one of my favorite comic book writers out there right now is Mr. Matt Fraction. He's the writer mm-hmm. of Sex Criminals, Hawkeye, Casanova, Satellite Sam, and Odyssey. Uh, he will be a guest Thursday, May 21st, on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. Nice. Recently in the Deconic Infraction newsletter, he wrote, quote, like a guest, guest, like on the show. I have really cool treats cooked up for the show. So, yeah, tune in. DVR that shit. That's awesome. Seth Meyers, big comic book guy. Yeah, so Matt Fraction's going to be on there, and I wonder what news he's going to bring. Is he going to talk about the new Sex Criminals TV show, possibly? Mm. I mean, that's been kicked around, tossed around. I mean, I don't know what he's going to talk about, but I cannot wait. I've already got it set to DVR. Again, that's May 21st. It's on a Thursday. 
So I think it comes on right after it's on NBC. Would yeah, that be, it's the old Conan spot, so it's like at eleven thirty Central. Be Jimmy Fallon, and then is it Jimmy? Yes, Fallon? Jimmy Tonight Jimmy Show. Fallon Jimmy Fallon at ten thirty. Seth Meyers at eleven thirty. Okay. This Thursday, you say. May 21st. I'll set that up for I want to see that too. Yeah, I hope we get to talk about it on next week's show because it's really good. Well, he's got two other people lined up, so it looks like he'll be the third person on, and usually that third person doesn't get the most time, I'm sure. Yeah, but sometimes they even get booted. Yeah, so hopefully he'll Who's be Who's the on first two guests? Who? All I cared about was Fraction. Yeah. So. Uh, this last week, Archie Comics, they announced a Kickstarter where they wanted $350,000. To launch, have you guys heard about this? No, no. Have you heard about this, Dave? Well, shit. Okay, here we go. Archie Comics did a Kickstarter. Yes, let's talk about this. Last week, Archie Comics, they announced a Kickstarter where they wanted $350,000 to launch three new Archie Comics series. Archie Comics have been reinventing themselves lately here with the new Mark Wade and Fiona Staples comic that's coming out and that it's a new ongoing series and it's a new, <coughs> new Archie one, number one. We've also seen you know the afterlife with Archie series becoming very popular. So now, Archie Comics is asking for $350,000 to launch three new series. Those titles are Jughead, written by sex criminals artist and Howard the Duck uh, <laughs> writer and Cap- Captara writer Chip Zdarsky, uh, Betty and Veronica, written and illustrated by superstar artist Adam Hughes, and Life with Kevin, a series starring the company's first openly gay character, Kevin Keller, written and drawn by his creator, Archie veteran Dan Parent, and inked by Jay Bone. Then people were freaking out about the fact that a comic book publisher that is already established and is asking for money to launch books in Archie Comics is wanting $350,000 to launch these three new comic Good. books. Good. Archie Comics is claiming that it's doing this because of cash flow problems with their Walmart Target deal. Uh, the question I was going to ask, I was going to ask a question to you guys. Now, this has been updated um, just yesterday. Since I had originally you know, taken notes on this, CBR reports that Archie Comics has canceled their Kickstarter effective immediately. <laughs> uh, it was third, They had raised $35,000 on a $350,000 goal, roughly 10% of its goal, with about 600 backers, with 25 days left to go. There was criticism from fans and other industry publishers because they are a big company already and they have deals in place with like Walmart and things like that. But they should not be able to do this on Kickstarter. Yeah. So my big question to you guys is, should comic book publishers that are big like Image or Marvel, DC, Archie Comics, should they be able to do this crowdfunding or should they find other avenues to get their comic books out there? So I'm going to start with Jake. I'd like to know how, how you feel about this. That's a very interesting question. Um, you know what? I almost wouldn't have a problem with like Image doing it. I feel like that's the line. At this point, with comic sales, Image is practically an independent company You know, with all its little parent companies and everything. So I, I couldn't see anything against like – someone doing a Kickstarter to have enough money to be able to do an image comic. But it does seem a little off with the big ones, like the Marvel and the DC. And I mean, I always thought Archie was like the number one selling comic book out there is what I always read every time I read about comic sales, that Archie is fucking killing it. So, yeah, this seems really weird. And the fact that they pulled it kind of makes it seem like they, they realized it was a little bit of a shady business move too Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't but i think that's where i draw the line like i i wouldn't be i wouldn't feel the same way if i saw some guy pitching so he could get however much money he needs to do an image you know side project now maybe you can uh let me throw out another fact here since they've pulled it 
Does that like my, I was thinking like are, are the comics still going to come out? Yeah, I, I was wondering that too. They are. Uh, the comics are still coming out, Jake. That makes it seem even they're, shadier. They're, they're pushing them back, but these comics are still coming out. And you know, like th- there were like you know you could back this thing, and there were uh, you know I don't know if they were wanting to have stretch goals later or anything like that, but like some of like the some of the um, incentives. incentives we're up to, I mean, clear up to like $9,999. What were they, were they going to draw you? Was Adam Hughes going to draw you in the fucking comic? You can be in the comic and all that stuff. You can be a character in the comic and, and uh, you know, what was the other one? You could have your story written as an Archie comic. See, they, they should have just done this without the pretense that they needed the money to make it happen. Like just, hey, we're trying to raise some more money. These are the things that you can buy if you give us money. We didn't think that – honestly, I mean th- that's the way they started it. But yeah. now that we've learned since they've canceled it and these books are still coming out, mm-hmm. now we don't – now we know that they don't need the money. Exactly. They were just trying to see if they could do – It's I guess it's just the first case of a, a big publisher doing crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Like I've always thought of crowdfunding as like – People that can't get their stuff out there with like you know the big two or even like if you're looking at image you know it's like it's a wave or or like uh, for some reason like you know you were talking about Bedlam last week like uh, Nick Spencer he, he wanted to to make this story and like the big two like if Nick Spencer did a uh, like a like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo I would have no problem no. putting my money down on something like that you know I. Uh, Gail Simone and Jim Calafiore, they did uh, uh, what a Megalopolis. Do you remember that that book that came out? And I back that. And, yeah. and, 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 and everybody knows who Gail Simone is. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Jim Calafiore's art. You know, you've seen him do work for DC. But I have no problem with those guys doing one if yeah. they're bringing us a story that you know one of the other publishers <laughs> won't give us. I, I feel like I, I wouldn't have a problem with any individual writer or artist like doing one. It's, mm-hmm. it's the fact that it's a it's a company entire itself yes. doing it. You know, yes. if okay. Adam Hughes himself did a Kickstarter to mm-hmm. raise money to be able to do the comic, that would feel a little less slimy. What if McDonald's started a Kickstarter <laughs> about a new breakfast sandwich that they wanted to launch, and if we get so much money? We will, we will, we will launch this new breakfast sandwich, and then you will be one of the first people to eat this breakfast sandwich. You're going to get a special coupon that you can take to any McDonald's. Yeah, I, they should just do that and not do it under the pretense of a Kickstarter. I think it just takes away from what Kickstarter is supposed to be in the first place. You know, Dave, what are you thinking about this? Uh, man? I think Kickstarter needs to establish some standards and practices because yes. uh, this goes completely against the whole concept. And uh, I think this is uh, one of the reasons that I think the work you do, Brian, with Pop Culture Leftovers, talking Uh about the events that happen around our favorite things, uh, is important work. Because I had no idea that Archie Comics had a deal with Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Because if you know anyone who works at Walmart, you know they hate their job. And, and I already told you guys, I'm bedwetting liberal, Chicago Democrat. Like, but Walmart, do a little digging. Like, oh yeah. Like, it, it, I'm not trying to get super political here, people, but like, basically, with the knowledge that Archie Comics has a big revenue source of uh, coming from Walmart. As a businessman, my restaurant does no business with Walmart. I do not, I do not 
uh, buy anything from Walmart. I do not support any way that they treat their people and what they do with trade practices regarding things in general in America. I think they're degrading our economy and degrading the entire consumer base. And I will be selling off all of my afterlife with Archie's. I will be discontinuing my pull list for Mark Wade and Gail, Gail Simone, or Fiona, uh, Fiona Staples, Staples' new book. And I will uh, no longer be buying any Archie comics so long as they have a deal with Walmart. Wow, that's a strong stance. Yeah, that is a very strong stance. Target, too. Maybe you can buy your Archie at Target and not be so so slimy. Nope. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, right. I, so I could get my credit card number stolen. I don't think so. <laughs> good point. Good point. I mean, there there was a lot of pushback uh, about this, and uh, I mean, Archie Comics. They even had um, they they answered like a lot of uh, the people that were pushing back and saying they shouldn't be doing this. They answered a lot of questions for them, um, and people still were not happy with their, the response, and so like this got canceled. And and, I, and I'm glad that they did cancel it. It's just the fact that they did it in general, you know, as a big comic book publisher, that I, ha- I have a big problem with it. Yeah, it's pretty wackadoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, all right, uh, moving on. I think we all think that that sucks, so. Yeah, toss it. Yeah. All right. Final toss it. <laughs> Dave, final toss it. He'll never buy Archie again. He's I'm gonna, still going to get him. If he has a crown at home, he's going to throw it away. Right. <laughs> even, if, even if it's not an Archie Jughead crown, it's just, Yeah. It, it, I just can't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> still going to fucking get Afterlife with, Ar- Afterlife with Archie. Oh, I know you that. are. What would it take for you not to buy a Fiona Staples book? Oh, shit. Well, Fiona no. Staples kicks puppies. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If, if there was video of Fiona Staples, like, punching kittens in the face, then I would, like, be like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. But, yeah, I mean, if I could, you could show me a video of Fiona Staples, like, shopping in Walmart, and I don't give a shit. I'll fucking still read it. Uh, we're going to rate some trailers. If you haven't seen these trailers, I'm going to name them off. I'm going to give you a chance to watch them. And then come back and listen to us. Uh, we're going to be talking about Lucifer, the new TV show. Some of these are movies. Some of them aren't. Lucifer on Fox. Uh, Minority Report also on Fox. Uh, Supergirl on CBS. Legends of Tomorrow on the CW. Uh, movies. Uh, Crimson Peak. And Gem and the Holograms. And then the – I saw the Red Band Vacation trailer. You guys might have seen the Green Band or the Red Band. I'm not sure. Yeah, I saw both now. But we're going to be talking about that. So those are the movies and the TV shows we're going to be talking about. If you haven't seen them, check them out on YouTube or whatever and then come back and listen. All right. The first one we're going to talk about, of course, is Lucifer mm. on Fox uh, right. Let's start. Let's Dave. We'll start with you. And if you talk about politics and Lucifer again, <laughs> I fucking I'm not going to ask you back next week. <laughs> Seriously, I feel like I'm listening to Bill O'Reilly or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Well, despite the fact that uh, it seems to star a guy who was in one of those great USA shows, I am a huge fan of the comic book, the original source material, I own every issue of it, and I think this uh, treatment of it looks great. Tupperware. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna taste it. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the comic book, the original source material, but the the little teaser trailer. It was like a good three minute clip. Yeah, it, it got me intrigued. Yeah, I, I'm also gonna taste it too. I'm not familiar with the comic book either, but uh, it was fun. It looked fun. Mm-hmm. It's a different take on Lucifer. Um, I thought uh, the uh, that angel showing up in the trailer was fucking awesome. I was like, that's cool. 
That's cool. Is and, that and is that the a, guy that was Buffy's a, principal, the uh, angel? Or he was the president's brother in twenty four? Yeah, I think he was he was the president's brother. You guys you guys were at Sandman, right? Neil Gaiman? Yeah. 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 It's the same character. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember how he quits hell? Okay, I didn't okay. know that. Is it loosely know. based off or just no, based off? No, of? directly based. I it did is not. it is it is the because he has a couple issues in the Sandman series, but that the solo series mm-hmm. followed him as a the expatriate leader of hell. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna taste it. So definitely check out the trailer. And this might be one. I don't know. I, this might be one of those shows that surprises us. Yeah, it might be. It, it looked interesting. It looked a little bit more than just a weekly crime of the week type of thing. Yeah. All right, next one is going to be Minority Report, which is also going to be on Fox. Uh, it's a series. Um, I'm going to – okay, Minority Report. My report is in on this show, and I think it's going to be canceled. I'm going to toss it. It's yeah. going to be canceled. I am calling it right now. Fucking I'm Babe Ruth. I'm calling my shot. It's going to be canceled. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you it's going to be canceled. The budget on this thing looks like it's huge, mm-hmm. and it, it, and the thing is, this when the fuck is Fox gonna learn? <laughs> you did it with Terra Nova, you did it with Almost Human, mm-hmm. and you're gonna do it again with Minority Report. That's what's happening here. Yeah. These huge budget shows. I don't know what Fox. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing here. The show, I toss it to. And the show itself just doesn't look good. It looked like every trope of every show like this imaginable. Right. Oh, I see blips of future things that are going to happen, and I'm going to tell someone so they can we can try to stop these things before they happen. Mm-hmm. So, I would imagine uh, the producers of Evening Edition on CBS are really pissed right now. Yeah. Like, that's like a crappy version of our show. Come on. <laughs> toss like, it. Yeah, it's like a crappy version of 100 shows. <laughs> it, lo- it, looked, it looked terrible. And I, I know I'm probably in the minority here. Pun intended, but I'm in the minority <laughs> because, like, I uh, I didn't like Minority Report the movie. It was I love science fiction, but yes. it was like so. It was like science fiction just fucking like came all over your face. It was like <laughs> <laughs> seriously, like the big cock of science fiction, like pow, right in my face. It was so sci-fi. I love Minority Report. On it record. was so sci-fi. I couldn't handle it. Um, but uh, this just. Doesn't this yeah. looks even worse than the movie? The fact that it's a sequel and it's one psychic not connected with the others anymore, mm-hmm. and so his powers aren't as good. It's like, oh, let's weaken the character so we can make it a weekly crime a week thing. Yeah, it, it looked it looked terrible. And it's going to get canceled. People don't even watch. I'll watch the trailer. That that's it, and that's probably all I'll discuss. This this show will have to literally blow me away for me to keep watching it. I will watch the trailer, but I can guarantee you, don't get too invested in this one. It's going to get canceled. No, yeah, unless it's just a huge. <laughs> Hit, yeah. So. Moving on, the big one. Uh, we are going to talk about Supergirl. The the trailer is an extended trailer. That was like a six minute fucking trailer, right? Yeah, six seven minutes. Yeah, this is going to be on CBS. It's Berlanti. It's you know the same uh, same producers from you know Arrow and, mm-hmm. and the Flash. Um, and uh, before before we talk about this. Um, no, let's talk about it. And then I got something I want to discuss. Let's talk about it. I am. Uh, I'm gonna have Dave. I want you to go to. I want you to go first on Supergirl. Well, other than its weird similarities to the sketch that was on SNL like three weeks ago with Scarlett Johansson as if Black Widow got her own movie, mm-hmm. like there were some really direct parallels. Uh, the scene where she's talking about, um, well, she's looking all like uh, talking about dating and all that. It was 
it was really weirdly similar. Check it out. But other than that, um, I, I, I like Callista Flackhart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I think the, the exploring who she is as Supergirl thing appeals to me way more than the I want to be a normal girl. And it seems like they're moving away from that by the trailer. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say taste it. Yeah, I'm with it too. I'm going to taste it. Actually, I actually the the trailer was better than I thought it was going to be. I I did not expect as much as I got from the Supergirl. I thought it looked kind of quirky and kind of funny and kind of fun. And I thought the special effects looked really good for TV for a lot of the parts, like when she stopped the truck and everything, uh, the stopping the plane. I I was really blown away by the special effects. I wonder if they can keep up that level of special effects throughout the series. A lot of these shows give you the big wow in the first couple episodes, and then they have to do a bunch of they bot- spent their entire yeah. budget. They have yeah. to do a bunch of bottle episodes afterwards so they can build up enough budget to do at least another wow in the finale. Or they or they keep showing you the same scene over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something <laughs> like that. Supergirl, like, another plane is crashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't fly over Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen that same shot of the helicarrier like ten times. <laughs> so weird. Um, no, I, I'm going to Tupperware it, man. Nice. I, other than the silly fucking uh, teeny bopper bullshit music in the background. <laughs> yes. But I can understand why they're doing it. They're trying to grab a different demographic, a different target ar- audience here. But I think that's very smart marketing. Yeah, that, it's that, young. It's cool. It's I, young. It's hip. It's cool. I like the bold casting of Jimmy Olsen. I really like that character on, on, on uh, True Blood. Maycott Brooks. Yeah. I, I really liked him too. And I've never seen a Jimmy Olsen who's, you know, like – buff and yeah. young and good looking yeah. so he's probably going to be the male love interest which is also a bold choice which is good we need yeah. more of that so yeah. I, that's definitely it's a strong taste i think dave's developing a quick man crush on the new jimmy olsen right yeah is it, i have good taste <laughs> <laughs> i things I, are moving quick <laughs> i want to go off what you said jake i yeah. think the special effects in this are phenomenal um her flying looked great yeah. uh, even okay i thought to myself okay it looks really cool she's picking up a plane at night that looks really good it's at night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then later on they showed her during the day and she's flying and it looks really really impressive for a tv budget yeah i, I like that they were talking about the aerodynamics of how she's having trouble flying without uh, the game. i was like that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. this looks like a fun show it looks like she's kind of got a little bit of christopher reeve in her with the way she does her um uh, when when she's not supergirl yeah um i i the suit still looks great and looks great uh in action um and it just looks like a very fun show. I think this is going to be a fun show for everyone to watch. And so I'm really looking forward to this. I was really impressed by Melissa Benoit. Is that her name? Benoist. Benoist. I, yes. I was really impressed. I mean, she was really charming in, mm-hmm. in this six-minute clip, almost like a, like had that quirky Zoe factor to her a little bit. She had a very limited role in Whiplash, the film. But okay. she was still very good opposite of Miles Teller. And so uh, it, it's going to be awesome to see her take on, you know, uh, an entire TV series, so uh, I'm I'm giving this a Tupperware, and I'm hoping that this succeeds. I, I think it looks like a lot of fun. Good, still I, t- taste it for me. But of all the things we've yeah. talked about so far, it's the one I'm looking yeah. forward to the most. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we discussed last week uh, was uh, what day uh, and time slot would CBS decide on for this show. Mm-hmm. Last week, Dave thought it would be a good idea to have it air after Big Bang Theory, and I think we all kind of agreed on that. Yeah. Uh, well, this week we find out that on Mondays, just like last year, that the Big Bang Theory will start their season in the Monday night slot uh, at 8 Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time, while the network is airing Thursday night football. 
Now, once that ends, Big Bang Theory will move back to Thursday nights, and Supergirl will slide into that Monday night slot, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, which also happens to be the same time on Mondays that Fox airs Gotham. CBS's chief scheduler Kelly Call said, I think it's wrong to think that if there's another genre show in that time slot that we can't succeed. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? It's DC versus DC. It's DC versus DC. It's Warner Brothers versus Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, Isn't that, that's it? not. They shouldn't. They should find. They should find an alternative. They better hope that Robin Lord Taylor has a lot less screen time in season two. That's that's what they better be hoping. Yeah, for. they should find it all. It's one thing to put put your show on the same time slot as Agents of Shield if you're Supergirl, but it's another to to be biting the hand that feeds. Well, let's you. talk about that for a second. Um, you know. Flash and Agents of Shield are on the same night, but they're not on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, somebody's somebody's gonna somebody big's gonna see this and make a call. Like it'll get changed. Come on. Well, I, I think it's actually it's kind of smart that for that first week, people that may not realize that Big Bang Theory's moving from Mondays to Thursdays will tune in that Monday, and there they are watching Supergirl. Yeah. I, I want to watch the Supergirl show, but I I, I get my Penguin uh, at the same time every week. Well, know? I'm not in a – it's not a huge problem for me. I have a DVR. I can watch both of them. But for those people that don't, yeah, you know, it's I mean the they're going to have to make a choice. Well, it was a big deal when I stopped watching an hour of Monday Night Raw to watch Gotham. Like this – I don't have a DVR. This was a big deal for me. And I want to watch Supergirl, but – I like me some Penguin way better, so hopefully they move it around. You don't know that. You haven't watched Supergirl yet. I don't know, man. I, lo- <laughs> I love Gotham. I, I think he's saying it. he won't watch it if it has yeah. to sacrifice Gotham yeah. for it. I'll have to wait for On Demand. What if uh, it airs? What if what if Supergirl airs and uh, Gotham's a repeat? <laughs> no, they don't, <laughs> they don't watch Supergirl. I mean, it looks like a good show, but yeah. I don't. I don't see the point of... You know what? What do they got to prove? Take it on their own intellectual property. Yes, I don't get. Yeah, it. I know it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, I it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the ratings battle. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm interested by it, but I still think it's a. I don't think it's a good move. I, I yeah. Uh, as we will learn in Batman versus. But Superman. should you sacrifice a? Should you sacrifice a good time slot? Just. To, you know what I mean? Just to help Gotham? Should you? That's a good time slot. Yeah, that is a prime time slot. I mean, holy shit! Um, that uh, seven o'clock central on Monday night. That was how I met your mother. I guess it time de- slot. I guess it this depends. A, that's that's a great time slot. I mean, do you want it on a different night? Do you want it to go? Tuesdays and compete with Flash or do you want it to go – no, I mean or Wednesdays and compete with Arrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think like this way, it's like, well, you know what? We're not we're not competing against those other Berlanti shows. We're going up against you know Gotham. Yeah. I can, I can see what you're saying there. It's just uh, – you know, Do you want it on Friday? I mean – No. Know. It just yeah. depends on how much of that Venn diagram crosses over between both those two shows, like yeah. how many people really would want to watch both. If the ratings do suffer at all because it's on at the same time. Yeah. You know. I think as Superman's going to learn next year, when you take on Batman, you lose. Yeah, you predict even if they stick with this, they'll move it. 
yep. after a few weeks. Yeah, I could see that too. Hmm. All right, we will find out. Next, we are going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Um, first, I wanted to read the – we never did do this uh, – the official synopsis for Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, when heroes are not enough, the world needs legends. Having seen the future, one he will desperately try to prevent from happening – Time-traveling rogue Rip Hunter is tasked with assembling a disparate group of both heroes and villains to confront an unstoppable threat, one in which not only is the planet at stake, but all of time itself. Can this ragtag team defeat an immortal threat unlike anything they have ever known? DC's Legends of Tomorrow stars Victor Garber, The Flash, and alias Brandon Routh, Arthur Darvel from Doctor Who, Katie Lutz from Arrow, <laughs> Sierra Renee as Pippin, uh... uh Franz Drama, Edge of Tomorrow, Dominic Purcell uh, from the from Flash and Prison Break, and then of course Wentworth Miller also from the Flash and Prison Break. It's coming in 2016. Uh, let's talk about the trailer for DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Jake, somebody who doesn't give a shit about Flash or Arrow, yeah. what did you think about this one? I thought it looked it looked unique. It looked fun. I'll taste it. I mean, I feel like with these CW shows, I watch the pilot and then I'm always out right afterwards. That's exactly what you do. But but I'll give it a look. I'll give it a try. I thought <laughs> I thought it was funny that um the uh, shrinking that is it the Adam is it the character? Mm-hmm. I thought it looked just about as good as what we've seen in Ant Man trailers, and I thought that was funny to see from a CW show. So right. perhaps to them for that. Yeah, <laughs> Dave. Talk to me. Hey, what, Captain Cold on the, on a team, and they even tease that Commander Cold, the the good guy version of him, might come later. Like you bring back, you know, one of one of the best characters from Arrow, at least one of my favorites. I'm all kinds of Tupperware in this. I th- I'm Tupperwareing it too. The action looked phenomenal. I mean, the budget for this, at least for like what we've seen in this trailer, just looked like. They are sparing no expenses. Do it's, we have any idea who's playing Vandal Savage? Yeah. No, none. I don't uh, think so. I don't know. It's. I don't. I think can't wait to find out who's playing Vandal I don't think, Savage. Yeah, I don't. I'd have to check, but it hasn't been released like in in the synopsis or like in this cast. Uh, I did find it weird that we're only getting one half of Firestorm. Hmm. You know, we're only getting. Uh, what is it? Is it Victor Garber? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 been different iterations of Firestorm. I'm sure they'll they'll figure out well, how they're going to work. What I'm saying is we're not getting Robbie Amell is not a part of the official cast. Mm-hmm. So I'm just it's just weird that we just get the old scientist dude and we're not getting Robbie Amell as part of the official cast. Well, I'm is sure he I'm, just going to bounce between all three shows or going to say I, it sounds like bouncing between the shows cuz the shots we saw of him definitely looked like Steven or uh, Robbie Amell. Oh, he was in the trailer? Yeah, they showed him flying through, um, shooting people with fireballs. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Showed, they showed Firestorm, full-up Firestorm. In You'll it. have to forgive me. I saw this trailer probably like Tuesday or Wednesday yeah, no of problem. last week. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah, highest of Tupperwares. Hawkgirl? That's great. Yeah, my, yeah. One of my favorite companions of all time playing Rip motherfucking Hunter? I'm in. Well, and it's perfect that you know he's playing the time traveler and with his work on Doctor Who. Yep. I mean, and it, didn't it feel a little inspired by Tennant? Not, uh, yeah. Completely. It felt tenant, uh, even I, though he worked with Matt and Smith. I, I want some Booster Gold so bad. Like, we're so close to Booster. So <laughs> close. Do you think that they will do it? He's talking about his group, the Time Masters. Like, that's his dad, you know? Yeah, but I'm just asking, do you think that they'll do it in this show, or will, or are they going to like do another spinoff show, or I don't know? He'll show up. He'll show He's up. He's got to. Okay. All right. Crimson Peak. 
This is the legendary pictures, Crimson Peak. It's a co-production with Universal Pictures. Uh, it is, quote, a haunting gothic horror story directed by the master of dark fairy tales, Guillermo del Toro, uh, who you all know, of course, from, you know, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Hellboy, uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, I'm a fan of pretty much all of these. Uh, I'd say the first Hellboy was like my least favorite of his movies. Uh, but I absolutely love Pan's Labyrinth. It was one of those movies, like I went to the movie theater just, just to go to the theater. You, mm-hmm. you ever have those nights where mm-hmm. you're like, you don't know what you're going to watch. You're just going to the theater to go to the theater. And I saw Pan's Labyrinth and I'm like, ah, I'll give that a shot. Left the theater like, holy shit, love that movie. That was so good. That's oh the my best God. when that happens yes. like that. Like I had no idea what it was about anything when I went in. I just saw Pan's Labyrinth. I was like, what is this? I don't know. And I loved it. Left and I loved it. Um, and then uh, it's written by Del Toro and Matthew Robbins, and it stars Mia Wasikowska, uh, Jessica Chastain, Tom Hiddleston, and Charlie Hunnam. Looks like Char- – is Charlie Hunnam the new Guillermo Del Toro, like uh, Johnny <laughs> Depp, uh, Tim Burton shit? Is that going on now? I think, that a, start? I think a little bit. Yeah, I must like him. Is, is this a vampire movie? It looks like a vampire movie. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't outright said that. Let me read the kind of like the, the mini synopsis here. In the aftermath of a family tragedy, an aspiring author is torn between love for her childhood friend and the temptation of a mysterious outsider. Trying to escape the ghosts of her past, she is swept away to a house that breathes, bleeds, and remembers. Thomas Toll, John Jashney, Del Toro, and Callum Green produce, and Jillian Share executive produces. Crimson Peak is going to hit theaters on October 16th, 2015. What did you guys think of the uh, trailer for Crimson Peak, the film? Yeah, yeah, it's not a vampire movie. It's like a haunted house movie. That's what I was trying to think. I think vampires, you're going a little too much into, like, the strain again. I mean, I don't know how many, how many vampire properties he's supposed to be doing. Strain's like, that's vampires, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but what if, you, what if you went back to the whole, like, remember the stories of the, the Countess that – Bathed in the blood of virgins and all that, mm. you know, like sort of a rethinking of bringing eternal life through ingesting the souls and blood of others. So you're calling it now vampires are the problem with this That's house. what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, Tom Hiddleston just did a vampire movie, yeah. though. It's like, well, you know, only lovers left alive or whatever, or whatever it was called. Yeah, I'm going to give the new trailer a high taste it. This movie looks really exciting to me. I'm excited to see um, a horror movie that's like just a little a thriller, like a real thriller horror movie, and not not relying on a bunch of like puppeteering and like the kind of stuff he does in a lot of his movies. I'm excited to see what he can do with just a you know a mental thriller type haunted house movie. I'm excited to see this, Dave. I'd have to agree on high tasted because I still don't exactly know what it's about. I'm gonna give it a high taste it too, uh, but the intrigue I'm Tupperwareing it because mm-hmm. I want to know more. But the, the trailer itself is a high taste it. This has the potential to be a Tupperware just because like it, it's Guillermo del Toro. It's another original property to my knowledge. I don't think this is based on anything else. I think you're correct, and I think he does original properties so well most of the time. Um, I mean, I, I, lo- I you know, I, Pan's Labyrinth was great. Pacific Rim as an original property was awesome. Uh, I love the second Hellboy. Yes. The first one was okay. The first one's the taste that the second one's the Tupperware. Tupperware, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It looks creepy. The special effects look good. There's there's some good practical effects. And fuck, it's got uh, Tom Hiddleston in it. Where can, uh, You can't go wrong with Tom Hiddleston. Nope. No, no. So, yeah, oh, yeah, that movie, that he, the vampire movie was Only Lovers Left Alive. Did you see that? Nope. Oh, watch it. Okay. Very fucking cool. Will do. Yeah, hipster fucking vampires and shit. Mm. <laughs> what a sell, right? What a hard yeah. sell. Now, now I know how I missed it. <laughs> no, check it out, dude. Okay. It's cool. 
All right. Uh, we got two more. Gem in the Holograms movie. Yeah. Aubrey Peoples, Stephanie Scott, Haley Kiyoko, Aurora Pernu, Juliette Lewis, Ryan Guzman, Molly Ringwald. It opens October 23rd. Hey, good. Toss it. Toss it. Uh, well, taste it because I what? don't toss musicals. Oh, that's, Come on. That's it's a fucking cop-out. It's not even the story of Jim. They just took the franchise name and just plastered it on the You know what's crowd. hot right now? Pitch Perfect and Glee. Yeah, the trailer pissed me off so much. It's just, it's just a principle. I, I don't toss musicals. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, fuck that. Um, <laughs> man. Jesus, Can I Dave. mute his mic? Yeah, mute his mic. I can't believe they played the fuck fucking it. One Direction song during this trailer. That drove me fucking crazy. It's like... The whole this movie is about a powerful female band. Why are you playing yeah. the hottest male band right. in the trailer? Yeah. If you're not gonna play gym music, at least at least get a girl singing in the fucking gym in the holograms trailer instead of the most played out song of the fucking year. Yeah. Oh it's, my god. You know, just uh I don't know. Save your money and just watch uh, the entire Hannah Montana series. Yeah, I said the same thing to Dave when he was watching it. <laughs> really? I said this is the exact same plot of Hannah Montana. Holy, I didn't hear that, guys. Well, I'm it was sorry. when he was watching the trailer earlier. Oh, that's okay. why I, was, I don't even think you were down here. I wasn't. Yeah, I was, no, I got the same thing from it, and that's amazing. <laughs> oh, Christ, yeah. And Dave's mic is still muted. <laughs> you fucking bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Toss this shit. We're turning come your on, mic on I'm, so you can toss it. Come this. on. Come on. Peer pressure. You know, um, I was really excited to be on the show today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> and I want you to know that I, I, I will definitely give this the lowest of tastes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So after you see the movie, can you still not toss it no matter how terrible oh, it is? Oh, I, I will definitely give it. The lowest possible taste of you. Oh, you this, is bitch. this is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. What a bitch. <laughs> no, I, I tossed Pitch Perfect, so don't sweat it. I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> you do toss Pitch Perfect? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually getting ready to watch that for the first time yeah, in the next it, couple of days. Get, get ready. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you. Anna Kendrick is a genius. I like her. Uh-huh. And I made it through just out of love for her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, even calling it a musical is a bit of a stretch. Dude, I love Adam Devine, fucking workaholics. Well, and a Harmar superstar shows up in the original. So, uh, that, that, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just, I can't believe that we're not getting a He-Man reboot and we're getting fucking Gem and the Holograms. Mm-hmm. So, so toss it. Yeah, it's tossed. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, like pulling teeth with this guy. Fuck. I gotta make you work for it, you know? God. God, it's the story of our life trying to get this guy to fucking toss this thing. <laughs> All right. Oh, you to- want me to toss something? Here comes something. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I'm just thinking tossing salads. <laughs> red band trailer. I saw the red band trailer for vacation. You guys saw a green band trailer. I saw the red band, too. I bought, you just showed yeah. it to me. Yeah, that's right. Um, Dave, did you see red band or green band or both? I sure did, and I tossed them both. <laughs> I, I taste these. I thought the green band and the red band were looked fun. I didn't care about this movie until seeing the trailer. Yeah, so, I, so I'm going to taste it. I thought I thought the red band trailer. I I, I laughed out loud. Yeah. I thought it was very funny. Uh, the 
the rim job joke. <laughs> I found it funny. I'm sorry. And uh, Chris Hemsworth coming in there with the uh, giant donkey dick. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I even laughed at like the silly meta joke at where, where he says it, oh, it won't be as good. It won't be like the original, but it'll, yeah. it'll stand on its own merits sure. or whatever. That, that made me even chuckle a bit. Yeah. The glory hole joke had me laughing. Yeah. I was like, this is right up Frank's alley and I'm laughing at it. So <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely made me laugh. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a taste it. The movie's probably going to suck. Why'd you toss we, it, Dave? Did they, did they get supplies from Walmart or something? No, I just, uh, I, it was one of those things where I was, I was really excited to hear they were making a new version of this. I was like, oh, that's, that was a beloved franchise and, uh, it just seems like it's all going to be dick and fart jokes. Yeah. So, uh, like the, the Nazi, the original that I didn't enjoy, like, the girl getting hit by the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the joke about oh, no, it's never as good as the original. I just I thought it was too snarky and self aware, and I just thought I'm good. I think that's the way we're going after the success of the Jump Street movies. Is, yeah, is yeah, is that kind of comedy? It seems like yeah, I have no interest in seeing it. Mm. And I, I think Chris Hemsworth is way better of an actor than the dude walking around with the donkey dick in the room. <laughs> now that's what makes it funny, though. <laughs> you think Chris Hemsworth is a better actor than what we saw? In I really movie? enjoy his work. You like the Black Hat? I do. Oh, it was awful, Dave. <laughs> that movie was awful. Well, the, the movie itself, but I liked his performance. Ah, uh, that movie was absolutely just horrid. <laughs> it was bad. I just I'm a Thor, that was the I'm worst a, Michael Mann movie. I'm I've a seen. Thor loyalist, and I'm definitely a Michael Mann loyalist. Mm. That was, I mean, honestly, like his movies over the past, like, and he hasn't made good movies in like a, over a decade, Dave. That's that true. was awful. It's true. It was. He's definitely uh, losing his touch. It's no heat. Yeah. yeah, the heat. That's like the best. The last really good one. Absolutely. Last of the Mohicans was amazing. Yeah, but my I, God, I didn't really care much for Ali. Oh yeah, so I, li- I liked, I liked it. Ali. I liked it, but it's, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's not in the same stratosphere as fucking like you know Heat and uh, yeah, Last of the yeah. Mohicans. But. I just like the way he shoots stuff. I can, I can get that. Uh, I can't understand any love for Black Hat. Um, but anyway, sorry, that's, that's okay. My opinion. Uh, DC news. Moving on to DC news. Got a DC email first from Jordy. Jordy, you sent us an email last week, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. Jordy LaForge is what we said. Not Jordy LaForge. Hey, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank or whoever is this week's Frank. I guess that's Dave. <laughs> this Dave. week's Frank. Yep. Can we get a boat? Uh, oh, uh, I didn't really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I regret saying that. <laughs> Hope you guys are well. I just read that Doomsday could be appearing in Batman v Superman. While this could be a rumor, the amount of story and characters this movie is cramming in seems to have train wreck written all over it. I want to like this movie as a lifelong Batman fan, but I'm just not yet. What do you guys think? Thanks, Jordy. We've uh, we've reported on that rumor in a previous episode, I do believe, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not wrong. Yeah, um yeah. The ever the ever questioning are they cramming too much in Batman v Superman? I don't know. I I think people are getting a little bit worried about that. I yeah. think I think all that cramming is going to come in the last like fifteen twenty minutes of the movie. I think that if the trailer showed us anything, it showed us that the focus is going to be the Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I, I before the trailer, I was worried. I was like, wow, they're cramming way too much shit on this with mm-hmm. all the casting announcements and everything like that. 
after the trailer, I, I really don't have any worries. Especially after seeing like the poster and the cast listing. Like we see yeah. a lot of those people aren't even listed in, in that. So how they're big just, of a part can they play? I think they're just going to plant the seeds that Lex Luthor is going to possibly create Doomsday from what's left over of Zod's body or something. Yeah. That's it. That's well, it. I, I don't think that we're going to get this huge Doomsday appearance. I think that Man of Steel 2 – when they come out with that, whatever that's subtitled, you know, Man of Steel, Doomsday, Doomsday. <laughs> that'll be the Doomsday story. Here, I think what's going to happen is, you know, you're going to have your big battle with Batman and Superman, and with them battling, it's going to pull the other heroes uh, out of hiding and into the into this, you know, DC universe. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to see, you know, Aquaman and Wonder Woman and. But I don't think that they're going to – I don't think this is going to be the clusterfuck of characters that Avengers Age of Ultron was. I would agree with that. I don't so. think this movie's problem is going to be – but before that trailer, I would have said, oh, my God. Yeah. And we were saying, oh, my uh-huh. God. But yeah. if that trailer solidified anything, it's that it seems like this movie has at least focus. It's pretty streamlined, I think, as mm-hmm. far as like its focus. Yeah, Dave. Well, and he was just saying that Doomsday would appear in the film. That could be the perfect end credit sequence where you know there's like this – Big barricaded steel, whatever, and you just hear do, 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 and then a, a fist with rock knuckles comes punching through at the end. I, you think, know? I think Zack Snyder's anti end credit yeah, sequence, though. But, but you, you see what I'm saying? It could be just something where we're just seeing the beginning of the problem. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. Other than your placement of it, I think. Yeah, it, yeah I just think it's a. I think. It, I think it's just an Easter egg, mm-hmm. don't you? I mean, yeah. you know, something. You'll see it in the background in Lex Corp. Doomsday Project. Doomsday Project. Exactly. Warning, stay out, caution. Like uh, when you were watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 and you saw the the computer and it said like the Venom Project or whatever. What's going to come of that, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dane DeHane trying to get a new job somewhere else on a different movie. Absolutely nothing. Yes! Andrew Garfield (laughs) in the unemployment line. That's what's going to happen. Um... But yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not worried about it, man. Jordy, I'm not worried about it at all, man. Not one bit. We ain't sweating it. Nope. So, all right. So it's official. NBC's Constantine has been canceled. Uh, there's a new hashtag that fans of the show have been using. Hashtag Save Constantine. One of the people that have been using it is Stephen Amell, who plays Oliver Queen on Arrow. He recently tweeted hashtag Save Constantine. Hey TV networks. Netflix and the like. If you pick up the show, I'll guest star. Producer at Warner Brothers TV is now shopping Constantine to other outlets. Sci-fi was rumored to have been interested at one time, but they were wanting to rebrand the show and call it Hellblazer, John Constantine, or something along those lines. Amel, ta- Amel talked about the proposed Arrow Constantine crossover at Wizard World Philadelphia Comic Con. Said he said there is an opportunity for interconnectivity with any DC television show that exists. Like as an example, yesterday Constantine was canceled, and there is yeah I know it's brutal. It's a good show, and it should come back, and it may come back. Like there are various platforms where it could come back. Now Constantine was an NBC show. I'm on the CW. I had had discussions with DC, so not NBC, not CW, but with DC Entertainment about guest starring on Constantine when it was still on the air, and that was and is still on the table. The reason that I was going to guest star on Constantine, at least the idea that we were throwing around, was he's an expert when it comes to the Lazarus Pit, which is now something that is part of and will continue to be a part of Arrow. All right, so Dave, I know – 
did how many episodes did you get in on Constantine? Did you watch the full series order? No, I, I watched the first one and the episodes that were Papa Midnight centric. Yeah, okay, hmm. me as well. Uh, and then I dropped off. Mm-hmm. Um, not using the hashtag Save Constantine every day over there. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, so basically, um, what are your thoughts? Do you think that this is a show that should be picked up by another outlet? Do you think like Hulu – I mean Hulu recently came in and saved the Mindy Project. Do you think Hulu should you know jump in and get in on this? Do you think Netflix should like – OK, well, yeah, we'll save it. Or even like Amazon uh, or Yahoo, their streaming service. Mm. Anybody, do you think – or uh, sci-fi, do you think somebody should save Constantine? No. I think the uh, TV's Constantine was not – well, he was a hero mm-hmm. and Constantine is not a hero. Right. Like under any definition of the word. OK. So let's say this. Let's say uh, they're going to go with sci-fi. They're going to use the same actor who I enjoyed. I liked him. I liked him. Uh, they're going to use him. Whether you liked him or not, I'm not sure, but I, I enjoyed him. Yeah, he was serviceable. He yeah. had shit material to work exactly. with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good point. Sci-fi, let's say that they say they get a hold of him, the actor, and they're going to rebrand it, and they're going to call it Hellblazer John Constantine. Uh, and they give you more of what you're looking for. It's rebranded just with the same actor. Is that something that that you'd want to see sci-fi do? Yeah, or? I'm, okay. I'd be all for that. Sci-fi has, you know, they're a mixed bag. Nobody nobody could say that, oh, they're highly consistent work, but they do have the capacity to make some really good programs. And if right. it was branded, you know, Hellblazer, you're going to right out of the barrel know something's different. So yeah. I'd, I'd give it a shot again. Okay. And sci-fi is owned by NBC. Mm-hmm. NBC Universal owns sci-fi. Mm-hmm. That might happen. I don't know. Um, or do you think it's just better off being gone and then we should all just look forward to Guillermo del Toro's Justice League Dark? Yeah, probably. I think I think at this point you need to wipe the board clean. and do. If you're going to do Hellblazer on TV, I think you should just wipe the board clean and do a new Hellblazer. Well, probably give it a four or five year break and then try to try, try, try again. Well, I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is Gilma de Toro's already turned in his script, his yeah. treatment for J- Justice League Dark. Should we see John, John Constantine show up in a, in a movie before? No, because if you read the comic, if, and just speaking of the source material, uh-huh. I haven't seen any script treatments or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying that like in the book, John regularly sacrifices his own teammates for his own agendas and you know that's that's not something a hero does and he was unequivocally portrayed as a hero in every episode I saw right but you okay but so you don't want to see a Guillermo, Guillermo de Toro Justice League dark with like swamp yes, I, things. Yes, I would. Okay. I do not want to see the character further diluted okay. by Misfires on television. Okay, because mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think, I think we're all in agreement. We're all saying the same thing. I think, I think. so. Yep. Yes. I want to see, yeah, I want to see the television show. Unfortunately, for the fans that liked it, I want to see it go away. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I would rather see, much rather see John Constantine in the DCU um, done want, properly. Done properly. I, I want to see Swamp Thing. I want to see Zatanna. Let's let's do it. I. I and I think it kind of fits in that we're seeing Suicide Squad. I think that this kind of fits into that universe. I think it'd be a cool corner of that DCU universe. I think so too. You know, with Shazam is also in this universe too. You know what I mean? I, I see. That's the thing that I love. Really, kind of like what DC 
movies are doing. It's like it feels like they can – they can. I, I think that they're going to have every different type of uh, spectrum, every, every, you know, every different movie under the spectrum where yeah. you've got – I think Shazam's going to be a lighthearted, fun movie, you know? Yeah, for the I most see, part. I see what you're saying. They're going to be more real, genre specific. Yeah, you can go real dark. Yeah. Too, with like if you did a Justice League Dark or a Suicide Squad. So. You think Suicide Squad will be rated R? No. No. I think. What do you think? I hope it is. Yeah. But yeah, like just seeing that like Killer Croc is definitely not scary like you would see in an R rated film. So it doesn't seem to lend itself to R rating, uh, an R rating. I think they're going to do more of a cartoony Harley Quinn and, you know, cartoony will-they-won't-they Deadshot Harley Quinn stuff. Uh, You know, I think Joker will be scary. Mm, I think he'll be scary as shit. That's a good point. Hard to imagine Will Smith being an R-rated comic book vehicle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Stephen Amell crossing over into uh, Constantine. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. (laughs) Previous point, as before, pass. I just want to know why Stephen Amell is not saying, why not have just Constantine show up on my show? (laughs) Stephen Amell says he'll be on every show. Didn't he say he'd be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if he could at already (laughs) at some point? I swear that's a real thing. That really happened. I don't remember that. (laughs) I don't remember that. He's all all about it. He's just a generally cool dude. Yeah, "Yeah, let's do it. Whatever. I'll be Casey Jones (laughs) on Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Can I do that? We've been talking a lot about, you know, like a lot about these superhero shows. You know, we've been talking about Constantine, New Supergirl. You know, we talk about Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Even, you know, there's there's a couple of these shows that we've kind of forgotten. Uh, Krypton was one of them. Oh, yeah. I, I don't have any new news about uh, Krypton. But one of the other shows that we kind of talked about and it's been kind of forgotten is uh, TNT's Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I guess it's just called Titans. Ooh, hip. Um, here's what they posted, though. This is new news. Recently installed uh, – yeah, this comes from TV Line. Uh, recently installed pres- TNT president Kevin Riley knows he has something special in a live-action adaptation of the Teen Titans superhero property. And as such, patience is a virtue. Uh, Teen Titans pilot nearing order at TNT. Announced back in September, not much has been officially confirmed about the pilot, which follows a group of young superheroes led by Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Batman's sidekick Robin, who is fated to become Nightwing. Oscar winner Akiva Goldsman from A Beautiful Mind penned the pilot with Mark Hames. And Nerdist.com has reported that the titular team will also include Barbara Gordon, Hawk Hank, Hall and Dove Don Granger, Raven Rachel Roth, and the alien Princess Starfire. Asked for a status report on the project, Riley told TV Line at TNT's Upfront's luncheon, Akifa's been very busy doing some other things. But it's his hope that maybe this summer they will lock casting and ramp up production. After all, the small screen hardly has been lacking for comic books, fa- uh, comic books-based fare. So there is a concerted effort for TNT to take its time and make this series unique. I sat down with Akiva and said, and he's ultimately agreed, that the TV landscape right now is well-serviced on the superhero front. So what space is this going to inhabit? Riley related, and really what he wants to do is be very true to the source material. Um, Riley noted that Teen Titans was a groundbreaking property when it first started, mm-hmm. 
So there is an opportunity here to set the TNT pilot to either be titled Titans or Blackbirds, based on which rumor you subscribe to, apart from the ever-growing superhero pack. There were consequences to things that happened. It wasn't somebody died and they moved on. There was the first superhero to be an addict in Roy Harper's Speedy. Hmm. It's a coming-of-age story for Robin, who feels like Batman has betrayed him. Once the project ultimately comes to fruition, Riley says, I think it's going to end up being a very, very interesting offering. I think it's going to be an excellent, I think it's going to be excellent. So, um, not a lot. I mean, we did get some, some of the cast kind of yeah. confirmed there. Sounds like the cartoon cast, basically, yeah. minus, minus Beast Boy. So, it seems like everybody's got their show. CBS has got Supergirl, CW is doing it, Fox is doing it. And now we got TNT jumping in there. Yeah. Um, what are you, isn't sci-fi doing Krypton? Is that sci-fi? Yeah, I think it was sci-fi. Yeah, so everybody's jumping ABC, in. ABC, of course. Dave, we haven't talked to you about a Titan show. What are you thinking? That we're going to see Nightwing first in a TV show and not in the DC movies? Yeah, I, I think it's a real bad choice to throw Hawk and Dove in there because those, those two are like the kiss of death <laughs> to any team book. They're just they're compl- like they are by definition totally one dimensional characters. Yes, yes. And uh, you know when you've got the wealth of other titans like Terra and Donna Troy, like you you're gonna you're gonna waste space and source material on Hawk and Dove. <laughs> that that that's a toss it for me. That sucks. Yeah. Sorry you you. I was I was like, oh, ah, Nightwing, cool, interesting. And then you said Hawk and Dove. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I am intrigued, though, that they got this uh, Oscar winner, Akiva Goldsman from A Beautiful Mind, that's done the pilot. Absolutely, but like, how do you how do you extend like every look at every series that that any Hawk and Dove run? Yeah, shit, it never gets above twenty five. One dude's always war, and one dude's always peace. That's it. That's there. It is. Yeah. That's, sure, that is what they do. Even Rob Leefield couldn't save it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm intrigued. I want to see it. I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see whoever they get as Nightwing. I don't know. I, I, I still want to see this show. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm always pro Dick Grayson, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a shot, but I'm yeah. just, for its long-term success and prospects, right. I think including Hawk and Dove in there is a really bad choice. I think, I think honestly, after seeing what, what, um, Netflix has done with Daredevil, I think, I'm not saying, a, a, Actually, I am saying it. I'd like to see a Nightwing Daredevil series. Sure, why not? A not- Nightwing Netflix yeah, I, series. You, you know I know what you meant. Yeah, a Nightwing Netflix series. Even if it's not on Netflix, it could be on like another pay service or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe it's PlayStation Network or PlayStation like Network that. or something. But yeah, I mean, that's what I would like to see. Remember, call up the Grayson guy, you know? Remember <laughs> yeah. him? So, yeah. The, the filmmaker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys ready to move on to Marvel News? Let's do it. Marvel News, yes. Marvel News. All right, Marvel news this week. Uh, th- did I skip over any news? Did you have any DC news? I feel like a dick. No, no, you're good. All right. I just feel like I'm skipping over shit. We're fine. We're yeah, fine. man. You got to go to Chicago tonight. It's cool. We're yeah. doing. We're doing. We got a few streamlined episodes in the future. That's what's up. 
First off, Dave, uh, let's see here. We talked, uh, was it last week? You talk, Yeah, I want to say you were totally right about uh, Vision in uh, Age of Ultron as far as uh, him being overly red. <laughs> like, I didn't notice it until I was in, I was in the, I was watching a commercial uh, for Avengers Age of Ultron uh, while I was in the hotel last week. And um, Vision's face is the exact same shade of red as a baboon's ass. <laughs> Did you notice oh, that? Dude, so many people online are like, Vision was my favorite part. I'm like, how? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. Vision was – Vision – I'm just make. I'm just talking about the color shade of, yeah. the, of red on his face. His, his it, color scheme yeah. looked horrible. It looked like somebody had spanked the baboon's ass, <laughs> and the blood had actually been pulled up to the surface. He is so fucking beat red. Yeah. There, 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 you ever taken? You ever taken? Like when you were a kid, did you ever take a rubber band and wrap it around your finger? Yeah, and keep wrapping it around, and like your finger got real red. That was Vision's face. Well, there's so many different color iterations of Vision to choose from. Why you got to make a new one that's like, hey, this looks like Spider-Man. This looks like Deadpool with a cape. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe the color was a little bit too red in your hotel room or something too. Maybe you had some issues. I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. It was really red. All right, we're going to read – I'm going to read some uh, Marvel emails here. I think I only got a couple. Uh, the first one uh, comes from Jesse Candelori. Hello, leftovers, dot, 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 and Frank, greeting from the Candelorians. The Candelorians. <laughs> Before I start on my rant of the week, I need to make a confession. I've been holding back telling my friends about this podcast because I wanted to keep you guys all to myself. I, I thought it was actually because she's fucking ashamed. Yeah, I that's what I thought you were getting ready to say. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want people to know what immature crap I listen to, right? <laughs> I listen to the bluest podcast right. available. Right, I listen to shit. I yeah. listen to absolute shit. So that's what I thought. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, because I wanted to keep you guys all to myself. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. No, she's not taking it there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking creeps. Ooh. <laughs> I feel so special. I would have said that about anybody. Okay. <laughs> it even took me a week before telling my boyfriend to listen to. Ugh, I feel terrible because I fucking love this podcast and I want it to be popular. But at the same time, I didn't want to share it with anyone. But I'm done being selfish, so I'll be letting more people know about it. And just so you're aware, my boyfriend, Ron, and I discussed this podcast at length after we've both listened to it. I got him hooked just by making him listen to the theme song. If we both like something we're watching, the first thing we do is sing that Tupperware party bit. <laughs> nice. So anyway, the real reason I'm emailing is to address some of the backlash Joss Whedon has been getting from Age of Ultron. I'll say that I did Tupperware the movie – after the first viewing, not sure if I'd retro taste it, but that was my initial reaction. I didn't mind the jokes from Ultron. I think he wasn't as scary because I already knew more than half the Avengers were slated for future movies. I also think that I, had I not seen so many of the trailers and TV spots, I would have had more surprises. There were plot holes, I'll admit, and issues with pacing, but I did not want to overly I did not want an overly dark film for this one because Civil War is coming. So I thought that would serve more as the Empire movie than this. Also, Brian, you can't give Spider-Man 3 a pass and toss Ultron. At least this one was fun. Uh, I think we both give Spider-Man 3 is so much fucking fun. What are you talking about, Candelorian? <laughs> <laughs> In any case, I really wanted to talk a bit about Black Widow 
and how there were all those negative comments from ignorant douchebags calling Joss Whedon a sexist asshole or whatever because he supposedly was saying Black Widow is a monster for not being able to have babies. As a woman, I feel responsible to stand up for him because, first of all, I don't think Black Widow was calling herself a monster at all. I think she was merely trying to relate to Banner because he thought she would want a family, which he can't give her. Even if she was saying she is a monster like him, why is she not allowed to feel this way? Why is that anti-feminist to have feeling? Why is it? Why is that anti-feminist to have feelings like any other person would have? I know from personal experience, having been with my boyfriend seven years, and no <coughs> and no plans to make, to get married or have kids. I get tons of questions like, "When are you getting married?" or "And having kids?" or "Oh, you." better have kids now you're running out of time Mm. comments like that make me angry because it seems like they're viewing me as less of a person for making unusual decisions or that the way i live my life is less valuable because i haven't had kids now if that's the tone i get from certain people and i still have my ovaries what the fuck do you think a person who has had that choice taken from them is going to feel It would be anti-feminist to treat Black Widow as anything less than a real person. And, of course, anytime you're relaying a story where someone removes a piece of you without your consent, it's going to be fucking upsetting. As for her relationship with Banner, I didn't find it hard to leap. I didn't find it a hard leap. For sure, the Avengers need a safe way to deactivate the Hulk. We know that he has been – that he was practicing meditation from the Norton movie. Mm Mm-hmm. To try and control the Hulk, it seems natural to have a code word and use muscle memory uh, to help trigger it, that wrist-touch thing Widow does. And I don't know. Widow was so afraid of Hulk in the first movie, why wouldn't, why wouldn't she step up to the plate and conquer her fears? Then with spending so much time with him, she could conceivably grow to love him, especially if he's not going for her. That's a surefire way to grab a girl's attention. I personally didn't see her as into Cap during Winter Soldier at all. I saw her pushing him onto other ladies, but I don't know. I really didn't see it hinder her character. Again, a female character can be in love and be strong. I'm sick of it being one or the other. The only part I didn't like with the widow was the kidnap scene, but that was because it didn't make much sense. Wow, this email was a lot longer than I intended. Well, you can decide if you want to read this or not. By the way, thank you for posting the pics of my dog Lily on the Facebook page. Hmm. I've decided she's going to be an adat since Star Wars is out that December. She can be Rocket when Guardians 2 comes out. Anyway, stay awesome and thanks for keeping me sane at work. As always, Jess and I guess Ron too. P.S. How about the Candalorians head up the Northeast <coughs> Coast Division of the Army? Oh, done. Done and done. Done and done. Done and done. Promotion, especially now that you're spreading the word of pop culture leftovers. We really appreciate that. Yeah, but should she be embarrassed? I mean, really. I'm ashamed of this show. It depends. You just have to know who you're sharing it with. Yeah. You have to be selective with your sharing. Yeah. Selective that was a sharing. really personal and well-thought-out email. Thank you. That yeah. was good. It was great. I'm excited to see the, the dog in the uh, AT-AT costume. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's good stuff. No, really – that, thank you for that email. That was that was brilliant. What do you guys think about her comments? Do you think she's got a good uh, grasp on uh, on, on that? I do. I do. I, I find it interesting what she says about it's not really that Black Widow's saying she's a monster because she can't have kids. It's it's more that she's saying that she can relate to Bruce Banner having things that ostracize her to normal people and everything. Right. So yeah, I think she makes some great points. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. I don't know. Like. 
I, 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 and I, I've had uh, one of our listeners, D.A. Cheney, she kind of talked to me about the romance and stuff like that. And the way she put it was better than the actual movie portrayed it. I should pull up those those tweets because she, she really put it in a, in, a, in a different light for me mm-hmm. where I could understand it. But, you know, just the fact that, like, um, he he left them and left her – I mean, when, when she pushed him into that canyon to bring out the Hulk, the yeah. same thing, you know, she's like, we need the big guy, and she pushed him down the canyon, and I don't know. Just, yeah. I don't know. I just think the way it was on the screen just didn't work for me. I could see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Felt a little forced for you. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the, yeah, that's the only Marvel email. Holy shit. It's a good one. That was long enough to be two. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it must have been two because it was so long. But no, it was great. I mean, uh, yeah, Cameron, chill the fuck out. Yeah, I'm not bitching at her because of her long email, <laughs> but I bitch about yours. <laughs> chill the fuck out, Cameron Wilson. <laughs> Cameron knows I, I like him, so he, he can take it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the actual Marvel news. Uh I want to talk about – have you heard about the Age of Ultron translations in Chinese? No, I have not. Let's hear about them. Let's, let's definitely hear about Have you heard about, about these, them. Dave? No. All right. Okay. They're really not good. <laughs> There's a lot of them that are fucked up. They have fixed them. But when Age of Ultron first came out in theaters, uh, I, the Chinese viewers were having a hard time kind of understanding certain parts of the movie because okay. the translation was absolutely awful. Uh, at one point, Captain America says in the film, I'm home, which was translated – as I'm good. Uh, at another point, there was a line about having to wait too long becomes I am very old in Chinese. Uh, the problem with the translation in Age of Ultron is that it's too literal. So it's like the Drax translations. <laughs> so Cap uh, says he's too old? At least that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, Captain America gives some advice by saying you get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, <laughs> Walk it off. In Chinese, that is translated to run fast if someone tries to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Sound Uh, advice. (laughs) Very good advice. There's another scene. Iron Man, he tries to rally the troops to fight to the death with the line, we may not make it out of this. And uh, in Chinese, it's translated... Let's back off now. <laughs> <laughs> they make them both. They make them both into giant wussies. Like Cap is like, if there's danger, run away. And right. Iron Man's like, let's back off now. Like, geez, the Avengers are giant wussies. Uh, let's see here. There's, there's a lot more. Um, let's see here. There's uh, there's a phrase, "son of a bitch," and that becomes my old familiar partner. <laughs> So, yeah, there's, there were a ton more, but these are just a few. I wanted to give you a sampling. Uh, but uh, these have since been fixed. <laughs> or is like, run away. <laughs> uh, what would Anthony Mackie translate? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Mackie is universal. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, the Hulk's like, smashing, is, there's always a better option than smashing. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, Hulk smash translates to, it's clobbering time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, moving on. Michael Fassbender was in an interview with Variety when he was asked this. What are you shooting next? He says, X-Men. Will you do more after this one? 
I will shoot a hundred of them. The contract is in three film deals, and this is the last of that. But I'll be curious to see what happens next. All right. So, wow. Wow. He says he's down for the long haul. That's good news. J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence, she's done. She's done. But it sounds like – do you think – okay, guys. Do you think if they can get – if they can get Fastbender, do you think that they can get McAvoy back? Sure. I think they can. I think that'll be a big, big part of getting McAvoy back. Okay. Especially as gung-ho as Fastbender sounds about it. Let's say this. Let's say this. The big question is who should Fox pursue more if it came down, if they could only get one, if they could only get one? Because, I mean, and honestly, I think they can get both of them. I do because you're losing Jackman. I I think that Fox is going to have plenty of money to bring these guys on for big contracts, Um, even though they are getting Channing Tatum. We don't know how Gambit's going to be. But if you had to choose between Fastbender and McAvoy, uh, so you're you're choosing between Magneto and Professor X, who do do you go for? That's a real fucking Sophie choice. I'm going to say Fastbender. Fastbender. I'm saying Fastbender. I'm saying you need your Magneto. I hate losing McAvoy, but Fastbender is the, the pick. Yeah. So do you think uh, Professor X, if McAvoy does not come back, do you think they should uh, Professor X should die? Yeah. That, they, we've seen him die they, yeah. like yeah. five times. Yeah, we've seen him die <laughs> plenty of times. Put him into the psychic consciousness somehow and, you know, you can do it that way or whatever so you don't need actually McAvoy. Yeah. I am I, – I, Fox needs to pull the trigger. After these statements, Fox needs – if Fox is not coming up to him with a contract right now after they read that in Variety, yeah. they are out of their fucking minds. I agree. I agree. That is the perfect time for them to come at him with a new contract. <laughs> Guy says he'll do 100 fucking movies as Magneto. Yeah. So get, get him on. I mean you're losing Jackman. It, it, it'd be smart for Fox to lock this guy up for. I'd say. I'd say. I'd go for. I'd go for the. I'd shoot for the stars. I'd say a six contract deal. Mm. Have you seen McAvoy and Fassbender together? Like when they're interviewed, they have all kinds of great rapport between the two. Oh of them. yeah, their chemistry. Yeah, maybe that's why he wants to do these movies so, so he can continue to work with McAvoy. Yeah. So, um, do you think that this has anything to do with Brian Singer keeping him on with the X Men? I think it has more to do with the chemistry between McAvoy and Singer Fassbender. said this is his last X-Men movie. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Well, Michael Bay has said it's going to be my last Transformers movie sure. for the past, like, three, four years, <laughs> too. So and Brian Singer at one point said X2 was his last X-Men movie. Right. What's up, Dave? That just clicked all the whole time I was watching Mad Max. I was like, where have I seen the lead wife before? She was in the third Transformers movie. So oh. That just clicked. Oh. Yeah. She was the yeah she the new a, Megan. Fox. She was a model. Yep, she was a model turned actress. Okay, yeah. sorry, just clicked. All right, uh, let's see here. Um, okay, yeah, this is cool. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Fault in Our Stars director, you saw Fault in Our Stars. Yep, loved it. Tupperware as well. Great soundtrack. Uh, director uh, Fault in Our Stars director Josh Boone has been hired by Fox to co-write and direct the new X Men film. Wow, that should sound familiar to X Men comic fans called New Mutants. <sighs> mm-hmm. In the comics, uh, it is what it sounds like. Uh, new younger mutants that are in Xavier's school for the gifted. So it will have Boone co-writing with Nate Gwaltney. And Boone will also direct while Simon Kinsberg and Lauren Schuler Donner are signed on to produce, of course. 
The project has no set date as of yet, but it's believed to be a couple years out as Boone is currently busy on other projects. Now, Deadline, they describe the film as starring a new crop of, of mutant characters born with special powers. The original New Mutants team uh, that was introduced by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud in 1982's Marvel graphic novel number four, it consisted of Cannonball, Mirage, Karma, uh, Sunspot, and Wolfsbane. Um, I, I'm just going to start off and say I Tupperware, number one, I Tupperware the choice of this property. Uh, I also Tupperware the choice of director and Josh Boone. I saw the Tupper, I saw Fault in Our Stars. I absolutely loved it. I think he's going to be a great director for whatever teenagers that they decide to cast in the film. Um, I'm really liking what I'm hearing from this uh, and Fox right now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a high taste it just because I'm not I haven't seen Fault in the Stars yet, but just based on them using this property alone, it mm-hmm. gives me a high taste that I'm excited to see some new mutant stuff on the big screen. Yeah, that's one of my most beloved team books of all time. So that's super awesome Tupperware. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. I, I'm not a huge fan. I like the individual solo books, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm a big fan of this too. And uh, I'll be honest with you. The best team action I've ever seen in a comic book movie were, were those scenes in the future that was set in the days of future past. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the way those X-Men worked, you know, Blink and Iceman and Warpath and Bishop, how they all worked together in those scenes was just phenomenal. And I mean, if, if they can like build off of that, and 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 have youngsters kind of like working with each other, and I mean, yeah, it's going to be a growing process, but I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a fun movie. Yeah, that, I'm excited for that. Uh, Thanks, that's that's the best news I've heard in weeks, Brian. Thanks. What do you that's think amazing. the turnaround for that is? Maybe 2018. Sounds about right. What I'm worried about is that they're not going to get. Yeah, the turnaround. I, I couldn't tell you. It, it's it, Josh Boone's busy now. Um, what? It'll, Just a guess. 2018, 2019, it'll start filming. Okay. Um, what I'm worried about is that we're not going to see the cast that was in the original series. I'm worried that they're going to be using the younger kids that we've seen coming into these films. Like, we're going to get – because they've got – they've mm. cast Cyclops and they've cast Jean Grey and Storm uh, and Jubilee – I'm worried that that's what they're going to incorporate into this. What do you guys think? And do you think well, I might be right? Valid concern. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that concern. I agree with that. All right. According to The Wrap, Marvel is courting Selma director Ava DuVernay to direct a movie for them. And everyone is uh, is speculating that it's either Black Panther or Captain Marvel. My money is on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you guys thinking? Have you seen? Have either of you seen Selma? Yeah, no, I have not. Yeah, I, have. I was I was hoping for somebody a little more gritty, like <laughs> John Singleton or something. That, <laughs> oh, wow. that would have been great. Yeah, the Hughes brothers. Shit, yeah, man. Yeah. It's but, it's oh, interesting. Well. I mean, of course, uh, I mean she's an African American female director, so she could either do, you know, she, I mean, yeah, uh, Black Panther or Captain Marvel. Um, so I, I'm just guessing because. I, I, the only reason I had to go on is because of the fact that she did Selma, that she's doing Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I mean, makes th- more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. That's that, that's that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. A, a lot of her sensibilities. I don't. I, you know, high action was was nothing like that in Selma, but just some of the character moments. I would I would really honestly prefer her to do Captain Marvel. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Yep. Like once I said you once earlier. you see it, check it out. But I I I, I don't know. Yeah. I just the, the watching her tear into like the 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 puzzle that is Carol Danvers. Yeah. Would be very interesting to me because she is she is like a really wonderful leader and heroic example of what a female heroine should be. So I don't know. I kind of like would like to see the Captain Marvel. I don't know. I mean, it's just a rumor, and I don't know. It could be. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, watching Selma, I couldn't tell you one way or the other which how, if she would fit in better with one film or the other. But you're you're thinking that it'd be better for Captain Marvel, dude. I love the Hughes brothers' idea yeah, for yeah. Black Panther. Like that is perfect. Yeah. As soon as you said Singleton, I was like, oh, Hughes brothers. Shit, yeah, man. I, if 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 you're out there listening, to Hughes brothers or Hughes brothers people, man, call up Marvel. Tell tell them tell them what's up. Yeah. What have they What have they done lately? Nothing that I'm aware of. Yeah, me neither. And I love their work. Yeah, I love their work too. Took this next uh, story from Slash Film. Uh, it's something that we've talked about here on the show. We just talked about it earlier. Uh, before, it's how DC has a much darker tone and how Marvel has a much lighter and fun tone. Mm-hmm. Here's what Slash Film had to say. Feige, Kevin Feige, was doing a Q&A with Reddit via comic book movie after a screening of Avengers Age of Ultron when this was said. There's no video or the exact quote, but here's how the journalist reported his statement. There is no dark turn in the MCU. Feige says every year fans come up to him and ask him if this movie is when the MCU goes, quote, dark or takes a, quote, dark turn. He said while the trailers may seem ominous or have a sense of impending doom, the movies do not have that feel and will not. He said he hoped people would catch on by now. There will be no giant dark turns in the MCU where it then continues to head in that direction. The humor is in the DNA of the DNA of the movies. There are no plans to change that. The Reddit reporter later had to clarify Feige's statements. He doesn't mean dark things won't happen in the films. People can die. There can be destruction, tragedy, etc. But the overall tone of the films won't change. There won't be some kind of big shift down a more realistic, serious path. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. Makes me nervous for uh, Infinity War because, like, in the Infinity Gauntlet, one of the first things Thanos does is snaps his fingers and kills twenty five percent of the population. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you know, Daredevil's dead, the Fantastic Four is yeah. dead. I mean, it's yeah. I still feel like that stuff will happen. It's just not going to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like focused on it. I but think it, he but needs it more. Creates this like super ca- like claustrophobic like oh god, you know. All, half the people we know just died kind of a vibe. If I get a jokey Adam Warlock, yeah, oh. I agree. But they don't die in a gritty way. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a snap of the finger and everyone blinks out. Like it's not like dark and gritty half the Yeah, but he's saying like destroyed. the jokes are not going away. They're sticking around. And yeah. in this in 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 a universe where, you know, basically he snaps his fucking fingers and all these heroes are dead, I don't want to hear Rocket Matthew, Blammo, you know, yeah. like Matthew McConaughey's your Adam Warlock. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kill that pant Titan. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't want every character being a one-liner machine. I totally agree. There needs to be some characters that are are serious, no nonsense characters. Hopefully, they learn that lesson from Avengers. I mean, I I I, I get what he's saying. He's saying we're not going to be DC. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do this dark Goyer Snyder. We're not going to have that tone, that realistic tone. 
you know and and for what they're doing i appreciate that i mean it is it is i think avengers age of ultron was like the ultimate comic book movie like it was so comic book yeah i see what it you're felt saying. so comic book but um there, there's a part of me that loves the realistic tone you know, I mean, I love those Nolan movies. Yeah, it's you, neat to see your like childhood stuff mm-hmm. like portrayed as like realistic. Yeah, like in the real world, yeah. how would Batman be in the real world? Exactly, and um, and even like you know Superman. Um, you know how like the Christopher Reeve movies, which I loved, but they glazed over the fact that people are coming to terms that there's an alien on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's just like this man can fly. He does amazing things. We love him. Yay! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where this actually, it's it's actually tackling like real things that would happen in our world. Uh, you know, my God, how powerful was that shot when we saw like a false god on the statue? Of a Superman, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, holy shit, holy shit, wow! This is not this is not Marvel fun time. This is like we're gonna get fucking serious, yeah. you know? And 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 we could see some fucking yeah, we could see Superman bleed in this. So uh, I'm, I I don't know. I guess there's room for, there's room for both. I I don't want to see both both of these movies kind of like emulate each other or like meet mm. somewhere in the middle. But on the flip side, I think that Marvel does need to get a little bit darker. I mean, they've proved that with uh, the Marvel Daredevil. I think when you joke a little bit too much, and there and there is, it does take away the threat. And, and these characters that we've laughed and we've loved for so long, to see them in a, such a, a dire situation where anybody could die, and there feels like there is no hope. Uh, you know, Ultron promised us no hope in that trailer. Uh, the first thing they're going to look to the sky and see no hope, yeah. and, and we never got that. But if these heroes have no hope, it's really going to pull us closer to them. And I think it'll, it'll, it'll. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it takes away from the levity of the situation yeah. when it's just joke after joke after joke after joke. Like mm-hmm. it's it's too much. The, there's not enough balance there. So you're thinking by the time that we hit Infinity Wars, we should have a darker tone in in, in one of these movies. I feel like the Russo brothers, just by nature, aren't going to make an Avengers movie like we saw in Age of Ultron. Just from the example we've seen from Winter Soldier. I mean, it, every character in that wasn't a wisecracking. It was a solo film, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, solo- I think Disney takes their um, Disney takes their big event films. Yeah. A little bit. I think they they uh, take them a little bit more seriously, and, and we still have to worry about you know Marvel Studios stepping in there and saying you can't do this, you can't do that. I think Civil War is going to be a really good litmus test for what we're going to see with the Infinity War stuff. Like if, like I think, like Dave brought up earlier, that that's the one they're going to go dark on. And if Civil War ends the way that it should, yeah. according to the comic books, I mean, it's going to be a departure. Yeah, I mean, just just the superhero registration act alone is a little bit down the road. What are you, we're okay. saying that we want to see. So you're saying that Civil War is going to be an indication of what we're going to see in Infinity Wars? I think it'll it'll be an indication as to how jokey that movie is going to be. I think because it's it, to it's me still it's a like, Captain America movie, but it so much feels like Avengers 2.5. Just the fact that we know like everyone's fucking in it. Iron Man's like a but main character. But I think character. The, it's still it's still called Captain America: Civil War. I, I, think, I don't disagree. I think that the like the main focus is going to be on Captain. Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Iron Man. Everybody else is just going to be small-time players in this, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the main focus is going to be on Cap and Tony. Now, when you get to Infinity Wars, it's 
anybody's movie at that point because mm-hmm. that's usually you know the Infinity Wars is like the equivalent of like you know Avengers three or whatever. So yeah. it's anybody's movie at that point, and it, it's going to be a hard. I think I think the Russo brothers they're going to have to sacrifice certain characters as far as sto- as as far as screen time, and it, it's it's a very delicate thing because you're dealing with people with massive egos. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean it doesn't it, it doesn't matter like who the characters are, but you're you're, you're dealing with Jeremy Renner, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, or you know if they're going to show up in the films or not. They might not, might not even be in that film, but you're still dealing with actors with huge egos. I think Captain America, I think those actors that are showing up, they know what they're signed up for. Yes. I, I, I think they know like Chris Evans is going to get a lot of screen time. Robert Downey Jr. is going to get a lot of screen time. You know, Anthony Mackie, you're lucky. To be in the movie. I just don't think they're going to be in Infinity War. I don't think Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, and every character is going to be such a one-liner machine as it was in Avengers 2. Okay. I think that'll be addressed. I, I don't think, I just don't see the Russo brothers writing it like that. And I agree with your points that they're writing a different style of movie mm-hmm. than the two Captain America movies. Right. And that it's not the perfect litmus test. Right. But I still feel like that there, it's just not going to be a joke-a-thon. I feel like there's going to be a lot of jokes. But it would be a lot to have as many jokes as Avengers Age Ultron was just like throwing spaghetti at the wall, like the whole movie with the jokes. It okay. felt like it's a good point. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think the Russo brothers, uh, they're definitely they're definitely not Joss Whedon. Yes. So I think Joss Whedon was kind of flexing his uh, comedy muscles in mm-hmm. that last movie, like a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Dave, thoughts? Uh, I I really hope that the the growing animosity that we saw in the wood chopping scene in Age of Ultron just continues to get amped up and amped up to where they it becomes like this personal pissing contest between the two and ends in horrible tragedy. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope we turn that corner uh, from. I hope they got all the snarky one-liner crap out of their out of their you know out of their system. Do you think by the end of Civil War, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark will still hate each other? Yes. Or do you think they'll have that wrapped up by the end of that movie already? Well, I think it'll be wrapped up, but I don't think it'll it'll be wrapped up in you know a way that both of them come out in a good way on the other end. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No hugs at the end, but they'll no. they'll wrap the storyline. There might be there might be a there might be an embrace, but it won't be a positive one. It's not going to be like after Macho Man and Hulk Hogan fight. Right? No, oh, man, I'm missing payback right now. <laughs> oh shit, leftover army. I hope you know how much I love you. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That's that okay. We're almost done. We're almost no, done. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I, I would rather be with my two friends and watching. Big giant men beat themselves up any day of the week. Yeah, we can give you a clothesline if that'll make you feel more at home or something. Dude, I only have to pay, <laughs> I only have to pay like 10 bucks a month now. You know, I can just watch it as soon as I get home on the replay. There you go. It's all good. All right, moving on. Latino Review posted this huge rumor Thursday afternoon. Uh, this just in. It looks like Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures Entertainment have found their new shared Spider-Man. Oof. We've been sitting on this information since Friday, but can confirm now that his reps in Marvel are under negotiations. It's all about formalities now, and then an official announcement from Marvel will follow shortly. Our sources on the ground don't yet have details of the scope of the new Peter Parker role, but Marvel has said earlier in the year that the character would debut in next spring's Captain America. Civil War, which is currently in production. We've known to be on the lookout for the many names on the various shortlists 
that have come out over the past months as the potential Spider-Man have been whittled down to Asa Butterfield. So it looks like uh, Asa Butterfield is our new Spider-Man. Um, guys, thoughts on uh, the Ender's Game actor, the Hugo actor, uh, Asa Butterfield as new Spider-Man? That doesn't get me excited at all. I love it. I yeah. thought he was great in both movies. I'd Tupperware it all the way. I'm with Dave as far as um, – he's he's good. Uh, he was great in Hugo. I loved Hugo. Uh uh, Ender's Game, uh, he was the best part of Ender's Game. Ender's Game, I thought the, there's cool things about it. Uh, the special effects were out of this world, and Asa Butterfield was really good in that movie. <sighs> I just don't know how he quips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't think he's going to be making jokes? I don't know. It's, it, an, it's an ironic thing to be worried about after Age of Ultron. <laughs> that's that's a great point, Dave. Dave, Whedon's not writing this. Yeah, true. And comedic timing, delivering lines. Is he? He's eighteen. Yeah. He, he, Spider Man needs to be funnier than Star Lord. And if Asa Butterfield doesn't have the comedic timing or the quips, um, if he can't pull off the lines and go toe to toe with Robert Downey Jr., Paul Rudd, and Star Lord. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mar- Marvel's failed, in my opinion. Feige's failed. Um, they need a funny Peter Parker. And Asa Butterfield, as good as talented as an actor that he is, um, I haven't seen that from him in Hugo or Ender's Game. Well, Asa Butterfield, I know you're listening right now. Everybody's and, listening. Joe Casada's listening. It's really listening. good that we, we got all these The Hughes brothers are listening. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, Asa Butterfield, what you need to do right now is go go to your Google, type in the kids in the hall. And you just need to watch every single thing that pops up with it. All right, buddy? Okay. Get to it. Because you got, you got a real high bar to climb up to, buddy. Yeah, right now, Asa Butterfield's Googling kids in the hall. Right now, I'm Googling. <laughs> That's a good suggestion, though. I applaud, I applaud the kids in the hall suggestion. That's- I love kids in the hall, too. I'm just Googling what the fuck is Dave on right now. <laughs> Thinking Asa Butterfield's yeah, he's, show. He's been waiting all week to find out what we think about this announcement, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, he's been like, he can't rest until he knows what the leftovers think about him being. I dead. can't sign on the dotted line until I get their approval. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm not excited. I, mm-hmm. I hope I change my mind later i hope you wow me in the trailer no he's, he's I, like man i just don't want to be working for the guy writing the source material that's bad yeah <laughs> i i liked i really i thought I, his best movie in my opinion was hugo mm-hmm. hugo was great um and uh i i, I liked ender's game for him yeah i did and uh i'm willing to give him a shot it's um, a complicated one to feel about how you like the movie yes it's, definitely it, it's nice to know that he's 18 i, I thought he was much younger um, he looks much younger, but it's nice to know that he's 18. I mean, he can play 14 easily. Yeah. And that's 13, good 14. with the, with like the rumors we're hearing that they're going to do a movie for each year of high school and mm-hmm. everything like that, that, that'll work out hopefully. I think it does take an older actor though to, you know I, what I mean? I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I'm not against casting 18 and up to play high school. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look at Vinny Del Pino and Doogie Hauser. That guy was like close to 30 when he was fucking doing that shit and he was great i love Vinny oh. and, and glee don't forget about glee oh yeah glee I, i've never <laughs> seen a single episode of glee i have seen every episode of glee oh i'm sure you don't toss musicals we know nope <laughs> so yeah ace of butterfield looks like he's going to be our spider-man uh, i'm will i'm willing to give it a shot it's, i'll it's freeze a, it it's a wow <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i thought you were, i thought you didn't do that 
Yeah, I'm, it's very rare. Jake usually does – if he doesn't know the actor or know anything about it, he'll just toss it. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan though, so I don't want to toss it. I, yeah. I want to like it. That's okay. why, that's why I'm, I'm going to freeze it. I'm proud of you. Yeah. That's amazing. Freeze it. We're going to finish um, with uh, – we're going to finish with Star Wars news. Real quick Star Wars news. Let's do it. Not a lot this week. You got what the Misa saying. You were supposed to be here with me listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Is, is Luke saying it's impossible to listen to Pop Culture Leftovers there? I just I just caught on that. Hey, Luke. Yeah, Luke, it. get a better data plan or get to a Wi-Fi source, and I'm sure it's possible. It's kind of impossible to listen to this show sometimes. Yeah. I guess I guess Star Wars all takes place in the past, so we don't exist yet in his universe. So maybe it is impossible for him to listen to it. No, I just think it's impossible to listen to half the shit we say. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to throw us a rope there. <laughs> we haven't had any appearances of Darth Brian this this episode. He's been he's been pretty cool. Yeah. No yeah. force jokes. I told you to fuck off several times. He called you a son of a bitch. It's just we, like we, a we normal keep... day. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. This is bad news. I can feel. <laughs> Oh no, Dave, what's happening? <laughs> Force choke, bitch. <laughs> Do you want to watch your fucking pay per view tonight or not? Thank you. We're never going to get through this. <laughs> you let you live so you can watch the pay per view. I'd already forgotten about the pay per view, so I wasn't worried. All right, so, uh. Fuck, what the fuck am I doing? Star Wars news. All right, yeah. Uh, first, uh, actor Diego Luna has reportedly been cast in the first Star Wars anthology film, Rogue One. Mm. No details on his character or if he's officially in the film. Uh, his film resume is impressive, though. Uh, Milk, The Terminal, Elysium, and the Dirty Dancing sequel, Havana Nights. Whoa! Yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah, you had me at Havana Nights, <laughs> Havana Mr. Nights. Diego Luna. So, uh, yeah, um, but yeah, Diego Luna, uh, I don't know what role he's playing. I don't know if it's even official, but uh, he, he might be the uh, – uh, who's the other actress? There's an actress in this, right? Oh, crap. Put me on the spot. I, I don't remember what her name is either. Felicity yet. Jones? It's not Felicity Jones, is it? Yeah. I, I'm still bitter that they didn't get Tatiana for the Star Wars anthology first movie. So. Mm, I think that Tatiana Maslany should have been fucking – they should have cast her in Suicide Squad as Enchantress. Ah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's great. All right, I want to talk about two. This is we're going to finish the show with this. I want to talk about two Star Wars documentaries. The first is one you can back on the Canadian Kickstarter. It's called, you know, of course, Indiegogo. Um, it's <coughs> the first is called uh, the Prequels Strike Back, and so uh, is it about how great the prequels are? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> uh, you could take that both ways, I guess. Are they striking back I, against all the mean fandom? I honestly think it is about how. Here we go. Let me let me click on this. I'll see if I can play the audio for this one. Yeah, I want to hear it. But uh, yeah, I'll pause it in the meantime. Otherwise, the prequel strike back. All right, I found it. Let me see if I can play this audio. It was the most anticipated film of all time. Star Wars fans had waited a generation for this. The release of the long-promised prequels. But was it too good to be true? Some had doubts. Some even thought... I have a bad feeling about this. 
Those people have never been the same. Many fans felt isolated, confused. Were the Star Wars characters always like this? Lisa called Jata Binks. And what was with the acting? Some of the fans thought it felt different. I've got a bad feeling about this. And was there always this obsession with special effects? Oh, I have a bad feeling about this. Some fans were disappointed. Some even thought the prequels sucked. Perhaps it is time to challenge those fans. Star Wars Ring Theory is a radical new approach to the saga. The theory states that each film is intricately linked to another, and the corresponding films rhyme and mirror, sometimes in small ways, but also sometimes in ways oddly similar. When returning to the prequels with this new perspective, there's something therapeutic about the experience, or in the very least, there's something new to appreciate. Perhaps even the most critical fan can return to the saga with an open mind, free from thoughts such as... I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey, my name is Bradley Weatherholt. Together with Kyle Brodeur and Matthew Fielder, we make up the Ministry of Cinema. The Ministry of Cinema is a small indie studio with one mission, bring you high-quality content, even if sometimes on a shoestring budget. Recently, we just finished our web... All right, I don't care about that. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's called The Prequels Strike Back, and that's a, that's the first Star Wars documentary. Jake. And it's an sounds- Indiegogo thing? Indiegogo. You can back it. Uh, right now, uh, they have a goal of, yeah, $3,500 uh, U.S. dollars, and they have uh, 5731 It's 84 people. And, and they've got 47 days left. Any good incentives? Can I, like, have lunch with Ahmed Best or something? Uh, let's see here. Let's take a look at some <laughs> of the big ones. Wow. <laughs> 50 you get executive producer credit. Nice. Uh, $500, get an interview. Do you want to show the world your Star Wars No, for love? real, folks. Jake is sincerely excited at the prospect of being able to have a dinner with the guy who voiced Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that's, for that's sure. That's a genuine thing. He's not being ironic. I was not being ironic. Yeah, <laughs> sad. I feel sorry for Ahmed Best, poor guy. <laughs> so yeah, prequel straight back. The second documentary uh, is called "Blast It, Biggs." Where are you? <laughs> it's directed by Jamie Benning, and it explores the character of Big Starklighter, who is Luke's best friend, but is rarely, uh, but is barely in the movie. Uh, Biggs is mentioned once at the beginning of the movie. Uh, he gets a little bit of special edition love. He's later seen but never named uh, at the end. And then in the special edition Star Wars, a scene between Luke and Biggs is added in right before the attack on the Death Star. But when Star Wars hit Blu-ray a few years back, an earlier scene that would have <coughs> taken place towards the start of the film was released. Based on that scene, Benning made a documentary about the character of Biggs and examines <laughs> what could have meant what he could have meant to Star Wars. Oh, man. Yeah, Biggs never got his due. What a sweet last name, too. Darklighter? Darklighter. Oh, man, that's what's up. Yeah. I so. would ra- I would rather have the Jet Porkins experience, though. No. Oh, Jet Get Porkins. Get off of it. Get off of it. Stay on target, Dave. Stay on target. Oh, jeez. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. How close are they to their goal? Oh, shit. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it. What's the up. name of it again? The name Blast was- It Big. <laughs> that, name, that name is classic. Blast It Bigs, where are you? Um, where are they in their goals? That's good. That guy can thread the needle, too. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Hold on. 
Yeah, I hope I hope they're doing as good as the other one because the other one just seems very apologist. This one's like actually kind of fun. I don't think this is a Kickstarter, guys. Oh, I don't think this is a Kickstarter or a Indiegogo. They're just doing it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. I I I can't wait till that gets done. (laughs) Blast it, bitch! Yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound fun. I love how they they've got like three scenes and they've got a whole a whole backstory ready for this guy. I can just imagine the scene of him sitting around bitching about like. Luke having nightmares and during sleepovers, like shit flying around the room. <laughs> Luke's, Luke's super jealous of Biggs because Biggs' it, parents were like, "Sure, go join the Imperial." Or, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he had to stick around and work on the fucking farm and shit. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I think I don't know if this is the whole thing. I might want to watch this. Blast at Biggs. Where I think it, I think you can watch the entire thing. It's like only like seventeen minutes. Oh, okay, it's on Vimeo. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, just do a search for Blast at Biggs, where are you? That's yeah. on the itinerary. Yeah, I'll have to remind you to text me a link or something for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a couple of Star Wars documentaries that you might want to check out. There's the other one that we talked about a while ago. It was the one where they talked about the toys. Yeah. Can I can I talk a little random Star Wars for a second? Yeah, go for it. I, um, I've been playing a lot of my stupid online poker game, and I've been watching all my Blu-ray Star Wars special features for the first time. I really hadn't watched any of the special features, and... um. They've got all the original, like, primetime television specials that they aired after each movie came out on the Blu-rays. And I'd seen all these, but not since I was a kid. And it was really awesome seeing them all again. That's awesome. Some of the footage they show is amazing. And, oh, my gosh, you should see Carrie Fisher circa 1977 in Mm -hmm. these interviews. I was just like... Oh man, I don't even get chauvinistic very often like this, but I was, <laughs> I was like the wolf from the do- droopy dog cartoons. I was like, oh my gosh, Carrie Fisher, you are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I can just imagine Jake getting all Tex Avery in there. Ooh. It's really funny too, cause they want to, they're like showcasing technology. And so they've got her like in an arcade, like leaning up against like the most like high, high fangled machines they have in that day. And it's like, she's like leaning up against like a pong machine. It's like, oh, you're really impressed by the science that I, that's <laughs> all around me yeah, it was really but yeah wow I, I watched the star wars one and the empire one and i haven't watched the uh one that came out after return of the jedi yet but that's on the agenda it's really cool seeing these george lucas looks like such a young pup in the star wars 1977 one it's crazy like he's not even like 30 years old yet i don't think in wow. these things and it's, it's just crazy to see like, i'm gonna I, look these up yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. If you have the Star Wars Blu-rays, it's on the very last disc. It has okay. all the original specials that aired like primetime. And that was like kind of the first time you ever saw that, like the, the primetime special on the major network, like advertising the movie, like the making of Star Wars. Wow. Like Star Wars. Star Wars had a lot of firsts for a lot of things. I yeah. mean, as far as like, uh, selling toys and shit, it was huge. They were the first real big. Oh yeah. Toy seller, in my opinion. Yeah, these kind of things like led the way for like the HBO first looks that started like in the late eighties, early nineties. Like Star Wars was doing these kind of making of specials. It it felt like they made a Blu-ray special feature in nineteen seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Like they were that far ahead of the game and how to do these things. Like, oh That's we're gonna cool shoot all they, these extra features. It's cool that they put these in the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. really neat special feature. I, I I tried to find these on YouTube, at least the from Wars to Jedi one a few years back and just had no luck finding it on YouTube or anything. Oh, wow. And it's right here on these Blu-rays. So, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. That is very cool. All right. I think uh, I think this is uh, the episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was very – you give me the look. You give me yeah. the sour face the from that. the fuck are you to tell us? You're on the episode. <laughs> you conceited fuck. All right. All right. I toss it just like everything <laughs> Thank else. Thank you. 
Yeah, I tossed this episode. Patting ourselves on the back. I hate that shit. Yeah, I could have been watching True Detective. Instead, I'm here fucking doing this bullshit. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Give us those reviews on iTunes, folks. We can't wait to read them. Oh, the iTunes reviews. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Like the Facebook page. I think you guys are up over like 800 likes now or something. It's, yeah. it's, if it's not, it's damn near. Have I ever given us a review on iTunes? I can't remember if I you did. did. Oh, yeah, damn it. You did. Obnoxious. I'm sure. <laughs> I think I think I remember that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh. I'm still pissed off that you fucking said this is a good show. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I hope sorry. you brought your lightsaber. Don't down. replace me. Don't replace me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to duel. It's so fucking conceited. <laughs> it was a good show. It was a good show. Fuck you. <laughs> Stop it. He's proud. I hate that fucking shit when people are like, oh, this is good. We have a good show. <laughs> no. Well, we had a good show. I don't mean like the quality of the show. Thank you. Okay. Clarify that. It was, we had a good, we had a good time doing the show. Yeah. I had a good time hanging out with you guys, but the show is still shit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I never listened to the show. Yeah. You heard me right, (laughs) listeners. You listen to a shit show. You listen to shit every week. And I, and I want to say thank you very much for listening. (laughs) That was like the M night twist at the end of the podcast. (laughs) Guess what? You're listening to shit. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes on you. Fooled you the whole time. Leftover army. I love you dearly, very, very much. Yeah. As soon as, every time we go off air, Dave's talking about fuck those listeners. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Dave, you just I'm serious. I need a sound effect for you kissing ass. I'm a kinder and gentler uh, domesticated yeah. Dave. Very. Uh, I'm a dad now. You know. Oh, jeez. All right. Can we, now I want it. Now I want it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Time to go watch some wrestling. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon is listening. I'm sure he's excited. Oh, thank you, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> I'm very honored to have you uh, listening to us today. Yeah. He's supposed to be paying attention to what's going on with this multi-million dollar live production he's got going on, but he, he wants to know your opinion. He's so. like, what, what, what does Jake Elliott think of all this? That's what I want to know. Oh, man. <laughs> What's next week, guys? What, are what we doing is next week? week? Hmm. Uh, I think Tomorrowland's coming out next week, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll see Tomorrowland. I am definitely... Yeah, you, I can't believe you. You and fucking Frank. Oh, yeah. Saying I, you didn't like that fucking trailer. I still toss that trailer. It's fucking... Do you not like Brad Bird? I just don't like watching eight I minutes of a Brad- movie before I'm there to see another movie I paid for. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. That was the best part of Age of Ultron, was uh, that fucking trailer. I was trailer fatigued. It was like the last one of like 12 they showed you us. You like Brad Bird, right? I love Brad Bird. Well, this is Brad Bird, and it looks... Like Brad Bird at his finest. I'm excited. I'm going. I just didn't need to see. I, I'm going to go anyway. I don't need to see eight minutes before another movie. I swear to Christ, you and, <laughs> and, and, and two movies that are over two hours you don't like. And if a trailer's over fucking two minutes, you get pissed off. It wasn't even a trailer. It was just like here's a scene in the movie. I don't do that ex- crap. Jake, do you not know that I I only go to movies 15 minutes after they start? It's smart. Yeah, it's because with the internet, you don't need to go see the trailers anymore. Yeah. I, it's seriously, I go, I go, but the, the movie uh-huh. theater people always get a kick out of it that I always come in and buy my ticket 15 minutes after the movie but starts. But see, I see movies the, the weekend they come out and I, and I'm OCD about my seat. Uh, so it's like a, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. want to show up 15 minutes late, but I also don't want to be sitting in the worst fucking seat in the place. Oh, well, I'm, I'm a big dude, so people get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I'm a <laughs> little skinny little twerpy dude. People right are on. like, fuck you, Jake. Yeah, I'm like a big ogre walking in. So like, <laughs> if, if I got any trouble, it's not for long. <laughs> So you're so nice on the podcast, yet you do. Th- you're a theater bully. No, I'm not yeah. a bully. I'm just saying I'm a big guy, and they're like, "Oh, I look oh, intimidating," shit. so they're gonna get up and move. Like a whole family gets up and moves. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you know, when I went into that One Direction movie, they just scattered in every direction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm surprised you're giving me so much shit for the Tomorrowland thing. I mean, it's just like you not watching all the extended clips they show of other movies that you know you're going to see. I was forced like, to watch this. I, okay. Yeah. I was Number one, I was forced. Like, I'm going to avert my eyes. Oh, God. I can't. Uh, no, I'm already there. I'm sitting down. <laughs> and And I'm watching it. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So it was okay. If I'd have watched it at home, like clicking the link, I think I would have enjoyed it more than okay. Now you have to suffer through this. Oh God, you're a crotchety old man. <laughs> he doesn't have a pause button at the theater. Get off my lawn. Get off my podcast, crotchety <laughs> old man. Yeah, don't cut through here to get to the other house. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Ferris Bueller would have never made it home at the end of the film had he run through your yard. <laughs> yeah, I would have kicked his ass. Gosh, out. I, I hope I have a yard to kick people out of. <laughs> I hope that's still a thing in the future. <laughs> All right, guys. This was episode 91. I don't, yeah, Tomorrowland maybe for episode 92. Yeah, 91. This episode was total shit. Yeah, it was shit. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week with another shit episode. <laughs> yeah. It'll be Shitstorm 92. Spoil- spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, that's the title for next episode. Holy shit. Do you realize I just made it through a whole episode? That is true. Shit- Holy shit. Shitstorm 92. Is that a spinoff of the X-Men comic? <laughs> no, I'm actually really excited about this. Yeah, you did. You made it through a whole episode. <laughs> it, it only took me like almost 100 episodes. I yeah. finally made it. Yeah. <laughs> nice he was job. a full episode virgin before this. Yeah. So, it's nice. my first full one. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Some shit always happens. Some shit does always Every happen. Every time. Sure. This is the first. Yeah. I, I shouldn't even be saying it. The computer's probably like hearing it and getting ready to crash right now. You should be here next week at the end of the episode. You can hear me butcher the part that Brian's about to do. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, that's good stuff. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. Damn, I'm like a fucking – oh, it's amazing. You're, you're not – I'm not worthy. He's yep. a bad man, my Gemma. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> the day – talk about Brian. <laughs> the day you ever get that right, I, sh- I need to give you like a slide of 20 over there. So. Yeah, you, you better have like the sound of the applause ready to go just in case I do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Leftover Army. We'll see you next week. Laters. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo!
leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.